Hello and welcome to the Hawks Nest. My name is Brandon. This over here is Brandon of Seahawks, Brendan Nelson fame. And we're coming at you today with some more live breakdown draft coverage. Brendan, we're in the thick of it, man. It's getting hot and heavy. How's your eyes doing? Have they crossed yet? Have all the prospects blended together? Is it, you know? That that does happen. They blend together sometimes. It's it, it, especially about this point for me, when I get past about the 200 marker, you start feeling like, okay, who's what, who did I see? Mm. Well, which guy was which where? But um, earlier today, I looked at two Louisville edges back to back. And that's not great because they both wear the same jersey. It's like, oh boy. And they're not significantly different in body type either that they mm. they really separate themselves on the field past their numbers. You know, that's that's all you really have with those two guys as far as a little bit of the difference um, to a degree. But uh, we've got ourselves uh, in in the, the deluge of the many names and the prospects that'll be kind of in the depths. There are some interesting guys you and I have definitely been finding through this process. And today I think is going to be an interesting day to really be talking about and looking at is we're going to look at both the linebacker and the edge class here in tandem in that this is a, a place that the Seahawks can, on one angle, they, especially on the news of Jordan Brooks, you're breaking this last week on your channel, that, you know, this this is certainly something that becomes more of a need with the linebacker, though with the edge, you come into it with three edges, it's not as much of a need, Brendan, but this is where a, the, maybe the strongest talent in this draft lies from a positional group standpoint. Would that be a fair outlook the way that you see it too? Yeah, um, it, it's two different angles, right? Like linebacker, we have a clear need. We have a clear need. We've got two NFL caliber linebackers on the roster right now, both of whom do not have contracts that run through 2024. So I look at that and I go, yes, we maybe could survive for another year if everybody stays healthy, if everybody plays well. By the way, I mean, Wagner's like, what, 35 years old now. Betting on him playing 17 games is probably not a great idea. By the way, Devin Bush has already had a major injury in his career. So we really do need to add to that linebacker group. We might need to add two players in the draft. Edge is obviously different because we're not in a bad spot at edge right now. I, I think that it's a position that we've done fairly well in as it stands. But my thing is, number one, edge is a position you can always add more to. It's one of those positions where I think smart teams are not thinking about, okay, we're good here. We did enough. Let's stop thinking about it. No, they're always thinking about it. I remember those uh, those Giants teams that won two Super Bowls with Tom Coughlin. They had Michael Strahan. They had O.C. Menor, and they were like, no, we're going to add a Justin Tuck now. Or, no, we're going to add a Matthias Kiwanuka now. Or, we're going to add a Jason Pierre-Paul now. Just like over and over and over again, just adding to that edge rusher group because they wanted to have the best pass rush in the league. And that worked out very well for them, resulted in two Super Bowls. So... Add that to the fact that this edge crop is so good, so good. Like legitimately, there are maybe seven edge rushers in this draft that could go in the first round. I think you have to pay it some mind. Absolutely. Not to mention, just in addition to the points you made there, you do have two guys in Uchenna and Daryl Taylor that are essentially, I, there's some gray areas here, still, still here with me and you on this on this Taylor thing, but it would appear that you have these two guys going into potentially contract years here where Jenna's going to be a free agent and you are maybe planning a little bit ahead on this one, right? Like everybody's going to be gone except for one. So um, maybe just by looking a bit ahead as far as also for the reasons you gave, where this is where the, I think the talent is. Do you, uh, where do you look at the middle linebacker talent in this draft? Is this a, one of the weakest positional groups? Is this one of the strengthest for you? 
Well, it doesn't seem like it's all that great. There are some players that I really like, of course. But I wonder, is that happening because the off-ball linebacker position is getting devalued in the modern NFL, where people are starting to look at that position as being one of the lesser important ones? So maybe it's getting devalued because that's how people are starting to view the position. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It could be. Um, it, it definitely is one that hasn't been, we had a couple of guys last year. I think you and I got excited about that. We were pretty interested in, and we'll have a couple of guys. I think this year too um, strikes me as really on, and a lot of these later round guys we're going to talk about are mid to late round guys at the middle linebacker position of how many are blitzing at the college level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look just at something that I'm seeing as a trend from the film study I'm watching of these college guys, Brendan, is how many of them are being utilized in that capacity and not just in the you know wayward every once in a while you blitz them kind of manner, but in the whole hog, full throttle, blitzing them at the super high rate, just letting them go crazy with it. And I love to see it. It's something that we, you and I have said, well, hey, if we're going to bring Bobby back and use him, let's use him the way that they've used him in kind of a little bit of this function. And maybe the college game, they always say, Brendan, is what sort of sets the the baseline for what's to come to the NFL next within that. And maybe that becomes a little bit more commonplace. Right. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is they're trying to find ways for these players to impact the game on third down. And if you've got a player like a, a typical linebacker who is not so great in coverage, not going to be so good when asked to cover, like, you know, no linebacker is going to cover Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. That's that's a problem. So yeah. they found another way to impact the game on third down, and that is rushing the passer. And that makes a lot of sense to me. It does. And these guys have some real good skill with it in this upcoming draft that we're going to look at that they're not just guys that are good blitzing because they're they're quick linebackers, but because they also have some other skills with them and what they do as blitzers that really helps them out um, to mm-hmm. be outstanding in that side of things. A couple of these guys really jumped out in that manner. Well, we've got a, about tonight, Brendan, you and I, about 40 names or so we're going to be going over, folks. So we're going from the 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 start to the finish here a little bit as far as the depths of this draft and where some of these players and where they're going to go at these positional groups. So we're going to get this kicked off, Brendan. Let's get this – let's light this fire. And let's get this started off with the first middle linebacker here off the board uh, who should go, I think, at you and I both agree on this one for a while. Now as a first-round talent guy who should go somewhere in the first round, uh, Trenton Simpson. Yes, this is my favorite linebacker in this class. He's basically been that the whole year. Uh, Didn't really change throughout the year, even though, admittedly, he did not have his best year in 2022. I think that's fair to say. There was a little bit of regression there, and there's probably a very good reason for that that we can go into here. But um, uh, 22 years old, showed up at the Combine 6'2", 235, which to me was huge because his playing weight was listed at 225. And when you're 225, I think people have the concern that like, oh, you're going to get run over by power backs. You're not going to be able to hold up physically. But 235 is a different story. And he still ran that really nice 4-4-3-40 with a 1-5-5 10-yard split. So he is bringing a combination of size and speed and athleticism to the position that you don't find that often. So I'm he he seems like he's dropping out of the first, which I don't know why. Like, Like I look at this guy and I go, this this is a. This should be a late first round pick, but I'm not going to be upset about it if we end up with him at 37. I'm going to feel pretty amazing about that, actually. Um, very versatile, both in where he plays in the defense. Like he was, he's one of those positionless guys, right? That we always talk about. They don't really have a position. They just go around and do whatever from play to play, like Jamal Adams, like Julian Love. Now you have like Trenton Simpson, who's you know lining up as a safety sometimes. He's lining up as an edge rusher sometimes. 
um, generated a lot of quarterback pressure over his career, really explosive as an athlete, good in zone coverage, which is something that I'm really prioritizing here. I want to get some linebackers who can cover at least decently, you know, better than Jordan Brooks, which is everybody, but better than even that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh-huh. 99% of everyone else, but we're yeah. trying to go above that mark. Even we're not trying to <laughs> barely lift himself off the floor. Yeah. Um, he, in 2022, he started playing more traditional linebacker, and I think his game suffered for it. He didn't have the big impact that he had in 2021. In 2021, as an example, he had he averaged almost one tackle for loss a game. In 2022, he had like four in 12 games. So the playmaking ability kind of faded a little bit as he started to actually occupy the traditional role of the Mike linebacker in that Clemson defense, that would be the main concern with him. But at the end of the day, if we got him, I would definitely want to utilize him to his strengths, which is as a positionless player. And I I think that he does need to improve technically in some areas, but I think he's going to be 22 years old week one, still young. He can get better at that stuff. I like him a lot. My favorite linebacker in this class. Ooh, how about that, Brendan? Uh, I I do like him a lot uh, as well. And I think that your explanation for his struggles yes, last year were pretty well on the on button. You have a guy going to a new kind of position where he played on the outside. He did a lot of pass rushing as an edge the year before. Then they bumped him inside last year. And now he's just doing these kind of tried and true middle linebacker duties. And he just didn't quite do them as well all across the board. Run stuffing, dropping into space. But he does have that physical ability to do those things. And I, I would have loved, Brendan, if we were still running a 4-3, wouldn't he just be the perfect will? I mean, yeah. wouldn't he just you, – then you don't have to worry about him as much or they just get to let him – set him free and let him run loose. But as you said within this, you've set the stage with this with having guys like Jamal Adams here and a Julian Love here, even with Bobby Wagner and some of the things that he can do around the line of scrimmage to where you can move a lot of things around if you want to be a little bit more – intricate in the manner by which you set up your front seven pre-play and and Mm -hmm. disguising more and being more complex and being harder to read what you're going to do post-snap with having guys coming from different directions and not being up you know this guy could drop in coverage and he's a legit threat to them be a good cover guy not just that he'll drop in coverage and be a space eater uh this is a guy that would certainly fit if they want to go more to that trend and that's the trend with signing julian love and training for jamal adams and the changing of the defense this is where they're theoretically we haven't seen it yet brendan on the field (laughs) but this is where this is kind of you know theoretically going from the standpoint of how they view the future of the defense right right and i remember the ravens amoeba defense i think they called it that's right you know you could start doing stuff like that i don't it obviously wouldn't happen all at once but I look at Trenton Simpson and I say there's definitely a way to utilize this guy. Um, I, I I will admit that I don't know if he's a perfect fit, but I do think that you can find ways to get a lot out of him. I would be happy taking him at 20, but it seems like you might be able to get him at 37, and I would be all over that. That would be one of my favorite picks we could make if he's there. Me too. My uh, comp for him, do you remember this one? I know this one's going back a little bit to the distances, but uh, Julian Peterson has been my comp for him in my draft guide. Yes, I remember uh, Julian Peterson. He, to me, is a lot of Julian to his game to me, where you can you do the linebacker stuff, and then you can put him off the edge, and he can be a guy that gets you seven, eight sacks a year coming off the edge in a part-time role as well, sort of like a, a poor man's Micah Parsons a little bit. I think Julian Peterson was the first player in NFL history to line up at linebacker, 
edge, safety, and cornerback in the same game. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they I used him. that. At San Fran, they used him all over the place. We weren't – we just were like linebacker edge. But San Fran got real kitschy with it and was like mm-hmm. – Moved him every which way in every direction in that defense at the time. But real fun player and and a guy that gave you a two-for-one when he was here. He cost us a lot of money because we had to sign him as a free agent, but did give you that that ability to play, you know, both of those two spots and and helped you out considerably because of it. So Brown, okay. Chad Brown and Peterson, pretty good combo for a while there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's look at the next guy. I think we're both in the same place. I'm, I'd be happy, love with Trent Simpson in the, in the uh, early second round. I, I do still have a first-round grade for the potential as much as anything. I can understand why people are knocking him. Brennan, they get dodgy about that final year of film, not being clean, not being mm-hmm. 100% beautiful. So that's that can ding these guys, but it doesn't mean that they don't still have that, that potential residing within them a little bit of, in what they've shown. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, next guy up on our list here is Drew Sanders, another guy a little bit like Simpson here. Give me, uh, give me some of the breakdown bottom line here on Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Real big, rugged middle linebacker. Right. So this guy, really interesting. And I think the most appealing thing about him is his ceiling. He's played the position of inside linebacker for a year. He was an edge rusher before this most recent year. And he was, uh, he was at Alabama, I think, right? He uh, transferred right. from Alabama to Arkansas. Yep. Gave them one year, 12 games, 103 tackles, 13 and a half for loss. Still lines up as an edge rusher some of the time. But I think to a certain extent, they kind of realized he's too small to line up as an edge rusher all the time. So they decided to incorporate some other things into his game. And it worked well. But you know that he has a lot to improve on when he lines up as an inside linebacker for the first time in his career. So he's going to get exponentially better. He's only 21 years old right now. And I think he'll still be 21 when the season starts. So there's good size, athletic ability. He's rangy. He's got explosive acceleration. Um, He's a strong and reliable tackler. I think he will be anyway. He did miss a fair few tackles last year. But I think that had as much to do with his lack of experience at the position as anything else. Uh, He's pretty good in zone coverage, it seems like to me. So there's a lot to like there and the things that he's not very good at, it makes all the sense in the world that he's going to get better at it in the coming years. He's not great at taking on blockers and shedding them on the inside run plays. You can kind of run straight at him sometimes. Um, Needs to work on working through traffic a little bit better. Sometimes he struggles a little bit in that capacity, I think. But there's immense potential here with Drew Sanders, maybe more so than any player at linebacker in this draft. I think that's the the great bottom line point with him is that very well, if you're looking for the Anthony Richardson of the linebacker core, it very well may be Drew Sanders in this draft, as far as middle linebackers go, at least. Four, five, nine, forty, Brendan, 128-inch broad jump. So nearly 130-inch broad jump from a middle linebacker standing. 37-inch vert and still comes in with 32 and one-eighths inch arms. Uh, certainly, maybe there's even a little bit of hope because he did do still some stuff with Arkansas coming off the edge. Like Simpson, you're getting maybe a little bit of okay can't fully round out to being an outstanding line middle linebacker if he can just be adequate and then we can get some pass rush snaps from him from time to time there may be some ability to build some value on this guy if you can't get the front line point to work being that you can just train him up and get him ready to roll and uh just be an every down backer but i think your points are all on on spot with this where he is a young guy he's one year new to the position you see the flashes enough on tape with him to where it leads you to believe that he can correct those things and they are correctable items. 
And there's not many linebackers at 6'5 moving like he does. I think he'll easily be able to add another 10, 15 pounds of weight and really not lose any kind of quickness or speed. Um, but I, I, I think he's got a lot of potential and his, it, it's the run game stuff. I think is where he's got to clean up most the spot dropping in space. He'll get that with time. He shows enough more of that in, in his ability to get back there quickly and, and kind of feel the coverage fairly well. You like what you see there. It's the run defense. And I think you, the main point you touched on being that the point of attack stuff coming right downhill through the a gap, right at him. You know, can he clear stack and shed that guard, get back to the and get the tackle that nah, it's it's not there a lot on tape right now. And at first blush, there's a lot of bad tape with this guy. But mm-hmm. it's also, again, that perspective has always got to be through. This isn't the guy's played it for eight years, you know, three years in high school and then now four years in college. And he's a senior. No, young kid, first year of the position, new transfer. So you can that that to me opens a little bit more of that door to say this could come along down road, down the road. Right. Um. How would you feel about him at 37? Because that's kind of where I'm putting him right now for us. I I can't hate getting the the bet the most high the, the highest upside middle linebacker in the draft at 37. Because we want to like sometimes we can get caught up in trying to over, I think, describe this stuff. And then you to me, I try to get down to sometimes the simplicity of it a bit, Brendan, which I think we were trying to do with your question there, which is, you know, okay, that's what I've got. You know, is it stuff that I've got to f- still get rounded out in his skill set? And is he going to be the at his best when he walks in the door, pro ready or pr- pro ready to start? Maybe not. But you have Devin Bush there who could maybe go half a season if it took that for him to kind of get himself acclimated and ready to roll at that point. So I, I, I think when you're talking about 37, it would be maybe a tiny bit high for me. But at the same point in time, I'd walk away with that outlook of it saying, how, how mad can I be at that for that, you know? That's why I did yeah. call him a little bit of the of the um, Anthony Richardson this draft, Brendan, because you're you know <laughs> you're okay with the pick, but you're also like, yeah, but we could have gotten a defensive lineman, <laughs> we could have gotten a yeah. a beast down low to help us out on the you know defense, and it would be really good instead. You know, yeah. I mean, here's the thing with Drew Sanders: now that we signed Bobby, we have a little bit of time before Sanders becomes a huge part of our defense. Agreed. We bought ourselves that little bit of time where Sanders, I'm sorry where Wagner and Bush are going to be your starting insiders. And then Sanders can be the third guy who's learning for hopefully the whole year. Maybe he plays some, but he's not going to have a huge role. Before you signed Wagner, you would have probably wanted somebody who's a more of a day one starter, but now you don't have to do that. Agreed. Yeah, agreed completely. And that affords you then to do the great thing we always want to do in every draft, Brendan, which we talk through these picks is lean to picking to best value which is if you're going for the high upside, you're going for value, I think, in general terms. Um, obviously, if it's empty empty upside or upside, they're not likely to claim. That's a whole other story. But with this kid, this is there's reason to believe he'll get to that upside point. His youth, his newness to the position, and the fact that he checks all the boxes from what you want from a size, size speed, build standpoint of things for the position in the modern era all the way down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Mullen, thank you for the five dollar donation. Kevin, appreciate it. Hope you're having a good night. And folks, please do if you can hit that like button for me on the stream here tonight. Would really appreciate it. He says Drew Sanders blitz every game like Randy Quaid in Independence Day. Hey guys, remember me? Off topic, Ryan Neal. Who who the f is the Hawks cap guy, and how does he have a job? We didn't talk about that part, Brendan. We got a little bit of a blurb that we were hoping to finally get from. Uh, Schneider on this point, which was actually going to what your original point was, if I'm not mistaken on this, 
uh, in your outlook on why they released Neil, which was that it was a pure draw down to cap reasons. And thank you for the donation, uh, Kevin. That did that, that was my takeaway from the blurb I read off of Schneider today and his reasons given. Nothing was in, intimated about it being Ryan Neal asking for it, requesting it, wishing yeah. it to happen. Ryan Neal specifically said he did not expect to be released. He said it uh, came as a shock. By the way, I seriously doubt Ryan Neal is happy about any of this because he was basically held on the tender throughout the period of time when teams were spending all their money and then got released after everybody had burned their cap space. And of course, there's no money out there for him. That's why he goes to Tampa Bay on basically half of what he was going to make on the tender. So I seriously doubt Ryan Neal appreciates any of this. So I never bought it with that from that angle. Say nothing of the uh, starting opportunities that have been reduced off the board that would have been there too. You know, just right. on starting dollar for dollar equivalent to what he would have been making for the Hawks, the actual straight line point to getting to a starter role as a strong safety. Um, very interesting. Very interesting, that whole situation and how that played out. And disappointing that it does come down to just merely needing to clear $2.67 million off the cap. That's, uh, you know, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and okay. like I've said before, if that was the reason for that move, then there is another move coming, and it's not going to be something we like because there's more money that needs to be cleared. And all of this would go away instantly if we restructured Lockett's contract, but apparently we're not willing to do that. Yeah which we come back around to that spot you and I talked about, which is it's an advantage other teams are utilizing. You're leaving on the table, which you can maybe overcome, but now that is a thing you overcome, not a thing that you get operate from a level playing field from. You have to overcome it where they get to utilize it. It's a little bit of the difference in, in, in franchises and what they can do and how they can do it. Um, Drew Sanders blitzing every game uh, a lot. I, I think that that's going to be a common sentiment. I think Kevin, with a lot of these guys within this, middle linebacker crew we're going to look at that you got to blitz them a lot if you're going to utilize them correctly not all the time maybe not 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 even not maybe the super high rate but you can't just have the the past of how you've blitzed middle linebackers which is very infrequently you need to lean into it with these guys uh with sanders i guess it could be he was pretty good about blitzing up the middle overall but he was he was more to, to, to at his best even at arkansas to me when he was getting his got nine sacks this year it felt like when he was kind of getting his way worked around the edge maybe starting inside and looping around but or just coming off that ball off the edge at Arkansas, you always kind of seem when he was really more at his best out there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a reflection of the modern NFL that is moving away from the running game and more towards the passing game and um, prioritizing value on third down. As a player, how do you add value on third down? How are you going to help your team get off the field on third down? Traditional linebackers that are just about stopping the run, what, what do you do on third down? Not a whole lot. You're just kind of there. It's true. It's very true. So I uh, hopefully can bring that, bring that element if they bring him in here to do that. But what's nice about him too, Kevin, is he's got a multi-filled out skill set if he can just get it tapped into on a full-time basis and not just in the flashes you see on tape with him right now. But the talent is undeniable there, Kevin. Absolutely undeniable. Thank you for the donation. Uh, Chase with a $10 dono. Thank you, Chase. Appreciate you as well. I uh, hope you're having a good night too, brother. It says, uh, it seems like every linebacker in this draft is fast. Good in coverage and light, but questionable in run defense. It's like they're the exact opposite of Jordan Brooks. <laughs> Has that been uh, your kind of outlook on these linebackers here? Yeah, kind of. And I think that kind of goes back to what I just was uh, talking about a little bit, where, uh, yeah, you want to be able to stop the run, of course. But I, I think that it's more on the defense to build a defensive line that can keep the linebackers clean. So it's easy in run defense. 
because all the offensive linemen are occupied dealing with the defensive line, linebackers are clean to get in there and make plays rather than dealing with pulling guards and stuff like that. So uh, I think that's how you respond to that. And I think that's how where the NFL is kind of going, where they want quicker, smaller linebackers that can cover, that can, uh, you know, um, quickly uh, cross the field and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how that transition comes into play, Brendan, because you do have those teams, offensively speaking, in the NFL that still do really stick to this these old school power run game stylings and pulling guards. And in college, to me, it's more of the spread concepts and the wider hash marks. And so you're you're really drawing more of a requirement to those linebackers to be able to move a little bit more in space. And because the linemen are sort of setting up every block to make it look like pass protection, sometimes even in the run game, that they just want that to look that way to the defense, that it's not as much about coming downhill on guys and you seeing as much of the guy at 225 having to shuck the 300 pound guard who's all over him at the second level, you know, they're just not in that opportunity as much because of the way these offenses run in college. Now spread stuff's definitely coming into the NFL. That's for sure. And I agree with you. I think it is getting lighter. Um, but with the way that that's worked in college spread wide hash marks, more less of a prevalence of the run game throughout the, the whole college anywhere you kind of go for the most part, it all leads back to, okay, well, let's get the linebackers that can cover instead. Why have the 245 pound guys that can't move, you know, teams aren't really going to utilize running anymore at the kind of rate they once did. And college teams just don't. They're looking to pass the ball. You, you need to get that linebacker and get to those bubble screens and make the tackle, Brendan. So uh, it makes sense, Chase, why it's going this way. But indeed, to Brendan's point on this, it's it's going this way. And it's probably the way of the future as we move forward a little bit. Especially if you could do it where you, you have them just in an attacking mode, Brendan, where, you know, you're sending them as the, not only as a blitz, but let's just say you're hitting them hit the gap in a run play, right? Where it's like a run blitz, where they're just – they're still in attack mode. They're not sitting back waiting for the guard to get to them. They just get up there and get up into a, a particular gap. And then you operate the rest of your defensive line and how they're attacking their gaps around that guy doing that. And then between that and the dropping and coverage stuff, you don't have them very often. Then in that, that quintessential point where he's standing off ball three or four yards necessarily, he's sort of in between one or the other, or if he's off ball, he's dropping into coverage, I guess. Mm -hmm. Correct. Thank you though, Chase. Appreciate you, man. Very kind of you. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next guy here. Uh, Jack Campbell, another second round linebacker on this, a big guy, old school linebacker, blood and guts, chews glass, spits out nails, Brendan. He's you even know? got the right kind of name for it, doesn't he? He does. He's got the exact name to match his game. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it's a perfect uh it's a perfect pairing between the two. Uh they don't come bigger and 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 more, you know, kind of just a big guy that can take take it on, take any player on on that field on the other side of the ball. Talk to me a little bit about uh, Jack Campbell. Here, uh, 23 years old, 6'5", 250 pounds. So this guy's the exception, right? This guy's going the other way. He's one of the bigger linebackers. Uh, had a pretty good combine for a guy of his size, uh, 37 and a half inch vert, 10 foot, 8 inch broad. I, I can dig it for a guy of that size. Mm -hmm. um, the big boards, most of them have him in the second round. CBS has him in like the late fourth. They don't really like him for some reason. Holy crap. Yeah, the aggregate says mid mid second, which seems about right. Well, that fourth um, round grades is high. What are they? What are they? Huh? Yeah, I mean, there's just weird stuff that happens with as you start to get down into these prospects that are like not top twenty. Yeah. You'll just find one weird aberration, like like everyone else is third round pick, third round pick, and then one site says UDFA. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that. That's just part of, part of it. That's why I like the aggregate website. Yeah, aggregate's good. 
That's for yeah. sure. It's on point on this one. Over the last uh, two years combined, he's played in 27 games and he's accumulated 265 tackles. So you will not find a more productive linebacker except for maybe Ivan Pace um, in terms of just being involved constantly. He's got four interceptions over the last two years as well. Just very, very productive in his career. He's very strong against the run. He's big and powerful enough to take on a blocker without getting pushed out of the play. He's somebody who can get up on a on a on a guard and then shed him and still go make the play. He navigates through traffic well. He's like the opposite of a guy like a Drew Sanders in some ways, I guess you could say. Um, he's pretty good in zone coverage close to the line of scrimmage. Like if you have him defend the flats or defend like the shallow crossers, I think he's fine. Um, very smart. He's a great tackler. Doesn't miss very many tackles. He's a good leader as well. I think he was the leader of that Iowa defense in the locker room. Um, now he is a little bit slower than these guys we've been looking at. He's, he runs a four, six, five, 40. That's going to be a good deal slower than a Trenton Simpson. It just is. And, um, he's not the stellar athlete that a guy like Trenton Simpson is either. He's just going to give up some of those things. Um, if you try to put him in man coverage, it seems like that's going to be a problem. You're not really going to want to ever put him in man coverage. He's not great in space in terms of like quickly changing directions. He doesn't have that. I, some people call it twitch, I guess you could say. And um, he, for all the plays that he made in Iowa, not a lot of plays made in the backfield. Like he usually makes plays past the line of scrimmage, not somebody who will gap penetrate and shoot the gap and get into the backfield for a play. But um, <clears throat> obviously there's a lot to like here. I just wonder how good he's going to fit in this division. If you put him on the Seahawks and you're dealing with the outside zone heavy NFC West with the Niners and Rams running outside zone all the time, I don't know if his skill set lends itself super well to that. He seems to me to be better facing, you know, the inside zone runs, the uh, gap power-based runs. So there's enough here for me to like, but I don't know about the fit in this division. It's a good point. One I actually hadn't considered with him at all um, in this process, but I certainly is one that is worthy of worrying about because that's something that I think you're right about him having some issues with that. That's the thing that for all the good that stands out in his game, the, the two words that came out of that, what you were saying there that I'm pulling a little bit was the lack of twitchiness, you know, and, and not a tremendously quick guy. So, you know, he's not going to be sudden in his movement. He's not going to get there really quick. It's going to take him a little bit of time. He will get there eventually. And you can't deny his strength and being kind of a tank at the position and, and that he can take on blockers in this draft in a real rare way that not many middle linebackers in this draft can do so, including, I think, even Drew Sanders and what he's right. shown. So, you, you know, the, the guy's got some real skill. His, his, his metrics are great. PFF loved him as far as the grade goes last year and what he brought from that angle of things. He's a complete player. But there's some limitations there that you're going to have to work around a little bit too. That I think you know can't get people too lost in the in the sauce here um, that we're pointing to. And so he's you know he's not a, a the the clean prospect, the high high upside, but he's probably a high floor guy, isn't he, Brendan? I mean, he's a guy that you do get yeah. in here who you feel like day yeah. one should be able to start. So that is another I would plus. Say so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the value is good in the later part of the second. If he still was there, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, but. I don't think the fit's good enough for me to pick him at 37. 
Uh, agreed. I think that would be too early for me. That there's been some talk of him from, from some people about him getting into the first round, going to like a Bills team or something that needs obviously a middle linebacker, which I think is far too high for him when you're talking about that four six five. That again, it's this is where the, the, the as I say often, I know we I beat this to death, Brian, but this is where we I feel like we have to because people will go, oh, you're referencing the four six five and this, but then matches what you see on tape with him, where he looks four six five on tape. He doesn't look like a a, a super quick guy in short spaces necessarily on tape and he's a bigger guy so it's harder for those guys to look quicker as it is for your six foot six one and especially when those guys carrying 225 but nonetheless you to brendan's point on about the outside runs the pitch plays getting out to the bubbles getting out to the fly sweeps all that stuff requires you to be sideline to sideline in this modern era not just in the box not just between the hashes it's kind yeah, of more of a great against uh, kyle shanahan's favorite the uh, qb power runs though oh he'd be awesome against the power run he would be mm-hmm. twisting foot sideways right and left, man. <laughs> yeah. Right, right and left. Yeah, he's going to get those 49ers down to their fifth-string quarterback real quick. That's just where Shanahan does his magic, man, is with the fifth stringer. You know, mm-hmm. that's just where he goes to work. You know, right. other coaches crawl under their shell. He comes out, and that's where the star is born at that point. He knows it. <laughs> he knows it, Brendan. Yeah. Uh, so second, yeah, late second. I think we feel pretty good about that with uh, Campbell, both yeah. of us on that. And if you could pull it third with him and he drifts into that, you'd love that as a value selection. No mm-hmm. doubt about that at that point. Yeah. I feel like a team that is better suited to his skill set will take him in the early second, though. I'll say that. Well, and that's where I could see like the Bills doing what they do a little bit, even though I know the Dolphins run that 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 Niner attack a little bit. But the, the Jets are going to kind of be that hammering kind of run game, I think, a little bit in what they're going to do. <clears throat> and, uh, from losing my mind on the other team in that division that I'm spacing on right now in the moment here. Oh, Patriots. And Patriots always are going to try to run the ball a little bit in there as well. Um, So he could fit into a division like that out there in the, the AFC North. That feels like kind of a right place for him to go land at um, as far as a location goes. But um, I wouldn't hate it in second round. I'd be okay with it. He's a good player. And, and again, day one starter, no doubt about it. Um, all right, let's move to our fourth. I think we can consider, I think you're in the same place as this. These are kind of our sacred four, aren't they? I mean, these are the, these are the four guys that are probably in their own, though they're not tier one players in this draft. They are probably our tier one de facto linebackers. Is that fair? Or am I maybe missing out one guy that you might have on your list is a little bit higher? I think that's probably, probably the case. So this guy goes by the name, a uh, local guy, Wazoo, Gokubs, Dayon Henley. Uh, middle linebacker from Wazoo, uh, really, really, really fun prospect to watch on tape. Brendan, there's a lot of all, so these yep. guys aren't always exciting to watch. He's a fun, exciting guy to watch. Brings a lot to the table. Tell me a little bit about Dayon Henley. All right, Dayon Henley, 23 years old on week one, undersized, six one, two hundred twenty five pounds. Uh, smallest linebacker we've looked at so far by a pretty good amount, but long arms for whatever that's worth, thirty three inches. That's like edge rusher type arm length. Uh, ran a respectable 40 and a respectably 10 yard, respectable 10 yard split. Uh, the big boards, most of them have him in the second or third round. Aggregate has him as a very early third round pick. Uh, over the last two years, he's accumulated 200 tackles include and, uh, I believe five interceptions, a lot of plays made in coverage, um, pretty productive career. I think he started out at a uh, Nevada, if I remember correctly, and then transferred over to Wazoo. Mm-hmm. So he was doing some stuff over there as well. Um, he was everywhere for that Cougars defense too. He was kind of lining up at all different places, got great speed in the open field. He only ran a four, five, four, but he seems to play a little faster than that. Agreed. Um, always around the football. He's got one of those proverbial noses for the football. He's an explosive athlete. 
He should be effective as an edge rusher as well, even though he didn't do that a ton at Washington. I think you look at his skill set, it should be something he can do at least some of the time. Uh, I believe he used to play defensive back, which has shown in his ball skills. Safety. Yeah, he used to play uh, safety. He's a hard hitter. And yeah, he's one of those guys that doesn't have the superstar traits of the first three guys we talked about, but it's pretty well-rounded. Uh, the issues with him would be blockers are going to kind of take him out of the play. If a blocker gets squared up on him, it's kind of just over. Um, he gets blown out of the play because he's a little bit smaller. Overall, he's not going to be great against the run. Kind of like Trenton Simpson and Drew Sanders will probably be at least at first. Um, also, he's a little bit older than you would like for a prospect who is on the raw side. I feel like he's got some stuff to work on. You'd like a 23-year-old to be a little more further along, I think. But... The fact that he's so good in coverage and has potential as a pass rusher really makes me gravitate towards him because I think that's the wave of the future. I think that is what you really want to get out of your linebackers in the modern NFL. Um, the small size will be hard for him to overcome, but I think he can do it. I think there are going to be ways that he's able to overcome it. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, but we have time. We have time. So I would say... I you're gonna have to talk me into taking him in the early second, but he gets to our pick in the mid second. I'm I'm definitely gonna make him one of my top targets. Yeah, the early second becomes a tough one. I mean, that becomes a this is a little bit harder of a talk to me where I'm I'm more aligned to where I feel with Drew and and Jack than I do on this one. Um, though I do think he's a second round guy about where I'd be willing to take him. My player comp for him was for uh, Dayon Henley is Levante David. I think that he has got a lot of the same skills. I looked at their testing numbers coming out of college and where they're at, how they play the game, that how they how they win, the way they win, they, they do things very similarly. Um, that sideline to sideline ranginess. I mean, you mentioned a lot of things that he does well that you saw on tape. Um, taking block, taking on blocks, definitely an issue. But I think the point you said about the wave of the future is where this is with this pick. When you're looking at taking a guy in this draft, be it this guy or a guy we'll talk about in Owen Papoe in a second, you're talking about where the game's going at the linebacker position. And, you know, the the Niners have gotten by with some pretty good linebackers lately that have not necessarily been the biggest guys. They've gotten by with some of these undersized guys and 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 made it work. And it's more yeah. now about speed and getting there. So, you know, Seattle's definitely, I think, going to take a page out of the book. And this kind of pick would be uh, taking a page out of their book with what they've done with Dre Greenlaw there in San Francisco or um, – uh, uh, of course, Fred Warner as well, who's over there. But I, I really love the safety conversion skills he brings to the position, Brendan, where in coverage especially, he can drop back in the zone and he can feel the zone. He can feel the quarterback's eyes. He can move to the right place. He can read route combinations. He can do some more advanced stuff that you get from the middle linebacker position and coverage than you normally get because he's got that past pedigree that he's going off of. And it, it excited me a lot with him on his upside and his future because that even with the taking on block stuff, to me that just becomes more about you get a guy like Henley, you need to commit in the future to getting the guys up front that can keep him protected. But he is, uh, to me, a really exciting middle linebacker prospect in this. He's right there with all these other guys. We talk about the sacred four list, but I'm, I might be willing to almost go early second with him. I might almost, Brendan. I'm, yeah. I'm very, very tempted. Yeah, he's not toolsy enough, I feel like. Like, the traits don't pop enough for me to say early second. I wouldn't hate it. Like, if we did it, I'd be like, okay. But I would definitely prefer to get him with our other second-round pick. And I kind of feel like he'll be there. I could be I could be reading this wrong. But as of right now, none of the big boards reflect him boosting up to the early second. 
maybe that'll happen behind the scenes though. I think it's, it's going to be, so some of this will definitely depend on what happens with these other three guys. That's why I say there's, this is kind of the way to think about this. In my opinion, Brendan is to stick so hard into the Campbell, Henley, Simpson, Sanders. That's our crew. And why? Because if one of them starts to go early, the runs create a little bit more early. You've got to jump on yours a little early. If there's the weight, like you talked about earlier, where Simpson getting all the way into the first part of that second round where he's dropping that far, well, then no doubt about it, Henley's driven, drifting into the later parts of the second round. But you have a draft with middle linebackers here that isn't exactly as deep. You know, get while the getting's good, right? Teams that have a need got to go now and get well, get the guy that's decent as legitimate. So I think it'll be some of that to me would be drawn on that. If I saw a run early on, that would make me more open to saying, okay, Henley – Henley with the first second I'm better with. If if there's more of, you know, a couple of those guys, if Campbell and him are both on the board, and you got Maze Smith with that early second round pick, right? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go Maze before those two guys because I know I'll get one of those two, you know, down the line. But right. have to kind of read it in the moment a little bit. Fun mm -hmm. prospect though. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's bounce to the next one. I know we got a, a donation here too, but let's get to the, let's go over to the next one. Uh, this is another guy, controversial figure, Brendan. Controversial local kid out of Oregon. Uh, brother of a uh, form of a uh, NFL tackle, Noah Sewell. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is an Oregon duck, another PAC 12 uh, linebacker here. Uh, definitely kind of goes the other way. Like we said, he's only six foot one and a half, which is short, but he's almost 250 pounds. So he's one of the bigger linebackers, which um, is something that I'm always wary of. And his combine was okay. 464 is okay for a guy who weighs almost 250, but it's not great. 157 10 yard split is actually good. pretty good in terms of explosiveness. His jumps were not very good, though, so I don't know how explosive he is. Like 33 yeah. inch vert, nine foot seven inch broad. Um, there are some big boards that have him in the third, some have him in the fourth, one has him in the fifth. Aggregate says he's like a mid round three selection. And what I can say about him is that, you know, he's a pretty good athlete for his size, I guess. It's not great or anything. Um, he lined up all over the place for that Ducks defense, I noticed, too. I think they even lined him up at cornerback sometimes. Not that he would ever do that in the NFL, but uh, right. I think he did that a little bit. Um, he's explosive in pursuing run plays. He gives good effort. He hits hard. He's strong enough to take on a blocker and beat him. Like, he did do 27 bench press reps, which was very close to the most for any linebacker. So he does have good strength, and he is able to utilize that to shed blockers well. Um, downsides on him, I had misses a lot of tackles. I don't think he has great instincts in reading where the play is going. Seems to be more of an athlete than a cerebral linebacker. Mm -hmm. He kind of – sometimes I watch him, and I feel like he's like a defensive tackle, the way he moves. It's lumbering. It's a little slow. Um, the further he gets from the middle of the field, the less effective he is. He is not a sideline-to-sideline -side guy. Um, also seems to be very mixed as a cover linebacker. I don't get the sense that this guy's going to be great in coverage. He's just too slow and doesn't move well enough. So I I think Noah Sewell's just the kind of player who is losing his value in the modern NFL. He's mm -hmm. a linebacker who is meant to stay in the box at all times. Just stay in that box and don't go outside that box unless you have to. So I think there is a team out there that will value that skill set enough to pick him in round three. I wouldn't be interested until round four. Like at that point, the value kicks in, right? Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, you're like, okay, the value is here, even if I don't love the fit. But I'm not really a big fan of Noah Sewell. 
Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot more to add to what than what you just said with that. Um, in that the he's got a lot of stuff on his tape that's just bad. And when you don't have linebacker and you don't have instincts kind of to start things out that are plus or even average, we're gonna have some issues here. Um he does have that the 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 uh Jack Campbell thing where he can, like you said, do the stack and shed stuff because of his size allows him to do that. And the one five seven ten yard split is wonderful, but then those 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 jumping scores fit to a little bit what you see him on score on on tape with him where he's got sideline to sideline movement but he's not exactly what you would call explosive um, and can get to the spot and he gets misdirected and sent out of position often um, there's not a lot I saw with his tape that had me drifting towards him he was a guy that needed to come in this combine to me and run like a five five forty and jump 38 39 inches and give you that physical tantalizing potential that was there to make you think you could you know get it tapped into but indeed he looks like the brother of an offensive tackle <laughs> into your point right yeah um it's it just kind of is what it is and i think you're the thing about the tackle number this was the thing about henley too that i think gives me the when we talk about looking at two guys very close to each other in the draft and why arm length still matters for even middle linebackers is that 33 inch long arms of Henley allows him to wrap these guys up on tape and that to show up when he gets up, he makes the tackle, he pulls them down. They're done. A guy like Sewell comes up with his 31 and five eighths inch arms and slides right through sometimes where those arms aren't just quite long enough to get around and fully wrap guys up in space, especially because he's not comfortable moving in space. And uh, that shows up on tape quite a bit with him. So it, it's, that's where, again, that matches and pairs up to that, I think, a little bit from the arm length standpoint and how that can limit guys when it, when it does show up and why you see those tackles missed and why they'll be, continue to be missed, Brendan, even if he improves his technique at the pro level because right. arms are just a little short. Yeah, I don't know. I can't get into them. <laughs> nope. Fourth round is where I've got him as well. Mid-fourth round grade on uh, Sewell okay. for me at this point uh kevin mullen thank you for the five dollar donation appreciate the double donation kevin says uh per pff jack campbell grades pass coverage outside the box 93 at 872 snaps 200 plus snaps over the next closest linebacker in box 93.4 at 731 snaps next closest linebacker at 632 yeah, a lot of reps, a lot of reps. I do think he'll be good in zone coverage. I I, I did notice that. I, I did, I think, made note of that just now. Um, it's just man coverage. And you know what? In this defense, that's fine. It's not like we do a lot of man cover stuff. We're more of a zone team. So take, let's take cover two situations, what you conventionally do with a middle linebacker in cover two, Brendan, and answer me on this one. Cover two, I've got to get my middle linebacker, and I need him to to turn tail and get 25 yards down the center of the field between the two hashes post-snap. Do you have faith that Jack Campbell can make that move? Because you're running cover two shell a lot, which doesn't mean you run cover two all the time, but it does mean that you're going to be in those kind of situations to have to run that. Do you have confidence that he can get up that to that depth of the field for those kind of plays? I mean, I have more confidence in Trenton Simpson doing it. <laughs> I have more confidence in Day and Henley doing it. So, I mean, I, I mean, maybe he'll be able to do it competently, but remember, these grades are accumulated at the college level. There is a big step up to the pro level, and there are a ton of players that I've been looking at over the past few weeks scouting out this draft. ton of players who I look at and I go, yeah, he did that in college, but is he going to be able to do that in the NFL? Probably not. Like, there are, we're, we're going to get to, like, edge rushers who in college lined up on the edge. They lined up as five techs, four techs, three techs, one tech like all over the defensive line, but you look at them and you, you just know there's no way they're going to be able to be that versatile in the pros. So I wouldn't expect a guy like Campbell to maintain his immaculate coverage numbers at the NFL level. 
Yeah, I just don't think it'll quite translate as well with that, Kevin, especially within our defense because of some of those obligations where we don't we put we're going to put the linebacker at times in positions to where we'll ask him to to do that type of thing in this defense and really have to travel far. But if you keep him in those situations for the most part where he's not having to run down the field too much, he's he's good. He's still good in coverage. He's got great as far as his zone instincts and awareness goes and understanding all that, Kevin, it's all top notch there. The only limitation comes into just really the speed and the, you know, the suddenness to get to those places, but he knows how to get there. He'll know how to get there at the right time for the most part. So he'll do his job. And a guy with a lot of the, the ceiling is in question here, Kevin, but the floor is not, he's going to give you floor as a player. He's going to be a functional NFL player at this. You know, you don't know for me and Brendan don't know for sure if, if much we like Trent Simpson, if he's going to end up being a functional middle linebacker in this league, he might just, Continuing out some of the regression, despite what we think as far as upside, this guy will have that floor. He will come and he will give you some play. Whether it's outstanding or not, we'll see. But you are at least getting that from Campbell, which is to a measure of some value. Right. Uh, appreciate it, though, Kevin. That's great stat. Nicholas Newton, thank you for the fiver. Appreciate you as well, man. Hope you're having a good night. Says early second, 37th pick is reserved for John Michael Schmitz. Nobody else. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to do our interior offensive line show, I think, sometime next week or the week after. But I'll tell you, John Michael Schmitz is actually a guy who I've cooled off of pretty significantly. Um, not not because I think he's bad. In fact, I still think he's the best center in this draft. I just think that um, I think we can do better in terms of value. I, I really do. There are two guys that I've really been turned on to at the uh, center position in the last few weeks. So um, obviously still great. But I if we took him at 37 it would be okay. I, I would not get super excited about that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I feel like he's a pretty clean prospect for me at 37 at that point. So from my standpoint, I'm, I'm okay. But to your point as well, I like some of the other centers in this draft too. So they want to wait a little bit longer and go a little bit long down the line for it. That's okay with me. Cause those guys can certainly come in at Corey Patterson, maybe Stromberg, maybe Luke Wilper. You know, go down the line, there's got Tipman. There's a good amount of centers in this draft. Uh, even the kid out of Michigan might be able to slide in and do get it done for you. So I there's mm -hmm. there's there's plenty of good players in this Nicholas's side, but I'd be okay with it if they grab it. That's perfectly fine for me if they end up taking Schmitz because I do think he comes in and starts day one for you and at least the very least gives you league average play from the center position. I I, I I have to say I don't agree with that. I don't think Carroll wants to start a rookie at center. I think he would work very hard to prevent that. I think it would be one of those instances where he would just force the veteran in because he doesn't want a rookie as a center. I mean, it's possible. It certainly is possible. And there would be a good battle between him and Brown. But I think the whole context of Carroll doesn't want to have rookie centers. We, you got to look a little bit to me at the track record of what they've looked at with the center position in their years here. And he walked in the door and he had Unger here for the first kind of half of his his run here. And then after that, you you didn't do a really great job of necessarily sinking in and trying to um, go get centers out in the draft. But when you did it for a guy like uh, what was a Posick, you moved him to guard through his first couple of years and didn't even give him a chance to do it. And, you know, maybe they didn't like Posick. Maybe he wasn't good enough, but you also had a need at guard. It wasn't as much driven by Posick not being good enough. You had Justin Britt already there. Mm -hmm. So you already had the guy embedded. And Justin Britton arrived there not because – he was the great veteran mind. It's because he washed out a tackle, washed out a guard, and they eventually settled him in at center. And he had that one good year before they went out and drafted Posick. So while they've never gone for the young center in the past, it's not necessarily been because absolutely it's just indicative of the fact that Carroll, in my opinion, has some sort of built-in complete hesitancy where he just won't do it. 
I don't think that he would. I think he'd make the exception, especially if there's a guy who could come in and handle the line call duties and can slide in and do that stuff. And I think there are certain guys that come in and are very capable of doing that even day one. But I, I've heard it said that, that that there's no way. I just I don't I don't know that I completely buy that he wouldn't if there wasn't the right guy to come in. They just haven't had that guy in the right situation. If Posick could come in here, Brendan, and you didn't have Justin Britt, do you not think they would have probably started Posick that first year that he came out of LSU into that spot? You don't think they would have just signed like some uh, stopgap veteran for a year? I think they would have brought in competition, but I don't know that that if they bring in a competition that's equivalent to what we had last year in Blythe or even what we have right now in Brown, that that means that that guy's necessarily going to win out Posick of the job because they're so good with their brain, yet so physically limited compared to the high pick guy that you took that you're going to be willing to roll with it. Um, Certainly Carroll's made some odd decisions at the center position in the past, their love affair with Joey Hunts and Fuller's and all that other stuff. But it's also been a team that hasn't always put a lot of value into the center position. Posick is your one second round pick. And then, and then, what, yeah, what I else? mean, uh, you know, like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll say this. I do think Schmitz is the best uh, center in this draft. I think there are, I don't think he has the highest upside. I think there's one center who I think has no, higher upside I, than Schmitz. I'd agree with that. You're getting Schmitz in a lot of ways for the meat and potatoes certainty of what you're getting with him, which is you're getting a guy that I think can start day one, that can come in immediately, that's not going to have some some gaping hole to his game that can be exploited because he is starting early as a rookie, but then does have probably a little bit of the limited upside to him, whether you're not getting a guy who's going to be a, a, a perennial pro bowler. And there's probably some other guys center position in this draft that maybe have some of that upside to their game. I'd agree with that completely. But I, from what I saw, he's technically... Very, very sound for a guy coming out like that. Um, he's making line calls there in Minnesota, as I remember it with that. So, you know, he's done some of that already there. Um, a lot of time starting there. He's got the physical ability. I think he can get it done. So I get it, though. Some people are cooling on him, too, as well. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the donation, though, Nicholas. Appreciate you on that. Uh, well, let's keep it moving here, Brendan, as we we slow roll our way through these a little bit. Uh, let's get to the next guy. Guy that ran one of the fastest... 40 times I've ever seen at a combine. I mean, my goodness, was he was he cooking? Uh, and that would be Owen Papoe out of Auburn. I think he ran a faster 40 than any wide receiver at this combine. 4-3-9-40, folks, from an, a middle linebacker running 4-3-9. We had, mm-hmm. yeah, we had, we had five nine one hundred and seventy pound receivers in this combine struggling to run 4-4. <laughs> you got a middle linebacker runs a 4-3-9. Yeah, I, I think that 40 time is identical to the one that Marvin Mims ran. Just to give you an idea of how fast this is. Yeah, I, and, and Mims is like 180 pounds soaking wet. Right. Uh, let's see here. So 22 years old. He is small, smaller than Henley. He's six flat, six feet flat, 225, uh, 31 and th- uh, three-fourths inch arms. Uh, his 10-yard split, by the way, 152. Really nice. Really good. <sighs> Uh, 35 and a half inch vert, 10 foot, six inch broad, 29 bench press reps. So he's got some muscles as well. Although the short arms help on that bench sometimes. They do. Yeah. Uh, the one big board has him going in the third. It's sports illustrated. The others all have him in the fourth or fifth aggregate has him as a late fourth round pick. Seems like a reasonable compromise to me. Um, only has one recent year, big production last year. He had 91 tackles. Uh, in 12 games. So speaking about him as a prospect, I think he had the green dot. I don't know if they call it the green dot in college, but he had, you know, the green dot is the point. Uh, He was a team leader, sideline to sideline range, fast, athletic, 
he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school too. So this was a guy who was expected to be a superstar at one point and it didn't fully manifest yet. It could, he's great in zone coverage, even though he's small, I think he could develop the ability to block shed effectively. And he's a hard worker. Now the issues with him are very obvious. I think he's small. He's going to struggle to navigate through traffic on run plays. He's going to get caught up in the wash and washed out of the play. Sometimes He's going to get pushed out of the play by offensive linemen. If the offensive lineman gets his hands on him, it's probably GG for now anyway. And his shorter arms do create not great tackling. Um, but overall, this guy brought a lot of things to the table that I'm personally into when I'm looking for a linebacker. So unless the combine just spiked this guy all the way up into like round three or something, which I don't think happened. I think it boosted him, but it didn't boost him that much. I'm very interested in Popoe. Yeah, I like this guy quite a bit. Um, my original pot before we got to the combine, I had scouted him and I had him more into in a fourth round range. I have bumped him up since the combine around with the metrics and scores he posted. He did have the one year of 100 tackles, but if you look at into his previous year, I think he had an injury uh, like junior shoes. So the previous year, he had almost 100 tackles before that. So he's actually got multiple years of right around 100 tackles in his career. So a lot of production there mm -hmm. um, at that point. I thought he was also a plus blitzer with eight and a half sacks throughout the course of his career. Um, so he does it when he was asked to do it on tape to me. He showed up really well with that. That suddenness, that one, five, two, 10 yard split that you talked about really showed up on tape. And it's, he's rangy, he's this bow legged, rangy middle linebacker. But he is going to give you again what we talked about with Henley that you need you, this this ideal middle linebacker in the modern era, the guy that can you know run anywhere on the football field, can kind of stay with anybody. I don't know if he's quite four three nine fast. It's like Nolan Smith, where it's like that's great. It's a great score. I don't know if they're exactly that fast on the football field, right. but he is extremely fast for a middle linebacker. And I just felt like being that he was fairly complete overall. Um, maybe not quite to me, maybe more of a run kind of defending middle linebacker, not as much in the coverage stuff. I think with him off the tape, I watched it's okay. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Just, it was okay to me. Um, but I, th I think that middle third, you're talking about where we pick in the third, like 20th in the third round to be selecting him there, I think would be okay value for me at that point. Yeah. I didn't get quite that far with him. I said like fourth rounder. I think it's open season as soon as we get to day three, basically. Mm -hmm. um, round three, that's kind of tough because he's got those short arms, which means he may never be a great tackler. And I mean, look, I can live with him not being great against the run because he probably won't be because he's small. But at a certain point, you look at him and it's just like, okay, how are you going to tackle effectively at the NFL level with those short arms? But there's enough that I like to say, I, I would take him, even if we had the first pick in the fourth round, I would mm -hmm. probably be willing to do something like that. Well, I think my faith comes into it is let's just let's just uh, cross compare him to Noah Sewell in this respect. And with Noah Sewell, you have the tape where he's sliding off the tackles. You can see it. You can see how the the short arms are impacting him that way. I didn't see as much the the preponderance of Papoe having tackles slipping off of him, where it was as much an issue. And he also has that suddenness where he can come up like those strong safeties do, where he's just going to chop you down at the ankles. And, and you can't react to him quick enough to let him do that. Whereas with a guy like Sewell, it's all just plodding along forward. He isn't going to get away with doing that stuff. He's got to wrap you up and drag you down. That's the only way he's getting you down, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I wonder if Popoe doesn't work out as a linebacker, does he move to safety in the NFL? <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, hell, that those metrics and speed, that's you would think maybe so. He doesn't have necessarily the great coverage instincts. I think you'd look for him to make that transition. And I'd probably say that some team would have maybe have already had done that with him if he did have some more of those those coverage skills at play. Okay. Trying to see what let me see what is his overall. I wasn't looking it up, but let me just check really quickly what his overall. So he had a 77 coverage grade, which was respectable last year. Yeah, I do you know. think he's really good in zone coverage. And they didn't like his run to run defense at all. Like they hated his run defense last year, big time. Yeah. I I mean, again, it's just going to be on you to build a defensive line that keeps them clean all the time. Yeah. You can't let you, you can't get this guy with some, some short, you know, undersized defensive tackles in front of him. He's going to need a couple of big, fat, big, big, fat body sumo wrestler types up in front of him to keep him protected, to have him be successful. But He's got he's got some interesting traits that you you can't just find anywhere that that, that are tough, um, you know. And he can do a variety of things too, Brendan. So interesting player. Um, so your your middle fourth round with him, twentieth overall fourth round, you'd do that, but that'd be as high as you'd go. Yeah, I, I would. If we ended up with a high fourth round pick, I would be okay with that too. If you trade up in the fourth round, you go that route with it. Okay. Yeah. So we're pretty close. Uh, let's we'll keep it moving here as we go along. Um, Let's get to the guy that's out at Alabama. They produced some, some linebackers over the years. Uh, and Henry Toa Toa, another yep. much discussed guy in this draft process from early on and whatnot, um, who has slipped and dipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been kind of up and down with this guy during this process. <laughs> I've liked him, I've not liked him. I've kind of gone back and forth with him. Right now, yeah. I think I like him a little more than I dislike him, though. So let's see here. Uh, 22 years old, 6'1", 227 pounds, almost 33-inch arms, uh, 10 and a quarter-inch hands. His combine was a little underwhelming for a guy this size. 4'6", 240 is really not what I'm looking for. Although Mm -hmm. his 10-yard split was okay, 157, I can live with it. Um, The big boards, let's see here. Some of them have him in the third. One has him in the second. A couple have him in the fourth or fifth. Aggregate says mid-third rounder, which I, I, I could see that. Uh, over the last two years, he's given you about 200 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. So good production for a really good defense in college. He's got high IQ. He's got good linebacker instincts. I think he plays the game cerebrally. He's got great range moving sideline to sideline. He's highly versatile with where he can line up. I think he played in a 3-4 and a 4-3 at Alabama because they would use both. Yeah. I think he lined up you know, as a linebacker, as a safety, moving around a little bit. He's good in coverage. He's got great leadership. Um, I'm again, not that happy with his testing for you to be 227 pounds and only run a four, six, two forty. That kind of leaves me wanting. Um, he gets caught up in the wash and run support sometimes. Um, if he gets let, sometimes he'll come on like a blitz or in pass rush and he'll get held up by a running back and stuff, which you, you don't really like to see. You'd hope that he could beat that chipping running back more often than not. Um, if an offensive lineman gets on him, he'll just take him right out of the play pretty much. And one thing that a lot of scouts said about him is he doesn't have the mean streak that they like to see in a linebacker, which is an intangible. Sometimes it's a little yeah. bit weird to throw out, but that's something that got thrown out a little bit. But um, I think he's an okay option at the very end of the third, but I would hope he slips to the fourth and then I would take him because I do think he's good in coverage. And I like his versatility. I like his uh, IQ, high IQ. I think he could play day one. But it, it wasn't the full package I was hoping for when I initially started looking at him. 
Yeah, I'm a begrudging third, late third round grade on him as well. I don't, I'm like you would more like to put the fourth, but I have to kind of acknowledge he's probably a third round talent overall for what he brings uh, to play with the production and coming out of Alabama and, and all of that. Um, a lot of ankle tackles and an ankle tackle attempts on his tape where he's just trying to grab onto the ankle and hold on and and hope that he can get some help that can eventually pull him down. You know, Will Anderson, where are you? Come here, Will Anderson, I need you. Well, uh, you know, he's got a lot of really good teammates in Alabama, so who he, can blame he him? does. You can't blame him on that. Um, to your point on that, when he does come in the blitz, I thought he was out of control a lot of the time on the blitz. So uh, out of control when he's coming downhill way too often, and whether that running back stonewalling or he's just getting washed out the back of the pocket, uh, <laughs> didn't have enough of an effect in the amount of time sometimes they would send him at times in that way. Um, he is always around the ball. The instincts are are great. He drops in zone to the right place. He can read the quarterback's eyes. He can flow with the quarterback's eyes to the spot. He might try to go with the ball and eventually even you know be there to make a play. It's kind of surprised too with him that he looks smaller on tape than six two, doesn't he? He looks like a six foot guy on tape to me. It's I mean, like, maybe it's because the Alabama team is so much bigger than the <laughs> other team, and then he's yeah. there, and he uh, you know. Yeah, it it could be that it could be that. Um, he, but he's he's not an ex, an exceptionally exciting player. The mean streak to me kind of comes from that the, the ankle tackle, the sort of hold on and just pull him down to the ground, as opposed to the guy that comes up and he's going to lay a lick, or he's going to come up and he's going to throw you down the ground and try to really not let you get any further. You know, Toto is good with you getting a couple extra yards if that's what it takes for him to eventually get you down to the ground. And you know, it's he he's overall. Pretty solid tackler overall. There's there's plus traits here. There's no great traits, but there's plus traits a lot down the line with this guy. My comp for him, Brendan, was uh, Kiko Alonso. Mm. Oh, I remember Kiko. Very yeah. good in coverage. Good in coverage. Um, maybe a little lacking more in the run game, but uh, I was kind of thinking right around that area of it, kind of somewhat. And I was I was, I was looking for a comp. I couldn't quite find something. I called Jack Campbell, by the way, my knockoff version of Luke Keekley. That's my comp for him. Oh, that's high praise, though. Yeah, because Keekley was excellent in coverage. He was uh, one of the great cover linebackers ever, wasn't he? He was. That's why I can't go Keekley comp. Is it's like the yeah. whole like making the Donald comp with Cansey. It's like I can't do the uh, Hall of Fame comp thing unless it's a tried and true guy. That's like that guy, that dude. And mm -hmm. you know, Campbell's not that, but knockoff right. Walmart version of Luke Luke <laughs> Keekley's not bad, right? Yeah. Uh, we got another dono here from Kevin Mullen. Kevin, thank you for the triple donations tonight, man. I appreciate all the support to the channel. You are wonderful, my man. Appreciate you. He says, stable metrics per PFF, coverage in both outside and inside box, run stops. The top linebackers are Ivan Pace, Jack Campbell, Dorian Williams, and Drew Sanders. Henley, Simpson, and Sewell are lower tiers. That tracks. I mean yeah, like Simpson is not going to be great in some of those traditional metrics. I think that uh, that's pretty expected. Um, he, he again, he's a positionless player, mm -hmm. positionless. And you need to utilize him like that or else you're not going to get what you want out of it. Um, I, I, we are going to talk about Dorian Williams and uh, Ivan Pace in a little bit here. I did look at both of them and I Definitely. know you did as well. They're both yeah. very interesting in their own ways. Um, but yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm hmm. And Henley is still a work in progress in the run game as a former safety convert, even being a little bit of maybe of an older prospect as he's been recently moved to that position. So there's a little bit of an explanation with that there. For Sewell, there is no explanation. He's just he's just lower tier. That's <laughs> just all there is to that one. But yeah, we'll talk on those other guys here shortly. And uh, that does match to, Kevin, what we saw with the eye test with Moltby and Brennan on this one. Um, I'm kind of surprised on pace. I didn't know he was as good in the run stuffing game because he's got another thing that he does really well. But 
Uh, that's right. interesting. Nonetheless, Kevin, good stuff, man. Thank you for the donation. Appreciate you. Uh, hold on here, Brennan. Got one more through here. Uh, Danny McCormick. Thank you for the $7 donation, Danny. Appreciate you as well. Hope you're having a good night. Good. Appreciate Welcome on here at the Hawks Nest. So there's another draft coming up, but damn, I'm excited to see Tariq, Kobe, K9, and our other rookies take a big step in year two. Just repeat the last draft. NFC Conference Championship bound. Woo! Let's go. I like it, Danny. Sounds yeah, I think that is me. something. I think that is something that people need to keep in mind here. It's not just the rookies we're bringing in. It's the improvement of the guys last year. It's something that Coach Carroll has said that I do trust him on what he's saying with this, where he's not just giving you lip service with this comment, but it's something that has been a, a tried and true thing that he's learned as a coach through the years, and especially the NFL. And he said that the players take their biggest leap forward, their biggest jump comes not year two to three, not year four to five. It comes from year one to year two. That's when the, the, they're going to make those big leaps as a player. And so you got a lot of guys, if they make those big leaps, and if you get you get the instant returns from the draft like you got last year, you can absolutely get there with that because we have more this year than we had last year, year's draft, right, Brendan? We've got way more than we have in years this year's draft. We had the one first round pick, that was it. You know, you got the two, you got the high second round picks here. So you, boy, you got a lot to get it done again, Danny. You really do. But yeah, those second year returns are going to be, well, I, I think the way they've done this with free agency is though it's been a competent free agency period, both as you and I talked about, Brendan, there is a little bit with just the free agency part of this of a, some plus, some minus, you know, you gain some, you got to lose some. So this is going to be on the back of us getting forward into this playoff run next year. If we're going to make a playoff run, it will be kind of on the back of year two players and rookies and them getting that done. If you're going to get to that point, it's not, you have so much you're adding. It's not completely out of the, the realm of contention, but it is right. harder, harder to mm -hmm. necessarily outlook and see it, see it happen in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate you though, Danny. Thank you for the donation, man. And uh, great point on your part. Uh, so Henry Toa Toa, you've got him. You'd like fourth round. You'd begrudgingly go third round late. Like I would. Yeah. Uh, I'd live with him in the third. You live with him. You'd, you'd bite your tongue and go, okay, whatever. Um, let's go to the next guy, uh, which would be a guy with a fun name to say. I would enjoy saying this name. No, Demarion Demarvian Overshawn. That's, it's got a pretty epic name. Um, if you can't give him the breakdown, Brennan, I'm gonna get a little bit of coffee. I'll be right back, but give him that initial breakdown. If you can on the player. Be right sure. Back. Uh, we have, a Texas Longhorn, 23 years old, a little bit on the undersized side, although decent height. 6'3", 229 pounds, 32 and a quarter inch arms. Had a combine that was not stellar. 4'5", 6'40", 10 yard split. Uh, 15 bench press reps, didn't love that. Uh, the big boards have him as like a late third or um, some have him in the fourth or fifth. I think he's probably either a late third or an early fourth guy. Uh, last year had almost 100 tackles, 10 for loss. Um, the things I like about him, the things that stand out to me, he started out as a safety, which speaks to his coverage abilities. He can hold up in zone and man coverage. It's kind of rare I say that about a linebacker, that he seems like he can do man. This guy can. He's a hard hitter. Pretty good athlete for his size, I guess. It's not amazing or anything, but he's okay. He's very rangy. He's got a nose for the football. And he showed a propensity at Texas for shooting gaps and beating blockers. Now, like a lot of these linebackers, he has work to do against the run, struggles to get off blockers once they're on him. He's not going to shed a lot of blockers, and he's not a great tackler. You're going to have to use him in ways that complement his skill set to get the most out of him. But um, yeah, 
I, I liked him just because of the coverage skills. I would be okay in the late third, but I'm hoping he'll be there in the fourth personally. Yeah, another guy I've got in the right spot when you say these things is right where I've got my horizontal board with him in the late third um, for all the reasons you give. And we certainly give some of these linebackers that have the coverage skills, especially the overall coverage skills like you pointed to, a little bit more of a bigger bump if they especially can hit the size and relatively athletic markers you're looking for from the position. And this guy does uh, at least tick those boxes relatively four, five, six, one, five, 10, nine split. Uh, he does that well enough. Uh, 32 and one fourth inch arms, long enough arms. Uh, they call them the uh, Texas missile out there, Brendan. And I think like you talked about him shooting those gaps, him in attack mode coming downhill, he's really hard to deal with those linemen when he gets up to full speed by the time the snap comes. There's some of those linebackers, when they do that, they just get stonewalled and they can't really generate the the explosive power off of their buildup and speed off of blitzing or just coming downhill in the run game. It doesn't have to be a blitz. It could be a run blitz or just playing the run that he reads it. Um, really stood out to me with him where he was a problem in that. So you have that little bit where he gives you that kind of that those signs of that plus ability as a run defender, and then you know kind of what you're getting from him as a, as a as a guy in coverage as well. I saw him undercut routes and and do those type of things, which is really rare for some of these linebackers in that way. So um, liked how he played, Brendan. Felt like he was willing to stick his nose in there. We just talked about a guy like Henry Toa Toa is going to go right around this guy. This is the guy that's willing to stick his nose in there. This is a guy that's mm-hmm. willing to be a little bit more mean with it and uh, and how he plays and goes about his business a little bit um, that stood out to me. I've got them both kind of going right in the same spot. Um, for kind of different reasons, but liked what I saw out of him. Good, good overall player. Um, a, a solid down the middle of the fairway kind of guy where there's maybe not a lot of high end excitement. Another guy that's maybe a little bit more of a high floor guy. Is that fair? Fair to say here? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably pretty true here. Um, I think the only way he like has a low floor would be if you don't know how, you, how to utilize him properly, which is possible. What do you think about like a comp of a, a kind of a KJ Wright kind of guy here? Okay. Um, I feel like KJ not KJ's right. pure, pure size. KJ, of course, six five and plus, changed thirty five inch arms, whatever he had. Yeah, freakishly. yeah, that's kind of the hard part for me. But um, I, I kind of see what you're getting at with the comparison. Like, even if it's not all the way around a fit. Yeah, it's not a pure. It would certainly be minus some size and length, but um, good solid player. Solid player, and uh, I think you know what you're getting with another guy. Know what you're getting, just don't have that necessarily upside. So if you're getting third round, there's maybe some other guys. Some people of you guys might like them, might have the higher upside at other positions. But some of this is driven, as me and Brendan talked about, these linebackers of the need, and then we might need to get multiples. We go second round, and you might come back third round. It's not it's not yeah. out of the realm of contention at all here. So um, fun player, though. Uh, we're going to keep it moving here, Brendan, as we get through this list. We've got a couple of other really names, guys, that are, we think are going to be decent. Me and Brendan talking about this, that we do think are going to be legitimate prospects here. But then we do get through the later middle linebackers. We'll probably kind of speed a little bit more. Lightning like, round. We'll do a lightning, lightning round. round on those ones. Yeah. Exactly. Good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with uh, next guy up. Another fun guy to watch on tape, Dorian Williams. Mm-hmm. Really, really ha- enjoyed watching him play um, all over the place as a player. Yeah, uh, Tulane. I believe they. What what are they? The Tulane uh... <laughs> Horn, not the Horn, not Horn Reds. The uh, I can't remember, oh, dude. I don't know. Either. I had it memorized when I was scouting him, and now I forgot. Oh well, that's what happens when you scout three hundred people in three weeks. It runs together, man. It all just yeah. runs together after a while. All right, uh, six one, two hundred twenty eight pounds, long arms, thirty three and three quarters inch arms. We like that. Four four nine forty for so sub four five forty. One five four ten yard split. So the measurables are pretty on point, right? The these these test numbers are good. Um, the big boards were kind of split. A couple had him in the third round, 
and a couple had him in the seventh. So it's all over the place. The aggregate says late fourth, which Mm -hmm. seems fair. Last year had 132 tackles, eight and a half for loss, five sacks. Uh, I wrote as pros, he was a team leader. He, He had long arms, which gives him a big advantage when he's engaged with blockers. Like that's going to really help him as he tries to develop block shedding ability. He's strong. He's got good range. His good speed and agility correlates to coverage skills. He knows how to navigate traffic. And he's a guy who's always going to give high effort out there. He's one of those plus character guys. I do think that here's, he's going to need some work as a block shedder. But the thing is, he's 22, still kind of young. So that kind of stuff can come. His linebacker instincts probably need some work. But again, that's something that you would expect to come with time. So I think that at the very least with him, you're getting a really good special teams player. I believe there is a path to him becoming a defensive starter. You're going to have to develop him right, but I like the traits that he's building his foundation on here. So I would say if you got him in the fourth round, I would be okay with that. Uh, If he's available a little bit later, that would be awesome. But fourth round, I'm kind of open to it. Do you think potentially he's maybe better suited as a 4-3, Mike? Uh, Let me think here. I mean... The thing is, I think he will eventually be a good block shedder because of his long arms. So that means you would be a little bit better in a 3-4 because you're going to deal with more blockers, theoretically, right? It is. But like you said, it's it's something where he's not taking advantage of that at the college level. And what he does do on the college level is run and hit. And mm-hmm. and it's a guy that we're sideline to sideline. I want to just let this guy go run in space and and have his pathway to the ball carrier. And if he's taking on blocks, it's he's, he's kind of getting slowed down and having his his really greatest strength kind of removed for me because he's, he's not quite as, you know, strong at the point of attack. He's a little light at two twenty. You, you feel his two twenty eight. I guess there's some guys at two twenty five like Owen Popoli. I don't feel as much of his two twenty five on the field, mm-hmm. but this guy, I feel his two twenty five lightness in his build a little bit when he's, yeah. when he's dealing with stuff and I watching him, I thought coming away, I feel like maybe he's better four, three, Mike four, three will, as a guy that would be able to just kind of run around, use your speed, get free, get clear, don't have to worry about those blocks at all. Um, though he has long arms, it's just he didn't show enough of that up for me on tape from him to feel like you know he's going to do it. Yeah. But a very good overall player, Brendan. He can blitz, he can cover, and uh, he's he's pretty good as a run defender. Some inconsistent angles he took for me to the ball carry at times. This is, again, why I struggle with him having blocks because he'll get a blocker, and even if the blocker doesn't get to him, he ends up like rounding his route way around like this to get to the ball carrier out here, you know, rather than having a direct pathway, he doesn't want to take that block on. So it's like, he's going to roll around and take an extra four or five steps to get around the block, which I think is part of why you see his run defense grade with PFF struggle a little bit or a little bit, you know, depressed compared to what he is as a coverage guy, because there isn't as many of those kind of, I think, uh, flaw points showing up and that shows up quite a bit with him on tape with those routes to the ball carrier and not necessarily now that's where I keep coming back with him specifically going maybe four three is just the best place where it's just he doesn't want to take those blocks on he just wants to run run and hit that's what he wants to do mm-hmm. yeah I mean here's the thing if you get him in the fifth round and he ends up being a really good special teams player for you that's fine I think you're right about the your first point of him fourth round's fine even a yeah. fourth round, I'm I'm worried. I'm thinking he's a bet, but it doesn't mean he doesn't have some some scheme versatility. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's just a pure pure fit for a four three. I'm just saying that might be his best, like the Barton style thing, where it's like he can play in it, but will he be at his best in a four three? Maybe down the road, I, mm-hmm. I kind of think so, but I'm not sure on it with him. Okay. 
Uh, we'll keep it moving here, folks, with the next one up on this one. Um, Ivan Pace Jr. Wow, this is another one of those, one of the most interesting linebackers in this class for me, Brendan. One of the hardest deposit, hardest to figure out. Uh, it has some skill, no doubt about it. But what the hell is this guy? What the hell is he, Brendan? Yeah, this guy's like a really small version of Micah Parsons almost. That's kind of how I feel about him. Uh, <laughs> Mini me. Yeah. Uh, 22 years old, Bearcat. So he was part of a really good Bearcats defense a couple years ago with Sauce and Kobe and uh, that one safety. What, what was it? Kirby Joseph. They had uh, Darian Ryan Be- Cook. Brian Cook, Darian Beavers. Uh, the, the guy the Cardinals drafted last year, the, the edge end. rusher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, five foot ten and a half. So right away, we're not off to the best of starts here. No, it's a little dodgy. Yeah. Tw- 231 pounds. Okay. 30 and a quarter inch arms. And this is, therein lies the problem here. <laughs> it's a <laughs> because, problem. Yeah. Nine and a half inch hands. Few big boards have him in like the fourth. Some have him in the sixth or seventh. The aggregate has him as an early fifth round pick. Over the last two years, he has played in 26 games and accumulated 260 tackles, including 33 and a half for loss and 13 sacks. You will not find a more productive linebacker out there except for maybe Jack Campbell. The last two years, those two guys are one and two in some order in terms of most productive college linebacker. Um, he's a great athlete with explosive traits. He didn't do any of the drills at the combine, but I do believe he's an explosive athlete. Always finds his way to the football. I mean, he's averaging 10 tackles a game over the last two years. He's always going to be around the football. He was the play caller for the Cincinnati defense last year. Um, he's got a good mind for the game. He's got high football IQ. He's got great range. He's an expert blitzer in terms of, you know, the approach, the technique to it. And I think he's pretty good in coverage, zone and man. So there's a lot to like. However, how are his blitzing skills going to translate to the NFL when he's got T-Rex arms? That's going to be very, very hard for him to parlay. His arms are shorter than um, um, uh, Collegia Cansey's arms, as an example. And this is a guy who is trying to be an edge rusher, somebody who needs to win with his wingspan, somebody who needs to win with his hand counters somebody who needs to win with his punches and it's going to be hard. So he frequently overruns plays and misses tackles. Sometimes I think he's a little over aggressive. He gets washed out of the play by blockers with ease. He is somebody who will have good coverage and then give up the catch anyway, because he's so short as well. Like he'll be right there in coverage. He'll be like in position to make the play. And then, Oh, the tight ends eight inches taller than me. He's going to go up and get the ball. But, um, He's very unique, very intriguing, but man, you're going to have to come up with some kind of perfect storm on your defense to fit him in, in a way that is beneficial. So for me personally, I said fifth round pick for the upside. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can go higher than that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I have fourth round, but it is certainly with that final point that you put on it. There's a little bit of the asterisk on it where you don't just draft him to go, well, now he'll fit in. We'll put him in our defense and then he does what we want him to do in our defense. And then let's, we'll, we'll make him work within that. You draft this guy because you're going to take advantage of his skill set. If you want some fun tape folks, go watch the one-on-ones with, with uh, Ivan Pace at the senior bowl. 
with the running backs one-on-one. He was unblockable. There's cut-ups you can find online of him just devastating these guys, rep after rep after rep, and doing it in a variety of ways. Doing it with just dip and bend and hand as hand fighting and, and using all of that stuff. Um, you put a running back on him in the blitz. If you can get a defense set up to where he's blitzing and he's getting a running back coming to try to block him, he's going to whoop that guy. He had 55, Brendan, 55 off-ball pressures last season. 55 for a middle linebacker. That is absolutely obscene numbers from that position. Um, He has a little bit of a a ghost move, right? That ghost move where you can dip down a little bit, which is what helps him on some of the length stuff where tackles think and guards think that they've they've got their hands on him and they start to extend out and then he can just dip under it because he's just so low to the ground and how he's built and so quick to get past them. But you have to commit to blitzing this guy. You've got to commit to blitzing him as much as his high propensity of the time as any middle linebacker in the sport at that point, if you're bringing him in, if you're having him just brought in to do just traditional middle linebacker stuff and not find that role for him, he'll be misused. He will be out of place. And he, yeah. like you said, the washed out in the blocks and whatnot, the coverage stuff. I think you made a point there. That's also where that length shows up. I'm step for step with the guy. The ball's coming in. I'm going up against a receiver who's got 32, 33 inch long arms. He out extends over the top of me to get that ball that I'm just with my little T-Rex arms and my little fingers twisting in the wind, unable to get to. That's the part you you got to keep him out of those kind of positions. And you do so by blitzing him a hell of a lot of the time, Brendan. But I mean, outside of going to a Wink Martindale defense, Brendan, which maybe the Giants is the way that he goes here, right? Giants to me would be that. I think it's where Martindale is right now. Uh He's the guy who should be jumping all over this kid. But I don't know if he'll be as much a fit for us until we commit to really running our linebacker in that fashion at that level. Though I do have a little bit. Of, I, I have a fourth, fifth round grade on him too as far as where I see him standing as well. I might yeah. I might ding him down more fifth when it's all said and done because of that. Yeah, it's just hard for me to believe we'd find the right way to use him. It, it feels like a classic like just special teamer in Seattle kind of thing. Agreed. Agreed. He'd end up going the uh, the kid that we got out of Washington a couple of years ago was the same size, uh, you know, same sort of thing. You just would get stuck on the depth chart and you wouldn't really ever end up seeing him, you know, Ben Kerbin, you know, before yeah. he got injured. It would be just it'd be another Ben Burr Kerbin, basically, if you drafted pace. But if you take advantage of this kid, if you let him blitz and you let him go, he could be part of a dynamite defense. If you have that built within the structure of defense to do so, there's not been a kid like this that's come down the track that can blitz like this from the middle linebacker position in recent years. It's a very, very, he reminds me of Lofa Tatupu with that, Brendan. Lofa was great with blitzing, and this kid's just like Lofa was. Undersized guy that could still be dynamite as a blitzer with his quickness and the ability to have some moves with how he's doing it. He's not just blindly like some middle linebackers, Brendan, running into the hole on the blitz, right? He's doing, he's got a purpose to what he's doing. He can set up, he can uh, pitter-patter, give you a little bit of a juke move up in there. He can do an overhand and give you a swim move over the top. He's got some stuff in his bag when he does that, which was very impressive. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on down, and we're going to start to move through these line, middle linebackers a little quicker. Yeah, but... we've kind of run out of the interesting guys, I would put it like that. We absolutely have. So we're going to definitely just be be bopping through these guys. These are definitely flyer special teams guys at the end of the day for the most part. Uh, let's start out with uh, Ventrell Miller here, Brendan. Right, uh, Florida guy here. <clears throat> I think overall the thing with him is he has a good mind. It's like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, kind of. He's not a great athlete. He can be attacked by outside zone runs. Man coverage is going to be a problem for him. But um, he is pretty good in zone coverage. Um, he plays smart. I would say you can spend a sixth-round pick on him and get him for special teams and feel okay about that. 
Agreed. Um, f- fairly, fairly rangy, despite the fact not naturally, nat- naturally really quick and fast, um, but very sturdy guy out there. First guys like maybe a little like to- Toto and Simpson in the middle that are sometimes get a little bit pinballed around or pace like we just talked about. I thought he was a little more able at times in there to kind of hold up at the center of the action and sort of deal with the flow of the play a little bit, which would be beneficial to us if in the 3-4 defense, though he is another one of these little bit lighter guys, 220, 225. Right, isn't that about yeah, what he, he weighed in at, at two thirty two? That's not. Terrible. Oh, he got up to two thirty two. So there we go. That's good for him. Oh, he was listed at two twenty on their deal. So I agree with you. Six six round guy, um, fringe guy, fringe middle linebacker in this thing. There's not a lot of plus plus traits here, but overall solid guy down the line and what he gave you. Um, I didn't want get didn't zone drops were okay for me with him. He's sometimes yeah. good, sometimes bad. It was a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, we've got uh, Mike Jones Jr. Yeah, LSU, 24 years old. This guy's basically just a pure, like, pass-down linebacker. Like, he comes in in nickel packages only. He's good in coverage. He's a pretty good tackler. But he didn't really play that much at LSU. Like, over the last two years, he's played in 24 games, but he only has, like, 55 tackles. So he was very much a part-time player. Didn't make a lot of plays. Not a big playmaker or anything. Struggles in run defense. He gets in. He's indecisive. So to me, this is like somebody you pick in the seventh round or pick up in UDFA to be like a special teamer slash develop into a uh, passing down linebacker. Yeah, he seemed a little slow off the ball. The little bit of tape I could find on him, I wasn't able to find much on the guy, but he did appear to me to be a guy that was, he's willing to fight good hands and he'll keep his hands active and all. He'll stay with pretty good effort, but he just doesn't have the the quickness you need for a step. I mean, it's really slow. It's like Gervon Dexter kind of slow coming off that edge a little bit with him at times. And I think that'll probably limit him at the next level as a, as a player from what I saw um, with him. Um Mohammed, let's go to the next guy. Mohammed uh, Diabate. There's some fun names on this list, by the way. Oh, yeah. Another Pac-12 guy. And this one's only 21 years old, so there's some upside here that hasn't been unlocked yet, which is always notable to me. This might be the one guy in this group that I think has a little bit of upside. Um, he's good in man coverage. Uh, he's rangy, sideline to sideline. He tested out okay at the combine. Or, excuse me, he didn't do a combine. He did a pro day. He didn't get invited to the combine. He attacks running backs very aggressively. He's a pretty good athlete. He plays physically. He can blitz pretty well. He's accumulate. He had five sacks last year as a blitzer. Um, he does struggle with zone coverage. He's one of those guys that doesn't really understand depth and stuff. How to you know get back into his drops. His instincts are not yet great. He needs to learn how to shed blocks better. You're probably going to have to use him flexibly to succeed. Um, I might pick him in the fifth round because I think this guy, unlike a lot of these other guys, could develop into a starter. You're just going to have to bring him along the right way and coach him up. Yeah, I was I was definitely down on this guy. Um, he's to me more of he's like a middle linebacker who's best at being a pass rusher on the line of scrimmage. Um, <laughs> that was his best trait. Uh, So-so is a run defender. Um, outside, Yeah, I just didn't love his instincts outside of when he's rushing the passer. I watched a couple of different games, and to your point on the thing, he just got slaughtered in coverage and everything mm-hmm. that I watched. Absolutely slaughtered. Yeah. Um, I can't understand how much of a weakness that was in his game. Uh, yeah. He gets alive. He gets eaten alive at the second-level blocks. Um, he never seems to be moving in the right direction post-snap. I, I, I've got a guy in, in, in the sixth, seventh-round range. There's Twitch here. There's the 4-5-40. There's the 132 broad. There's explosion. Certainly there's that. 
but it's I'm not convinced that maybe his best position, Brendan, isn't just to put him on the line of scrimmage as an edge at the next level. Yeah, that could be true. The, my thing is he's only 21. If he was 24, I wouldn't I wouldn't probably wouldn't even notice him. But at 21, I'm like, okay, you could develop a little bit beyond this, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. And he look, he does have you know for a guy we're talking about fifth sixth round with the the metrics he's putting up and the testing scores and the you know physical profile you're getting is not normally what you're going to be getting here in the fifth sixth round from other guys. That's pretty sure. Uh, here's one guy that I like on the next list. That's my guy. Your guy was maybe Mohammed here of this deep list. Here's my guy um, on this deep list of, of guys I watch, which is his name is Servassier Dennis. Yeah. Uh, another Pittsburgh, a lot of uh, Pittsburgh defenders in the draft this year, it seems like um, yeah. a couple of edge guys as well. There's obviously can see uh, 23 years old, six feet, half an inch, uh, 226 pounds. Um, the, the main strengths I noticed with him where he seems like he's a smart player, high IQ, plays hard and fast. Um, he makes a lot of plays in the backfield. Over the last two years, he has 22 tackles for loss and 11 sacks. So he's always in the backfield. Great range, good athlete. He's going to do stuff on special teams at the bare minimum. Now, I don't think he's very good in coverage. He's not good when he has to take on a blocker. He needs to learn how to shed better, which he can because he does have kind of long arms, almost 33 inches. Um, he does need to get stronger, I think, a little stronger and bigger. I don't know how well he's going to fit in a 3-4 defense personally, but um, there is appealing stuff here for sure. I said worth a pick in the sixth for us. And I go a little bit higher on him late fourth, fifth round, um, but this is a little bit of the marker you have to put on the top of him, what you put on with pace, in that this is more about finding this guy into a role in the defense than it is about fitting him into your defense. He's at his best blitzing. A lot of his sacks came from a spy role where he disengages off the spy, determines the quarterback's not running, and then gets back there and makes the sack. So he's got a lot of suddenness from when he turns, when he decides I'm pulling the trigger and going on the play to getting and arriving there. There's just, just it's a quick happens in a snap. I thought his suddenness really stood out. Part of why he has those tackle for loss numbers. The rub with him, Brendan, is you've got to keep him around the line of scrimmage. This is even different than pace. It's just he has to be coming forward and down by the line of scrimmage post-snap. The more you have him dropping back into space to depth to gain the second-level blocks on him, the worse. So this is a little bit of that transition we talked about at the top of the show with these linebackers and where they're moving to. Here's a guy that's a key example of that, of get him around the box, get him coming forward in attack mode, have him hitting a gap pre-snap, and if you fit that role for him, he could be, I think, a useful player for you at the NFL level. If you're just asking him to do traditional middle linebacker things, 3-4 defense or 4-3 defense, well, then, like you said, he's just going to be a special teamer. But maybe like Popoe can carve a little bit of a rollout somehow if you can get him more into a new breed of style of defensive attack mode, attack mode, attack mode, as opposed to read and react that mm -hmm. you used to do for the middle linebacker position. I got So I got a fifth round on him. Uh, let's keep it going here. D Winters, another good blitzing middle linebacker here. Yep. TCU, 22 years old, 5'11, a little bit on the short side, 227 pounds. Um, he's he started out as a safety at TCU, I believe, and he's got coverage skills from that. That's a big positive. He's very flexible with where he's aligned, where he's used. He's lined up on the you know edge sometimes. He lines up as a safety sometimes. Pretty good athlete. In 2022, he was phenomenal shooting gaps. He averaged a tackle for loss a game and a half a sack a game, which is pretty, pretty notable for a linebacker. Uh, he can play zone. He can play man. He's a good tackler. I, um, the main issue with him, another one of these guys who just is not very good against the run. He's not going to be very good shedding blocks. 
he struck me as a little indecisive when he was trying to diagnose run plays and go make the play against the running back, things like that. Um, I think that his calling in the NFL is as a weak side linebacker in a four, three, but um, there is some appealing skill set here to where I might take him in the sixth, maybe even the fifth. Yeah, I do like him quite a bit as a player, probably fifth round guy for me where I would stand with him because I do think he has a, a couple different skills he can bring to play. Um, the run stuff is still there, 31 and 5 eighths in charm. So there is a little bit of worry about arm length with him here, um, you know, down long term in that respect, as far as the tackling goes straight on, then he doesn't take the block straight on as well. Uh, I did like how he dropped in zone, read the quarterback size, gets to the right spot, takes away the first quarterback read oftentimes by just dropping in his spot drops to the right place and just being really um, smart in in where he's reading the quarterback's eyes and the pre-snap, obviously, and what he's what he's seeing from that. Um, great speed, suddenness all over the field. The 4-4-9, the 1-5-6, 10-yard split shows up. Hard to find those metrics from middle linebackers, uh, but there are some holes over the field. He flies all over the field, sometimes a little out of control, sometimes and not always on point in the run game. But uh, I think you're you're maybe on point with that as a weak side weak side guy in a 4-3 or mm-hmm. even just a middle in a 4-3 at 5-11, 227. That'd be another guy that maybe just better suited in that kind of defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next up we've got Mikkel Jones. Yep, uh, Syracuse here, 230 pounds. Um, probably a fringe seventh round guy might go drafted, might go undrafted has accumulated about uh, 190 tackles over the last two years, including 19 for loss. So he makes a lot of plays in the backfield. He's got good play speed, um, strong enough to take on blockers despite being kind of undersized. I was kind of surprised by how well he dealt with that has good range and instincts in stopping the run. He's smart in zone. Um, but he's not fast enough for man coverage. Doesn't really bring much as a uh, pass rusher, I think, even though he did have a little bit of success at it in college. And generally speaking, I just think he's kind of inconsistent. There might be a path to him becoming a starter in this league, but it's going to be a long path. So I would take him in like the seventh round as a special teamer, and that's about it. Yeah, I have, I have a seventh rounder here as well. Another undersized middle linebacker that's really good at pass rushing at the forefront of their game kind of as a blitzer. Like, that's just another guy. Here we go. Um, not fast, not quick, not twitchy, not supremely athletic. To me, just a guy on that point. Yeah. You know, I, I right. can't really expand past that. That's just is what it is with it on the tape when you watch him. Uh, how about uh, Cam Jones? Yeah, this is the last linebacker I looked Our at. last linebacker. Is- Yeah, and this is kind of my super sleeper here because this guy may have been poised for a big coming out party in 2022, and then he broke his foot. Like, he had started the season really well. He had shown improvement. He was making more plays, doing stuff in the backfield, looked like a better player, and then he broke his foot. So maybe there's, like, a super sleeper here where he would have been, like, a fourth-round pick. But because he broke his foot, he's going to go undrafted. So, I mean, I still wouldn't say anything over the top, but he's got a nice, powerful frame. He was a team leader, plus character guy. He moves pretty well on the field. Uh, he's he seems like a smart player to me. He's a hard hitter. Main issues are that he gets swallowed up by blockers a little too easily. He didn't test all that well either at the Combine. Um, I don't, the, the main problem is I don't know how much he's going to add as a blitzer or a cover linebacker. Seems to me to be kind of a run-stopping linebacker. But if he's there in the sixth round, I honestly would not mind it because I think there is upside that we haven't seen yet. 
Yeah, I've got him at uh, you know, six foot, six foot and a half, two twenty-seven. He's a really undersized guy again. This draft, I, I just didn't like this guy much as well. Looking over his tape, um, he's he's a run defending middle linebacker. Basically, is his tried and true kind of ability. He lays a good thump. He can blitz a little bit. Um, I didn't like him in coverage. I think he's ranked five twenty-four out of seven hundred forty-seven linebackers in college last year, and I thought that that did show on the tape that I watched it from him last year, even in the before the broken foot. Um, he's got a, he, he drops good to a zone spot, but really outside of the flat routes for the running backs and hitting those kind of routes where it's short and easy and he can just go attack it. He's not as good on anything that's going to be more into the, the middle of the field than dropping with depth and recognizing the stuff in coverage. So I just thought lacking size, lacking speed, four six one forty on a six foot frame, uh, already undersized. You're going to be that size, 225. You got to be Popoe. You got to be Henley, Brendan. You know, if you're going to be any, have any chance of success in this league. And then you add in 31 and one fourth inch long arms. I don't know. There's not a lot here that goes together to me. It doesn't make him anything more than to be a seventh round pick. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps us up uh, as far as the middle linebackers. You sure you still want to go fully deep here on our edges? I mean, that, that it's going to be interesting, right? Because this is such a good edge crop. Um, if we don't do them tonight, we're going to have to probably do an additional show. We might have to do like a week where we do three shows or something. I agree. I agree. I'm down to go if you want, but it's, we're definitely going another hour and a half if we hit these in. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. All right. Let's, we're going to keep rolling then folks. So we're going to bounce over here quickly now to the, the very deep class that I think this is as deep a class as we've got from a positional group, maybe corners, maybe running backs edges in the conversation. And uh, the Seattle Seahawks are going to come up here with two guys that are potentially in a contract here. So edge is certainly on the table and the guy to lead out the gate, the guy that I think would be a guy that gets as much of anybody as excited in this draft as anyone, Brendan would be one Mr. Will Anderson. Yep. Um, this may be, this is my number one player in the draft right now. Ooh. Him and Jalen Carter are one and two, but Will Anderson is my number one, 21 years old. Six foot three and a half, 253 pounds, almost 34 inch arms. Only did his 40 yard, uh, the 40 yard dash at the combine, four six, one six, one ten yard split, which I mean, that's fine. It's not groundbreaking. It's not Von Miller, but it's very, very adequate. He is in the top three of every big board that I saw. Um, he had, let's see here, 2021. 15 games, he had 31 tackles for loss and 17 and a half sacks. Lit the world on fire. 2022, he kind of eased off the gas a little bit because I think that he knew. He knew he was already going to be a top five pick and he didn't need to put himself at risk by having the greatest season ever for an Alabama team that was maybe the worst Alabama team in some time, I would say, honestly, right? Yeah, that's accurate. Um. 17 tackles for loss and 10 sacks. So he was taking it easy and he still gave you 10 sacks in 13 games. Um, let's see here. So what I wrote about him, he's strong. Like, like the way he attacks run defense is kind of unusual. He'll just throw himself into the blocking scheme and just blow it up. He'll just throw himself into the blockers and just ruin the whole play. Like, like he's a nose tackle almost. Uh, he's excellent on twists and stunts. When Alabama ran those things with him, he was great at it. He had a he has a very rare combo of power and quickness. He aligned all over the place on that Bama defense, although I think in the NFL he'll mostly just be an edge. Hmm. Um, he gave like that 2021 season speaks for itself. He's very explosive off the snap, plus character guy. You're not going to have the same Jalen Carter fear with him. That's 
one of the reasons why I do think he's a little bit better than Carter. Um, mostly the thing to say about him is right now he's winning with his strength and physicality alone. Right now he's just dominating offensive linemen because he's such a beast. He is going to have to add some pass rush moves. He's going to have to learn how to win other ways in the NFL. And that's going to be what he needs to do in order to become a truly all pro level pass rusher. Um, he doesn't have the elite bend of like a Von Miller. I, I always say this, you know, when you look at Will Anderson, you're not going to see Von Miller. You're going to see a little more Khalil Mack, somebody who uses his strength more. Mm. But he's so good against the run. He should be really good as a rookie just because of that. He's going to at least it's going to be like Mafe was last year, right? Mafe was really good against the run, didn't add much as a pass rusher, but you still got stuff out of him. And then over the next couple of years, he's going to develop all pro level edge impact on both facets, single handedly transform a defense. So he's my number one guy. Yeah, uh, I would say and he's, he's my number two, but he certainly is right there uh, neck and neck with Jalen Carter. Um, and I think as you touched on, it's the he's not Derek Thomas. He's not Von Miller. He's a different type of prospect. Of course, my player comp has been Charles Haley. Uh, the production's undeniable. 27 and a half sacks in the last two years out of the SEC is phenomenal. And uh, he does win in the ways you talk about. He's got a little bit of, from my estimation, watching him on tape, there is a bit of usage on the hands. He is able to, he's got a particular move in particular where he stay, will stab first the, the lineman, then get his underhooks in under the lineman, lift their hands up and kind of then displace his hips around that lineman to then get to get a sack. He had a couple of those sacks that was kind of by that method, but he doesn't have a ton in his bag to, to your point on that, that he goes to. Uh, nonetheless, the production's undeniable. His dominance is undeniable. I think to put on top of what you said a little bit about the fact that maybe he put it in cruise control this year, there's also a lot of, and you saw this with both with Carter and Anderson, about the questions this year and their production maybe going a little bit not as strong. Teams are running away from these guys. Okay. Teams are avoiding these guys. Teams are double teaming these guys at a, at a supremely high rate, and that is going to affect production. So it doesn't dissuade me in the least with Anderson off this last year. I never really bought into the generational talent thing, but I think you saying an all-pro upside to him and a, and a likely one to hit is uh, where I see as far as my outlook of him as well. Who do you think was a better prospect, uh, Will Anderson Jr. or Jadavion Clowney? Um, Jadavion Clowney was the uh, was the better prospect the, the problem with Jadavian Clowney is that he he tore his freaking foot on the sprinkler in the first point walking, basically his first training camp walking in the door with Eric Houston. That's mm -hmm. what that's what disabled him essentially to the point where he couldn't bit, bend and dip anymore. He couldn't train like a maybe, you know, it's like the girly thing. It's like you get your knee, your knee into that point, then at that point it's just done. So it got toasted out. But if you had if you had Clowney coming out pure raw where he wasn't having that injury, we would have seen a much, I think, different clowny in this league, in my opinion. Yeah. What about Miles Garrett? Would you take Garrett over him? I would take Garrett over him. Better prospect. Alden Smith. Uh, I would take him over Alden. Alden was a little bit rougher coming out. There wasn't as much certainty coming out of uh, yeah. Missouri, I think, is where he came out of. Yeah, so maybe in a stronger draft, Will Anderson wouldn't go number one overall, but he, he would be top five, I think, in pretty much any class. Yeah. I mean, with Miles Garrett, you're talking about kind of a – once in a seven year draft guy. I don't know about generation with him, but he's like one well, you ain't getting many of those, you know, with that guy or a Bosa guy in that place. There he's not to that spot necessarily, I don't think, but he's not far away. He's right there pretty close. It's just I think a Garrett, he's so freakish, man. Just he's size speed combinations ridiculous on that guy. Right. 
All right, let's get to the uh, next one. Here we got Tyree Wilson, a guy that I think is probably Brennan. If we were to take uh, if we were to take most mocks and who were most outside of Carter, of course, uh, aligned to, I think Tyree Wilson is the guy that's probably the name that I see come up the most. Well, this is going to be kind of an important part of the show too. We need to figure out who's actually an edge, right? Because mm-hmm. some of these guys they are they say they're an edge on their positional chart. They want to be an edge. I don't know if they're going to be an edge. And this is a great example because I, uh, Tyree Wilson, um, I like him a lot. I still do. I think a lot of people are falling off his wagon. I, I will say taking a 23-year-old in the top five, not always fun. You want to be getting these 21-year-olds that have higher ceilings in the top five a lot. That's uh, not the case with this guy. Uh, 6'6", 271 pounds, 35 and 5 eighth inch arms. So very long arms. Uh, 20, the only thing he did at the combine was his bench press, 23 reps in the top 10 of every professional big board, number six on the aggregate last two seasons combined, 23 games, hundred tackles, 27 and a half for loss, 14 sacks. Um, the thing is when I see Tyree Wilson play, I don't think Von Miller or Khalil Mack or Derek Thomas or any of those guys. I think JJ Watt and I hope that when he gets to the NFL, that's going to be the role he tries to occupy. He's going to try to be a J.J. Watt. He's going to play on the interior. He's going to be a either a three-tech in a 4-3 or a defensive end in a 3-4. I think that he's better playing inside. He's an excellent block shedder. He's somebody who's going to be able to be very disruptive from the interior. He's got a deadly bull rush. He just plows through offensive linemen. Massive knockback on them. And he's a good enough athlete to chase down plays from the backside. He's good on stunts. But you look at the things that hold him back and why I don't view him as a real edge. He doesn't. There are like some plays where you watch everybody's hand in the dirt and then the ball gets snapped. His hand is the last hand out of the dirt by far sometimes. Doesn't have great burst off the snap. Doesn't have bend. Um, I think he'll be much more effective inside in the NFL. Um, he does struggle a little bit with leverage because he's 6'6". But um, yeah, if if this guy's willing to play inside, if we're going to play him inside in that J.J. Watt type role, then I'll take him at five and be okay with it. If we're trying to play him at edge, I don't see the upside. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about him being able to do edge. And I think, Brendan, if he's going to be able to play edge, it's going to have to come from a place of him doing what he did in college, which is hard to predict on this, which is just envelop tackles with that length and that power and that size. You know, you can get away with that at college. Can you get away with that as much at the pro level? And I'm not as certain with him that he will be able to, to your point on needing to at least have him with some inside outside stuff, maybe that he's doing. So, you know, the, the, the slowness off the line, off the edge, wide nine technique, that, that all, that all technique is even three, four, even is allowed to get the quickness guys really into their quickness, really to get them up, to get going. And he's not going to have that, that he can kind of lean back on. Um, I've really struggled with him in general and, and where my part and where I found, I, I I'll be fine if we end up taking him at five, but I, I really think there's other players down the board here and a, a couple of other guys, not just at the, at the line position or the edge that would be more exciting to me as players, because you're just, there's no certainty here with five and taking him. And he is still kind of, despite that age you talked about, right, Brandon, he's still got some work to do as far as refinement goes. This ain't a refined pass rusher. They ain't got a lot of, moves in his bag either you know he's still got a lot more development in that to go right right but i mean again i think he would be fantastic as a three four end i i do i think he would be great in that role i think his strength and his block shedding would be deadly there 
his his bull rush like he doesn't have a lot of pass rush moves like you said but his bull rush is really good like like he would definitely be one of the more boring picks at five but i would be okay with it i don't think it would make me upset i would just be like okay we did all right i'm not going to complain about it i'll say that it's just it's it's you just go boy there would be other there'd be more sizzle i think with some other selections but i think he'll be fine he, he'll be a useful player for you whether he hits the top side or not in that three four rolls and end i think he'll at least give you something there so I'm I'm good with that at that point. If they do do it, it would be a okay. You know, it's it's not an exciting pick, but it's fine. It's not one you hate. It's not a reach. It's appropriate value. If we don't take him there, Brendan, he's likely to go in the top ten somewhere. Elsewhere. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that he will go in the top ten. Yeah. So um, I like it, man. I just can't. I'm trying to get on board with him, Brendan. I'm keep. I go back to his tape, and I keep looking for that tape. It's just going to get me fully signed up with the guy, you know. And I just can't quite. I can't quite land on it, you know. I just, yeah, I, I, I mean, right he's here. more of like a meat and potatoes, just super strength guy. But like I said, I, I don't know if he'll be as good as J.J. Watt, but I think that's the kind of player you need to look at him as, not somebody who has crazy bend off the edge. Yeah, no, there is no bend. There is no dip with him. That's that's to be certain. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Sorry, one sec here. Let's look at my list here. So our next guy up on the list here is going to be Miles Murphy, kind of a dropper this draft season mm-hmm. a little bit and where he stood where are we at with miles all right i got 21 years old 6'5, 268 pounds 33 and three quarters inch arms nice long arms only eight and a half inch hands though he's got the alex smith hands i don't know if we really care about that but for whatever it's worth those are some small hands those are tiny those are baby yep. hands yep uh 25 bench press reps that's all he did at the combine yeah, the big boards, the aggregate has him at 17 right now. So he should be right around our pick at 20. So I think that's the question at this point. I think taking him at five is off the table. There was a time when a lot of people had Murphy going in that top eight. That time seems to have passed. I think now the question is to be or not to be at 20. Uh, the last two seasons, 23 total games, 80 tackles. He was a little bit better in 2021 than 2022, actually. He was one of those guys on the Clemson defense that slipped a little bit this most recent season. Uh, Still six and a half sacks last year, though. Not bad. Um, He's got a nice combination of speed and power. Should be a pretty diverse weapon against the run and the pass. He's pretty explosive off the snap. Some people have compared him to like Chandler Jones in that regard. Good with his hands. He's got a variety of moves and counters in his skill set. Should be workable in a 4-3 or a 3-4 plus character. So still a lot to like. Um, sometimes he kind of does the Jadavion Clowney thing where he doesn't finish the play. He like starts the play. He disrupts the play. He does good work and then he doesn't finish it. He doesn't have elite bend. Like he, his bend is not bad, but he doesn't have like the superstar bend. And I do think he'll be a slightly better fit in a 4-3 as just like a, you know, hand in the dirt edge. But Strong um, side. Yeah. So... He's a great prospect, but he's not an elite prospect in any area. I don't look at anything with him. Although I will say this, he had an awesome pro day. I'm not really trusting those numbers. They're pro day numbers, you know? Yeah. Um, So I don't think he gets to 20, but that's where I would hope to get him. And if he's there, I'm, I'm all over it. I'm as well. Big, strong, explosive, and long. Good things to have. I think he's kind of a little bit of a, a from a from a build standpoint and how you want to put together for these modern three four defensive ends. Um, he's kind of got that size. I think that you look for in the in these defenses. You know, with the length and everything he brings to as as far as the build goes. 
Um, I love him when he's one gapping at his best. So fitting into this defense and just going to that gap, attack that gap, get uphill, get upfield. Like you say, just kind of wreck the play. Even if you're not going back there to make the play, you're wrecking the play, you're attacking. Um, you want this guy a little bit more in attack mode to me than you want him as a, a two gapper that's sitting there kind of trying to hold up the point of attack and read the flow of things. Yeah, that's that's you're not going to get the most out of him. I think if you try to set him up in that position, um, I could see him do a little four three stuff, but I do I do see him as being a really good fit in three four because of that just the size works and the one gapping skill within the size markers that you get here really work for me. Um, there's some other three four guys um, that that have weirder size dimensions like we ran with Puna last year, for instance, with what he was out there that just aren't that's not a, that doesn't work. That's not what you're really looking for out there um, in the combination of things. So you know he's I. I I was hoping this year he'd step forward to your point off the 21 tape, which is really good and become that game wrecker and take a step forward. He really didn't, but you are getting a, a you're getting a first round player here. He's legitimate in that respect to things. And I think you're right. I don't want to go earlier than 20, but at 20, I think that that there's, there's good value there for him at that point. By the way, at his pro day, he ran a four, five, one forty, <laughs> only a one, five, nine split though. Kind of, kind of a lackluster split given that 40, and his three cone was seven two two, which is also quite good. But they're pro day numbers. True, um, it is good with two sixty eight at that ten nine at that one five nine split though. I'll tell you because he's carrying two two sixty eight, so almost two hundred seventy eight pounds to pull that off. Um, that is pretty impressive for that, and he is going to be a first round guy, no doubt about it. You just you, you wanted that extra step. All the Clemson guys got this rolling with them right now. They just didn't take that extra step this year, really. Uh, the lot of them, a bit, but. Uh, I do like him, man, and I'll take him at 20. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Lucas Van Ness. Oh, boy. All right. Lucas Van Ness. Actually, hold on one sec. Let me get a – we got a donation here. I've been oh, okay. late on this one. Fat Daddy Stacks, thank you for the $5 donation, brother. Appreciate you, and hope you're having a good night tonight. It says, picking a linebacker is like buying a car in the late 90s. Has all the extras you want, but has a cassette deck and no adjustable windshield wipers. <laughs> I remember cars that had the uh, cassette deck in it. I remember that. I do as well. Oh, there's nothing worse back then. The only got was the radio when the cassette decks were like, it's like CD players when they were starting to get normal in every car. And then they, you know, you just have just the radio and like, what the hell? I got nothing I can feed this. I guess just the radio. This was before the iPod days and all that. So, yeah. you know, you just had the radio, but uh, that's a great metaphor, Fat Daddy Stacks. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> I like I, it. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for the donut, brother. Appreciate you. Sorry, a little slow on the uh, acknowledgement. No right. mm -hmm. Okay, so Lucas Van Ness, the hockey player. He was a hockey player until pretty recently. Uh, let's see, 22 years old. Um, this is another kind of guy, like, uh, is he an edge or is he not? 6'5", 272 pounds, 34-inch arms, nice and long, 11-inch hands, big hands. Uh, 4'5", which is reasonable for his size, but only a 1'6", 4'10", split. Uh, 31 inch vert, nine foot, 10 inch broad, 17 bench press reps, 7.023 cone. Uh, every big board has him going in the first, but some have him going in like the top 15. Others have him going barely in the first. The aggregate says 16. Um, over the last two seasons, he's played in 26 games, zero starts, by the way, zero starts has never started a game in college. Always came off the bench. Fun fact. <laughs> hmm. Weird. Uh, 70 tackles. Uh, 19 tackles for loss, 13 sacks. So Van Ness, I believe he was originally playing as an interior rusher and then moved to edge last year. 
So he has experience in both. He's extremely strong pushing through blockers. He, he does have good strength to him. Deadly on the bull rush. Pretty good burst. Pretty good flexibility. Gives high effort. But at the end of the day, you're like, he's never started a game at the college level. I think he struggles with the mental aspect of the game, processing plays and understanding where to go and thinking ahead. Doesn't have that many pass rush moves and he's kind of raw. So I don't know. When I see Lucas Van Ness, I kind of see like maybe Michael Bennett. And I I don't see how that works in this defense. So maybe there's some room for success for Lucas Van Ness in the NFL. I'm not a big fan. But I feel like it's going to be like as a five tech that gets to move inside on passing downs. I could certainly see that. I, I share your hesitancy with thinking that necessarily he's going to be able to work on the outside. Uh, the, the you know you, the three markers on an edge rusher I look for: first step, quickness, dip, and bend. And he's missing all three of those. Um, you know that's that's troublesome. Now he can stack and shed as well as any edge defender in this draft, Brendan, and there's none, none better in that respect. So setting the edge from the edge, he'll be fantastic at that. As a run defender, I think if you have him on the edge, he'll be great with that. But I think a lot of this comes back into a little bit like Tyree Wilson, where you're going to have to commit to moving a little bit of the inside to get the most out of him, especially in our defense with the 3-4 defense to make that happen. And I don't know how effective he'll be at that. To me, he's just a, a real high effort um, rally to the ball kind of player, you know, well, he'll get down 20 yards down the field and he'll go make the help, make the tackle. He'll be around the ball. He'll, he'll hustle. He'll do all the things you, our defense loves guys to do, but there's just none of that suddenness or early quick wins or what you really would like when you're talking about getting a guy in the first round, you take him 16th overall and he can't win early. He's got to have a coverage sack to get his sacks. I don't know how much value is in that. Um, I struggle with it, but I've also, yeah. my comp is Howie Long without the dip and bend. That's my, that's my play. Oh, that's a, that's a deep reach. That's a deep reach. I'm going deep on that one. That's no doubt about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. When I see Tyree Wilson, I see him being able to be a three, four end all day. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I'm not worried about it. But with Van Ness, I don't know. I see more like five tech who slides inside sometimes. I can see it too. Or a three tech in a four, three, if he goes to a four, three defense. I mean, I've been yeah. thinking like to me that the lions to me are the team that just seems like a good fit for Van Ness. You bring him out there as you've got Hutchinson, one side Ness to the other. Mm -hmm. um, that'd be a hockey good town anyway, hockey town anyway. It just kind of all comes together. You know, that, that seems like the one that would fit to me, but I, I guess I would begrudge. I would not be happy at 20 with him. I'm not He's there at 37. The value is good, but I still don't know. Like, what does he do in a three, four defense? I don't know how we make it work. I still wouldn't. I would think if they're drafting him at 37, it's thinking that he's going to be able to play three, four end for you, that he's going to give you some snaps from that spot. It's no guarantees, but I would think they're not just drafting him to be an edge. Okay. We're, we're, we're sending him to the cheesecake factory a few times to put on like 15 pounds. And then maybe he can do it admittedly. Like that's very possible. Be a monster in there, yeah. Just give him some of that HGH, man. Just give him a little get, get that head, that melon big, and let's go. All right, let's uh let's go to the next one here. So we're both agreement. Early second round is where we feel okay value, but first would be a little bit early. Is that fair? Yeah, I think somebody takes him in the first, though. I agree. I do agree. It does it does end up going, but I just don't want to be that team. Just not us. Uh let's go with the next guy here, a guy that blew up the combine as well. Uh Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Edge. Okay, Nolan Smith of Georgia, 22 years old, 6'2", 238 pounds, 32 and 5 eighth inch arms, had a monster combine, 4'3", 9'40", 1'5", 2'10", split, 41 and a half inch vert, which was higher than Anthony Richardson's, by the way, 10 foot 8 inch broad, 
every big board now has him in the first. His aggregate spot is actually 18 as of right now, I believe. So he has rocketed up the boards, even though over the last two years, he's played in 20 games and has a grand total of seven and a half sacks. So he's in that Georgia defense where it's really hard to put up big numbers is Mm. the thing to understand. You're not going to put up monster numbers in that Georgia defense. You got to watch the tape to see what makes these guys tick. Um, You do. Yeah. Incredible athlete, locker room leader for the Bulldogs. Even, you know, you know, you had guys like Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo on that defense. So many great players. He was really one of their locker room leaders, which I think is notable because he was not their best player. Um, He plays with intensity and ferocity. That's one thing I kept coming back to. Um, The few times Georgia had him in zone drops, he actually looked pretty good in them. So if you're thinking about him as a 3-4 end that needs to occasionally zone drop, okay. He's strong enough to be really good against the run, even though he's undersized. Um, He's got a very explosive first step. He's skilled with his punches. He's got pretty good bend. Really nice pass rusher prospect. But he's going to need some time in the oven, kind of like Boye Mafe did for us last year. His block shedding could get better, even though I do think the strength is there. Um, His arms are not super long. They're okay. So block shedding is not ideal. And I think he does need to get a little bit better with his hands when he gets engaged with these linemen. So I think he's a great fit for our defense. I think he's going to develop into being an every down player. It's just going to take a little bit of time. If we could get him at 20, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I definitely still struggle to go first round with him because I do feel like so much of where his value is being driven here is coming from this post combine deal. And it would feel a little bit of the Mike Mamula situation going on with him where, you know, is he being pushed a whole round higher because of that combine performance? And I don't mind if you're talking about going from a third to a second or a fourth to a third, Brennan. But if you're talking about a combine performance, driving a guy from second to first round, that's where I get a little hesitancy because now we're, we're, we're leaving the tape a little bit. Um, he's been playing since a freshman there. You know, I mean, he played, he got heavy snaps since the freshman, four solid years of playing there, only 11 and a half sacks in total. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of time there for you to flash at some point as a pass rusher, if that was who you had, even in your scheme, your whole point about the, the scheme specific, specific thing with Georgia and how they kind of depress their rushers in that way is valid 100%, but there still just isn't that as a pass rusher. Now, He's surprising because he's 238 pounds, but he gives you the best edge run defender in this entire draft. That's the weird part with him is that, like you said, with the tenacity and just the will to do it, he gets it done over guys that weigh 265, 270 in this draft. It's kind of odd, strange, you know, but he does get that done. He would be a fit for what we want to do. I do like his skill set. I don't see as much of the high upside on him as a pass rusher. To, to think that he's going to be necessarily a plus run defender and a plus pass rusher in addition to it. He might become that. Yeah. But I think that with the maybe that's applied to that, for me, that's more of a second round grade. And my player comp for him, of course, is one that's been passed around quite mightily. And that would be Hassan Redick. Yeah, I, I feel like he is going to develop because he's such a plus character and high effort guy. I feel like he will develop into being that good pass rusher. It's just going to take a little bit of time. So I, I'm willing to live with that, though. I'm okay with him at 20, personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to curse it out. I just would definitely think there's going to be other guys on the board at that point that would be of a better value to us in that spot for me. Yeah. So would you I, rather I have would... Smith or Van Ness? Well, neither guy is, for me, a first-round guy at 20. So it, that's yeah. the problem for me is that I don't feel good about either of those two picks because I'd rather go in other directions than those two guys at if 20. If they're both there at 37. Yeah, and I'm fine with them there. Definitely yeah, but probably. which one would you prefer if they're both there? Nolan Smith. Mm-hmm. I think I think I agree. 
I think I agree. Yeah. I, I think I, he's I, a much better fit. Much better fit. That's really what it'd be more as much anything. It's just he's the better fit. Um, mm-hmm. hey. <laughs> Uh-oh. She's getting ready to attack the other cat. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, Van Ness, I'm not sold on what he's going to be with us. Like you said, do we get him to 3-4? Could he stand up? It, yeah, where's the fit? This guy's got yeah. the fit. He could stand up. He can certainly handle and, and you know, round out to a guy like his low end is probably like a lesser Achenna. Um on his low end. So he gives you some floor to him at that point, at least in the second round, which you don't have, I think with Van Ness. Um, let's get on to the next one here. We've got uh, another interesting guy here. Is he an edge? Is he inside? Is he outside? Brennan? What is he? That's Mr. Keon white of Georgia tech. Keon white. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I was a little confused about that as well. I was trying to put it together here. Georgia tech, uh, 24 years old. 6'5", 285 pounds. Um, good luck playing 3-4 outside linebacker at 285. That's a <laughs> lot to ask. 34-inch arms, pretty nice. Uh, didn't do a lot at the combine, but he did bench press 30 reps, respectable. 9-foot, uh, 9-inch broad, 34-inch vert. Um, most of the big boards have him in the second round. The aggregate has him in the latish part of the second round. He only had one year of production at Georgia Tech really 54 tackles 14 for loss seven and a half sacks he's a phenomenal athlete for a guy who's 285 pounds there's no doubt about that he showed the ability to play inside and outside at Georgia Tech standing up or hand in the dirt I think he's going to be a very versatile player that should fit most defenses at least somewhat he's very powerful as a player his hands are powerful he comes in with a lot of power converts speed to power well Always giving maximum effort, has good impact against run plays and pass plays because he's a good mix of power and explosiveness. Um, for a guy who's 24 years old, he's more raw than I would like. Um, he, he doesn't have the refinement that I would want to see from a 24-year-old. Um, he's kind of relatively new to the position. I think he was playing offense at first, if I recall correctly. Hmm. Um, he's going to have to work on things like timing and, and understanding leverage. He loses the leverage battle a lot. Not great at shedding blockers, although that'll probably come with time because he's got long arms. He doesn't have any genuine pass rush moves yet. This is another guy who I look at and I go, this is like a Michael Bennett, five tech that slides inside. And in a three, four, he would probably have to be inside full time. So I like the player reasonably, but I don't know if I like him for us unless he slips to like the third round and the value is undeniable. Yeah, I'd actually be kind of open with the late second round pick on Keon White. Uh, what stands out to me is the Georgia Tech team utilized him mainly on the outside, even though he could do the inside stuff, because that's where they need him to be. And I, mm-hmm. I read that the coaches looked at it in retrospect and said, boy, if we could have gone back and done this from the start, we would have just put him at three tech from this jump. We would have been inside from the jump, and then we would have a better, firmer idea about this guy and what he could do on the inside. But that seems to be where his upside's at. That's where his best play um, is at 20% pressure rate in his final year. You spoke about the fact that he's equally, and I agree with this, a good run defender and good against the pass. He, mm-hmm. He's not a guy giving you that negative there. He gives you plus and plus. He's got a long arm bull rush where he's, that shows that strength off to where he can walk a lineman back with that one arm and just push him back in the backfield. He's got an interesting spin move to me, Brendan. It's not like Dwight Freeney where Freeney would 
you know, explosively spin off you. Mm-hmm. He takes you and spins you like you're in a washing machine where he's spinning you physically off of him in the way that he does the spin move, which is very unique to him. Mm-hmm. Shows off that that size, explosion, power that he has to his game. Um, I, I do think inside is where he goes. I do like his upside quite a bit. He's not that far away to me a little bit as a prospect from where you see with Miles Murphy. The thing with Murphy, you have a younger player, maybe and you have a little bit more of the weight that the upside's there a little bit higher with Murphy, but this kid, I don't know that he's that far away necessarily in, in, in the ability that he brings and where those guys will end up measuring out to as their final kind of mold. I see him as my comp, a Stefan to it, a longtime defensive lineman for the Steelers with my comp for him. Yeah. I, I just, he's 24 years old or he's going to be 24 years old when the season starts. That really gives me pause. I'm starting to really learn to be wary of the older prospects that by the way, are kind of raw. Like Keon white has work to do. He needs to add, I think he needs to add some actual pass rush moves beyond what he has. Um, his refinement, I think could use some work because he really only has the one full year playing, uh, the way that he was playing in Georgia tech's defense, I think. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I said like third round, I'd be okay with it, but I wasn't really seeing the fit. I understand. I feel you on that. And there's, there's some, something to prove there with it. I just, I did like it. His tape did jump out to me and he's got a unique build to him for what he brought on that tape. I thought, um, Kevin uh, Mullen, thank you for another donation. Like fourth donor tonight, man. Thank you so much for that. And I really do appreciate it. He says, I'm not expect, I'm expecting the Hawks. I'm expecting the Hawks holding to only four linebackers this year. And I'm expecting our linebackers won't be blitzing very much, but to be more sideline to sideline. I mean, that would be kind of uh, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, right? That's Mm -hmm. kind of what we've had before. I mean, blitzing is what Wagner did more effectively than anything else in LA, right? And I think Devin Bush can be a good blitzer too. So I, I hope we at least use them enough to, get something out of that um, skill set. I, I I would agree. I don't think you bring Bobby in here not to try to see what they've done because again, Bobby didn't just do this on some other random defense in some other random place. He did it on the exact same defense you've currently adopted and are running now that you weren't running and adopting prior to Bobby being here. So, you know, you, you've got the, 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 the pathway and approach to take here with Bobby to get more out of him from that standpoint of things. I would hope they were, but Kevin, I think you're, Probably sadly right on this one where it is probably more of just the, as Brendan said, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. It's going to be a little bit more of the same of off ball linebackers, just kind of running around free, not really doing a lot of attacking downhill necessarily. Doesn't mean I wouldn't like to see it. Doesn't mean that isn't where this, it seems like the trend of the game is going at the NFL level as we move to the future, but you're, you are correct on that. I can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, Kevin. Thanks for the donos. Uh, Taylor Ross, thank you for the $5 donation, Taylor. I do appreciate it as well, man. Hope you're having a good night. It says, I am so looking forward to your draft video reactions. What would be a success in your opinions? Ooh, start Mm. this one off, Brendan. I mean, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into one particular path here, but I mean, we have holes that need to be addressed. If we fill those holes, if we fill our needs, then I think that's, going to be considered successful because we are theoretically kind of going for it this year, right? Theoretically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, For me, Taylor, I think it would come to this place where I think I agree with Brendan that you, you do need to come out of this fulfilling things that are kind of desperate holes. The defensive line is a bit of a desperate hole. The linebacker, middle linebacker position is a little bit desperate for me. What would be a success of that is to come out of it 
with those needs filled, but having fulfilled them by trusting the value of your draft chart. So you didn't go in and say, we got to reach here for this because we have this need position. And we got to reach for this because we have that need position. You let your board just kind of unfurl as it, as it will. And you end up coming out and filling those positions, but you did it by always finding the right value in every round, not by overreaching, but by, by getting guys that go, Oh, surprised he slipped to here. Oh, this guy, Abraham Lucas slipped to the third. My goodness. Tariq Woolen slipped to the fifth. Wow. You're going for value. So if we can see evidence for me, Taylor, of us really looking to value in this draft at a first and foremost, rather than need, I'll probably consider it a success on just that basis alone. Cause I like the way that when that, that's where I think they had their success last year, I think you'd agree, Brendan, that that was it to me at the, that, that was the spearhead of your success last year was that you just trusted your board and you went for value. You didn't reach for need. You just trusted your board and, and uh, the good things happened from it. <laughs> Thank you uh, for the donation though, Taylor appreciate it, man. And we will be doing a lot of draft reactions. You better believe that man. No doubt about it. Well, let's keep this one moving here as we tear on through these edge players, Brendan. Next one up is, I think, to me, one of the most Seahawky looking players in this entire draft. I don't, I can't quantify what that means, Brendan. I don't ask me to uh, to describe it. Don't ask me to flesh that out. Just it's a term, and it's an uh, it's an empty one, but also a, a completely filled out one at the same time. And he just looks Seahawky to me. Does that make any sense to you when you watch? Oh, this absolutely, absolutely. Give me your uh, what's what's your what's your lookout? What's your outlook here on Will? Will McDonald the fourth? Will McDonald the fourth? Yeah, Long line of McDonald's. Uh-huh. Iowa State Cyclone, 24 years old, six foot four, 239 pounds, almost 35 inch arms. Very long arms. We like it. Um, had a nice combine. All he did was jump, but 36 inch vert, 11 foot broad. Really, really explosive. Uh, a few big boards have him in the first. Some have him. I've in got the his second. pro day numbers, by the way. Oh, okay. Go ahead and hit him. Hit him. Four six two forty. 36 inch vert, 132 broad, 663 cone, 421 shuttle. And you Pretty good. That, that shuttle's yeah. nice. The uh, three cone yeah. is really good. Wow. Okay. Uh, the aggregate currently has him on the fringe of the first round, 35th. Uh, I'm getting the sense he's going to go at the very back end of the first. Agreed. But uh, could slip to the very top of the second. Uh, last two seasons, he's given you uh, 16 and a half sacks in 24 games. Now, he was much less productive in 2022. Some of that was because he was getting moved around a lot on the Iowa State defense. They kind of tried to utilize him in different ways, and his production suffered a little bit for it. I don't think he was a worse player or anything. I think they were just trying to explore the space with him a little bit. A um, lot of college experience, great speed off the edge. He's got a quick first step. He moves great in space, excellent with his hands when he's engaging with offensive linemen, good at setting the edge against the run, Gives high effort, and he's got those really long arms. Um, the lateral movement can be a little awkward, I think. A little easy to handle for offensive linemen when he's trying to, you know, move laterally. He's not that strong, and he's going to have to develop more moves. So he um, he's a good fit for a 3-4. He should be able to hit the ground running. And I, I like him. I don't know if I like him in the first round. We are talking about an older guy. We are talking about a guy who has probably capped out a little bit in terms of what he can do physically because he is already 24. Um, I would be very happy to take him at 37. I don't know if I see it at 20, though. I, I'm just not seeing quite enough to be okay with that. I'm not seeing him at 20 either. I think it would be a very Seahawks pick to take him at 20. Um, 
it'd be very Seahawks. He's a Seahawks player, and that'd be a Seahawks thing to do to take him at 20 overall. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did so. Um, you mentioned about Keon White having these same problems. And so they do apply here in the same way where it's 24, but you mentioned the big part that stands out to him is he doesn't know what he's doing with his hands. He doesn't have a plan. He's, he's not got something to apply. He's just kind of doing 50 things at once, trying to see what will work, kind of throwing it up at the, at the wall and seeing what sticks as a pass rusher. But he has those base three markers that I talk about looking for in my pass rushers, which is first step, quickness, dip, and bend. And he has all three of those. And then he adds on top of it, Brendan, the long arms, exceptionally long arms for his position. So you you get this cat quick player that's got all of the base metrics you look for physically in the position. He's got the production, 27 sacks over the last three years to go in addition to that. And as you said, a big part of this that can't be undersold is the weird wonky front that he was playing in last year. It's that three-man front. Nolan Smith had to deal with this at Georgia as well, where you're running a three-man front, but you're running five tech. So normally we'd run five tech with the Red Bryant role, right, Brendan? And you run that with the four-three defense. But with these college defenses, what they do is they run a five-tech positioning with that defensive end, but it's in a three-four. So he's got he's got a, a, an unblocked, basically, guard to his side a lot of the time as he's already heads up over the tackle, which can lead to a lot of double teams at the point of attack and doesn't let a guy just operate off of an edge in like a wide nine uh, or even just on the outside shoulder of the tackle, right? Even that, Brendan, not even wide nine, just getting him to the outside shoulder of the tackle. He's not allowed to do that more often than not. And... um I think that that did kind of depress some of his value with it, but he just doesn't know enough to do with his hands. So I go early second round as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, you know, again, 24 years old, I'm a little bit physically weak. If he was 21, maybe I'd say, Oh, he's going to be able to add some muscle mass because he's younger. It'll be a little easier, but yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think there's some stuff here that you have to clean up and get right. And to be making that an early pick, I'm, I'm not even super fanned up as far as doing early second. I'd like to get that late second, to be honest with you, but he is probably going first round. So, you know, somewhere at the end of the day, because of, because right. he's got that unusual different traits he puts together. Yeah. He had that great combine. Yeah. Well, and again, teams love first step, quick, just dip and bend hard to find. We've talked a lot about these lives. We're going to go through the, a lot of these guys missing it. Um, or having having one but not the other. Having this, but he's got all three of those down the line and the long arms on top of it. That all pairs together nicely when you're talking about a developing an edge player at the pro level long term, I think, from NFL stand, team standpoint of things. Uh, let's look at another guy whose brother entered the draft a couple of years ago, I think was a second round pick by the New York Giants and had a good first year before he had an injury last year, which cut it down. Uh, and that guy's name is BJ Ojolari out of LSU. All right. Uh, t one of the younger players in this draft, I think he's barely going to be 21 by the time we get around to the um, NFL season starting. Uh, six, six foot two, 248 pounds, 34 and a quarter inch arms, 10 and a half inch hands. Only did his jumps at the combine, jumped okay, 32 and a half inches, 10 foot six inch broad. Uh, pretty much all the big boards have him in the second. The aggregate has him in the mid second, pretty much exactly. Over the last two years, he's played in 23 games, 110 tackles. 20 and a half tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks. So what I can say about him and the positives, he was great in the locker room for them. It seemed like very plus character experience in multiple roles on that LSU defense. He's going to be a great fit as a three, four outside linebacker. He's explosive and fast as a pass rusher with great bend moves well in space, uses his hands well when he's engaged. He's also really good at chase down situations on running plays. And the fact that he's young means that he can improve massively in the coming years in some of the areas he's a little weak in. And he is a little physically weak. He could stand to be stronger, a little bit small. 
I think if you run right at him in the run game, that's a way to take advantage of him. It's like the Daryl Taylor thing a little bit. Um, he's not great at shedding blocks, and sometimes he can be a little indecisive. So this is a guy who, when I looked into him, I found myself kind of liking what I saw, um, mostly because I feel like that he's a strong candidate to improve because he's got great measurables and he's only 21 years old. So I would start to look at him in the mid-second, early second, uh, maybe, but I don't know. Like, like that might be a little much. If you can get him it with your second, second round pick, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Second, second round pick, I think, is the right place for him as far as where I stand, too. I liked his little his brother a bit better coming out. He's a complete player. Like we talked with Will McDonald, the guy that has those base skills that you look for in the position with the quickness and the dip and the bend. So he's got that as well. Um, let me see what you think about my player comp with him, Brendan. I had Yannick and Gonkwe as my player well, comp for BJ. I mean, the thing with Yannick, the thing with Yannick was he's like really, really bad against the run. That's why he can never stick anywhere. So, I mean, there is a little bit of that here. I hope it's not that extreme because Yannick can't even really find a permanent home because he's so bad against the run. It's like some I kind agree. of, uh, um, I hope Ojulari doesn't take it to that extreme, but otherwise I can see what you're getting at here. Yeah. Well, I felt like he he weighed in at 240 at the combine, but in watching the tape in my notes, I had listed that I felt like he was more playing at 235, even even in off the edge at that weight. And if that's the case, that's where I worry about him at the pro level holding up. Now he's got the long arm, but at 6'2, if he's got to go out there at 6'2, 240, 235 on game day, that's his that's his comfortable playing weight. Okay. But you know, can he add can he add more weight? Maybe he's young, so theoretically, but you posted those numbers 32 and a half inch vertical leap. When he starts adding weight, that first not getting better. You know, he's not gonna get more sudden at that point. So yeah. there, there's a little bit of worry for me on that with it, just a little bit on him stopping the run at the pro level, even though he kind of did it in college at a decent level. And he is really, he's active and he tries and he puts his effort out there. So it's not a matter of, he just doesn't, you know, just, I, I, there's a little lack of refinement here. Young, the youth explained some of that, but yeah, I got a, I got a little worry with him on the run game part of it. Still see him as a second rounder though. There's enough, there's enough squeeze worth the juice on this in the late second round, Brendan. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm still trying to figure out if I like him enough to get him in the early second. I don't think I do, but I did end up liking him more than I thought I would when I started scouting him. It's good. It's solid prospect. Solid, maybe not super exciting prospect, but solid. Yeah. Uh, let's go up to another guy that certainly has not had a great pre-draft evaluation process for us where he was maybe out at the end of the year as far as people had him set. And this would be Isaiah Foskey, a very talented edge from Notre Dame. Right. Okay. I got to scroll way down here. <laughs> Get low. Get real low. Actually, not really. But there was a point in time when this guy looked like a first rounder. Now he's definitely not. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame, 22 years old, 6'5, 264 pounds, 34 inch arms. His combine results were kind of eh, 4.58, 1.66, 10 yard split, which is actually really kind of a problem uh, if he's going to be an edge rusher. 34 inch vert, 10 foot, 5 inch broad. Uh, 7.283 cone. Uh, most of the big boards have him in the second or third. The aggregate currently has him going in the mid second. He, I'm getting the vibe that he's going to slip beyond that. Honestly, I feel I like he's too. slipping to like the third, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, he does have the all time sack record for Notre Dame, actually. Um, back to back 11 sack years. Yeah. Um, 25 games made a lot of plays in the backfield averages about one tackle for loss per game. Uh, forced six fumbles in 2021 and forcing fumbles is a skill. It's not just something that happens randomly. 
Uh, he's a pretty good athlete. He converts speed to power off the edge really well. Pretty fast, pretty quick. Got some bend. Good reaction times. High effort. He at the very. He's also good on special teams. If you end up playing him there at first, um, sometimes in at Notre Dame he actually lined up as an off-ball linebacker and built some experience there. Uh, pretty good as a block shedder as well. He was able to showcase those skills. The main issue I see with Foskey is that whenever he went up against like good top-level college competition. He kind of got dominated. Like there was that one game where Notre Dame played, I think it was Ohio State, and he would go up against Paris Johnson and I think it was Dewan Jones. Mm-hmm. And both guys just kind of not blew him into the dirt. It, it was not very, it was not a very fair competition. So he really struggled in that regard. His testing was not that great. I think he needs to use his power a little bit better, probably needs some time to develop. So I was I came away from this evaluation really torn on Foskey. I don't really know how to feel. I just I don't know. It feels like what he does is good in the, at the college level, but it's going to not translate terribly well to the NFL. So maybe in the third round, I'm okay with it. But honestly, maybe 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 even like the fourth. I don't know. I I definitely have cooled a bit on him as well. Um, this one six six doesn't seem there's just times where the testing scores don't quite match what you see on the tape with him. Where I see a guy that's usually very explosive out of the snap, and not a guy that's one one six six would not be an explosive guy as far as you would tend to say yeah, that about him. Right. So that's one place where to me the testing scores don't quite align up to what the tape showed me with him a little bit. Um, and and I felt like he did a good job of pairing between quickness and and, and uh, power. Um, Thule, another guy we're going to talk about here soon out of USC is another guy that stands out as a guy in this class off the edge that does a good job of kind of playing a one, two game with the tackles and you get power. Now you'll get my quickness. Oh, you're setting up for my quickness. Now you're getting my power, you know, and you, and they, and they, even though they're operating kind of simply, you know, between those two different facets and they're not doing a lot extra stuff, those two things are enough that they do so well on either of them and they go so differently to each other that he can kind of offset it in that way to get his production. Um, Usually if we're talking about a guy that was with 11 sacks out of Notre Dame back-to-back years off the edge, we're talking about him being in the second round. But I think the fact that the the testing numbers have been not as good do cause him to dip down. But I see the production, the 34-inch long arms, uh, and I go, wait, third? You know, twentieth, third round selection. I'm I'm okay with that. I think. I think that's yeah. Right I now, I have third round, but I mean, look, if he ends up slipping to the point where he's universally considered a third round pick, like uh, at that point, I'm I'm almost like okay. I don't even know how he's going to fit in a three four. He's like two sixty four. He's pretty big. He is pretty big. You might ask him to lose some weight. You once had Frank Clark come in here at two seventy five and put him down to two fifty nine. So the yeah, team in the true. past, you know, they've taken, they did the same thing with Alton Robinson too. So Alton Robinson came in here much heavier than where he's at right now. So they have lightened guys out in the past in that respect of things. And look, to your point, we're going through a lot of these edge guys because there's a lot of good quality edge guys, which like we saw last year with the corner market, when you have a positional group this deep, it's going to push really good quality names down the board where you're not picking them at the place they're allotted to go. You're getting them around later. There's going to be some of those guys in that way. And that's part of leading towards the value board. This guy could fall in the fourth, Brendan. You're not, you're not wrong. I think the fourth is his ceiling, but I have him as a late third right now. So being into the fourth is not uh, out of the realm of contention, man. Not at all. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one here on the list. Are you going to make me produce that? You're going to make me uh, pr- pronunciate this one. Okay. I'll do it here. I'll, I'll <laughs> pronounce this one. Uh, we got Felix Unaduki Uzoma. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. 
Uh, an edge of Kansas. Yeah, another guy who grew on me the more I looked at him. Uh, Kansas State Wildcat, 21 years old. Again, he's got that upside that a 24-year-old just doesn't have. Six foot three, 255 pounds, 33 and a half inch arms. A uh, couple big boards actually have him in the first. The aggregate has him going mid-second. Uh, over the last two seasons, he's given you 26 games, 96 tackles, and uh, 19 and a half sacks. So pretty productive. He forced six fumbles in 2021. And once again, that's a skill. That is not something that just happens by chance. Nope. Very, very explosive at the snap. Got solid lateral agility. Wide range of pass rush moves, which is impressive for a 21-year-old. He's not just winning with his speed or his power. He's winning because he's got a good understanding of moves. Pretty good amount of strength as well. Reliable against the run due to his length and his power. Got good bend around the edge, given high effort. I see him fitting in perfectly fine in a 3-4 or a 4-3, whichever one. Um, the issues, he's somewhat raw in his technique when he's rushing, I think. He did play as an interior rusher, like an in interior lineman in college. That's really probably not going to translate. I don't think he has enough girth. Um, sometimes he loses his balance when he's um, trying to go make a play. Sometimes his, uh, they call it like your head getting in front of your feet or whatever. Yeah, he's top uh, heavy a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But um, I really like what I saw here because the thing is, like the fact that he's raw in his technique is fine. He's 21 years old. I wouldn't expect anything all that different. So I honestly would be willing to take him at 37. I think he's going to become an every down player. I think he's going to be good enough to do some stuff as a rookie. And he should develop into a really good player for you in a couple years. And if you can get him a little later than that, like in the fifties, I'm very excited about that. Uh, I would agree with you there as well. I, I think that he is in that place as a second round player, um, defensive end with first step quickness, power. It's not the first, it's not the quick strike of the hands that he gets you with in the heavy hands. It's that he wears you down with the power over time. And then he's got the tools in his bag. You talked about, he's got kind of a Euro step swim move that he does. He's got a hard rip move as he rounds the edge to kind of clear himself I like that the the um, the hips were a little bit tight, but in many respects, I saw him in the way that I think you're you're talking about him, which is that there's an electric kind of prospect to this guy a little bit, especially because of some of the things he already has developed. There's more to be done here, but being equally good as a run in a in a pass rusher, and I think some of the recent guys we talked about on this list where there's a little bit of that lack of refinement, he's got a little more of it. It doesn't mean that there isn't still more to go. But there's more in what he's bringing to bear. There's more of a plan being implemented, playing and play out by Felix in that respect of things um, in his development. And so I think he gets you a little bit more surety at the at the pro level and what you're getting from him, which may not be star power, though that potential is there with him. But a guy that should be able to come in and start for you very quickly and give you production, I think, very quickly off the edge. Agree with you too as well that I don't see him as an inside guy at the next level. I see it just purely outside guy. Yeah, um, I mean, he's more developed, I think, at 21 than Keon White is at 24, personally. That's It's a fair point. It's a fair point. And I, I I would be willing to take him early in the second round. I wouldn't go first round with Felix. Um, the top-heavy stuff you talked about still there with him a little bit, where it's he fall, you know, falls off his, his feet and stuff. But he got a lot of double teams. Still, still out the tape, watching the tape of him this year, Brendan, was you get those edges like Will Anderson, where you're like snap after snap, like, well, my goodness, they're they're putting a lot to the edge here. Where you got the, the, the tackle and the guards pin pin blocking him on every play. And you're going, boy, what, what is he supposed to do? 
So uh, that tells you the level of respect the college programs had for this kid when you're watching so much of that tape. And week after week, you're seeing that with Felix. He was a problem. He was what they – when you played Kansas State, that's who you got to deal with defensively first and foremost and figure out. Right. Next guy we got on the list here is another fun prospect for me is Derek Hall out of Auburn. Boy, another rugged defender here, Brendan. Yeah, and we are still talking about guys, for the most part, who are going to go in the second round to, to give you an idea of how deep this edge class is. This is why we need to talk about this. Right. Yeah, these are these are great players. These are not guys we're, we'll, I'll, like we did the linebackers. I'll tell you when we're at the back of the list and we do our lightning round. We're not lightning around these because these guys are legitimate prospects. Mm-hmm. These are legitimate prospects that are good now with some upside, with some tantalizing, tantalizing traits. Yeah, Brendan, well said, man. Yeah. Okay, Derek Hall, Auburn Tiger, 22 years old, 6'3", 254 pounds, 34 and a half inch arms, nice and long, 4.5540, very, very nice, One five nine ten yard split, more than good enough. Um, big boards have him in like the second or third round. The aggregate has him going in the late second right now. Um, he's produced. He produced a little bit more in 2021 than 2022 for whatever that's worth. Um, but he has 15 and a half sacks over the last two years. Very productive. Made a lot of plays in the backfield. Uh, 24 tackles for loss in his last 25 games. Uh, he was a 2022 team captain. Got those long arms. Very explosive off the snap. He's good enough setting the edge to stay on the field against the run. This is not a Daryl Taylor situation. He sinks his hips to get low and win leverage battles, which you always love to see. Um, converts speed to power really well. Should improve in the coming years as an all-around player. Uh, because he is still relatively young. He also has some experience dropping into zones in college. So if you're going to play him as a 3-4 outside linebacker that has zone drops, that's great. Not a ton of bend. He's going to have to add more pass rush moves and improve the use of his hands. He, you're going to have to be a little patient with him. He's going to take some time to develop. But um, I like him as somebody who, well, here, here's like the thing. My thing with Derek Hall, it's going to take some time to coach him up. And at the same time, I don't think he'll ever be like a superstar. So that makes me not really want him at 37. But I do believe he's going to become like a three-down player, somebody who you can have out there in the pass and against the run. So middle to late second rounder seems okay to me. And I'm on. I'm pretty on board with that. Yeah, I think your assessment of that's pretty close to where I stand with it. I had my notes of him that he has whole cans just with he's so strong. He's just so overwhelming to the tackles of that power. Um, I thought he uh, it, it, the, the strong punch is where it begins with on him. He sets those tackles back. He gets them in retreat mode kind of right from the jump, and then kind of everything else works off of that. I thought you're right about the simplicity of the pass rush. He His pass rush to me consists of a bull rush, a long arm bull rush, and then he's got a filthy counter inside um, bounce off the jab step. So hard jab step to the outside, then he bounces inside. And those are the three things that he kind of like a revolving door went between and what he tried to do as far as an edge rusher goes. Um, but his strength is absolutely apparent and in a way that I don't think gets lost when he goes from the college game to the pro get, pro level, Brendan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree with you. There's not maybe the star potential with this guy, but there's this upper level potential starter thing there that you're getting at the end of the second round, which is good value. And um, his testing numbers were good. 34 and a half inch arms. The power is there with him. Um, just a good player. I don't think he did. They did a little bit of bending, putting him inside. I don't think he's going to be able to do it at the next level. And you're right about the fact he doesn't have bend, but he does have some dip and rip. So he's got a little bit of, I can dip and then the arm comes up on the rip, but he can't bend and 
and roll the arc. He's not rolling the arc, but he can he can definitely certainly rip down and, and uh, dip down and then get that rip to clear himself at the end with that strength. You feel his power, Brendan, with Derek Hall. And I think a late second round pick I'd feel fine with. Yeah. You're good with that? Late second round, yeah. you're good with that? Yeah, I said mid to late second round seems about right. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, let's go on to another guy here, which is another legitimate player here on this list. A guy that I'm going to say is one of our guys we're talking about here that I do think is more of an inside guy like Keon and how we're discussing, and that is Adetwami Adewari. Yes. Oh, yes. Now oh, we're getting yes. somewhere. Now we're here. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Northwestern, 22 years old, 6'2", 282 pounds. So right away, you're going to say that that's not any kind of edge player that I know. That That is going to be an issue. 34 inch arms almost though. It's actually uh 33 and seven eighth inches, 10 and a half inch hands as well. So he, he's just a big guy, man. <clears throat> he's big. Four four nine forty set the combine on fire, broke the internet with his combine. Combination of size and speed unparalleled. One six one ten yard split, 37 and a half inch vert, 10 foot five inch broad, 27 bench press reps. One of the best combines of any player this year. And because of that, there is starting to be buzz around him going in the first round. As of right now, the aggregate has him at 40. I could see him moving up a little bit. I could see him maybe being BPA at 37. I could even see him creeping up to 20. Like, um, Kalija Kansi and Adabatore are the two guys who I think might rocket up to our first round selections from where they are right now. Kansi could end up a top five prospect. This guy could end up a top 25 prospect. Um, go ahead. Some people feel like Ottawari is a, a better top end prospect than Cansey because of the testing numbers and the arm length. You buying that? I just see the tape with Cansey and he's just so slippery. I, I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. No. Yeah. I, I think the tape's got to win out at the end of the day because the metrics are undeniable. The 34 inch arms, the 82 inch wingspan, uh, the, the power that you feel from him when he overwhelms tackles, especially setting edges and stuff like that, the pro game. The thing that's tough for me on this, Brendan, I, I wanted to also see about whether you saw the same thing with him was you watch his tape and he's got the power and he's definitely got the ability to get in underneath with the leverage war and all that. Didn't do a lot with his hands. Didn't do a lot to show you some advancement in his game and what he's doing with his hands. It's stuff you see from Kansi at times, quite frankly. And yeah. then he goes out into the senior bowl and he shows it to you. And senior bowl, you know, in the one-on-ones, especially he's killing guys with all these different pass rush moves that he didn't show off in college. So I'm, how do you, how do you make that assessment at that point? You don't see it on film, but then he shows it to you at the senior bowl and then he blows up the testing numbers. This is the hard evaluation for me because I don't yeah. know where to pinpoint that one then. Yeah. So over the last two years, he's given you nine and a half sacks, not monster production. Um, 17 and a half tackles for loss though. Not, not, you know, just completely dismissible. Um, highly versatile with his alignments. He aligned outside and inside for Northwestern. I don't think he has the bend to be a truly great edge rusher or anything, but he does have no. a little bit of versatility. His size and quickness combination gives him many ways to succeed. I could see him as a five tech, a three tech, a three, four end, like a lot of opportunities for him to have success in the NFL. Great locker room guy. He, his leverage is phenomenal because he's so short on top of being so strong. So he's always going to be good against the run. His hands, his usage of hands is not great, but I do think his hands are very strong. Uh, he's got the length to block shed pretty effectively. He's skilled at gap shooting, and he's a guy who gives max effort. But um, if, he's got the clowny thing going, I think, a little bit where he doesn't finish the plays that he starts. 
He's going to need to prove himself strong enough to hold up on the interior on every snap. Like that's one thing he was playing inside and outside. Is he going to be able to hold up if he, if he's playing on the inside all the time, which is what I think he would have to do here. Agreed. Um, so I, I think I'd be okay with him at 37, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think I'm okay with it though. I, I think I like what I see enough with this guy. You were animating it a bit. Let me ask you this. Does it, it seems like in what you were trying to, you were saying there a little bit that maybe you feel like his best fit would be though. He could fit here. His best fit would be with a four, three defense. Yeah. I, again, this is like another guy who might be a Michael Bennett, but I feel like he would fit better than a guy like Van Ness as an example. Mm-hmm. I think Agreed. Van Ness playing three, four end. I don't know this guy playing three, four end. Yeah, he can do it. Yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you there. But definitely maybe the potential is you look at him and go, best fit could be three tech. Or as you say, playing five tech early downs, going into three tech on a pass rushing downs in a four three. To say like Michael Bennett, I, I, I kind of think that too. But I think Michael Bennett in the old school role, um, not necessarily in what we do. Or I don't know if you can have him stand up, Brendan. I don't think he can stand oh, yeah. up all at the edge of the defense. So he'd only be that inside guy. There's a little bit of a, to me, less value in what he adds to the team here a little bit because of that versus the four three defense. Mm-hmm. I, Where, I, I do get the sense he's going to be good as a 3-4 end though I do I do I, I do like him I again though the part that comes in my problem is that I the, the lack of hand usage is there all over the tape where he's just he's he's good player shows up strong in the running game lacking in the pass rush game because of the lack of hand usage and then the hand usage shows up so I think it's going to come but that's been of the question in my mind with this particular guy in this in this you know situation he is, he is 22 he could get better he could. And another guy I would say like Will McDonald that does feel very sea hockey to me for some reason, as far as the connection goes, like this just feels like kind of a, a hawk kind of pick that they would go for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It right. does in that. Um, mm-hmm. So you're where you comfortable picking him? I think I'd be okay at 37. I think I would, but some of that might be me falling for the combine a little bit. Yeah, I could maybe be talked into 37 with him at that point. I would certainly like to go late second round pick with him um, mm-hmm. if possible. But his rep and where he's going right now, that may be completely a pipe dream. And yeah. I can understand that if that was the case with it. So I'll go, I, I'll go, I guess, begrudging at 37. But boy, I really would like to go holding out on that, especially with the depth here in this class. We don't have to go edge early there in the second round because you go into mm-hmm. late second round. One of these guys we're talking about is going to be there then in the late second round. An yeah. Ojolari type a Keon White, uh, uh, Felix uh, Uzuma, somebody's going to dip. Not all of them can be drafted, Brendan, right? Mm-hmm. It won't be that kind of run, I don't think. Honestly. Absolutely. All right, let's go to our next guy on the list, which is going to be Brian Young, not of Alabama, but of Tennessee. All right, Byron Young. I believe Mel Kuyper gave him to us at 20 in his first mock draft a couple months ago, which was uh, kind of weird. But he did have a nice little combine to at least make it look not so bad. Uh, so anyway, Byron Young, Tennessee, 25 years old, 6'2", 250 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms, nine and a quarter inch hands. That combine, <coughs> let's run it down here, 443, 10-yard split, 38-inch vert, 11-foot broad, 7.193 cone, 22 bench press reps, very good, helped his case dramatically. He is currently considered a very bottom of the third round guy on the aggregate. A couple big boards have him in the second. Um, I could see him creeping up to about the mid area of the third round, personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Over the last uh, two years, he's accumulated 23 games played and 12 and a half sacks. So not monster production. 
Made a decent number of plays in the backfield, though. Uh, 23 and a half TFLs. Uh, so what I said about him, stellar combine indicated indicative of his supreme athleticism. He's got good bend. He's hard to land a good hit on and block. He's got that slippery quality to him that I talk about with Cansey. Like, it's just hard to land a good hit on him. He gives high effort at all times. If he has an opportunity to make a play, he pretty much always makes the play. Uh, he improved technically with his hands a lot in 2022. So he did develop, which means that on a some level, he's ready to go and contribute for you as a rookie. So he should at least hit the ground running here. Now, he is undersized and a little bit physically weak. He's going to have to improve cerebrally and with processing. He is still a little too sloppy for a guy who's 25 years old for me. Like, like if you're 25, I want you to be a little bit more of a finished product. Has to add to his pass rush set. Short arms, struggles against the run at times. Like, he's going to be 20. He's 25 now. So he's going to be 25 and a half before playing a single NFL down. Yet he still needs to improve technically and mentally and add strength. So there's a lot not working for me here, but he's a phenomenal athlete. So there is some stuff here to like, I guess, uh, like, like to me, it's like, am I okay with it in the third round or do I want it in the fourth round? Ah, uh, that's tough. Well, I, I think from my standpoint, there's one thing that might help you dr drive this from your standpoint on it that really got me on tape the longer I watched. And it took a little while to get there on it, but I saw it. And when the second I saw it, I could not see it. Um, he's a change of direction and guy at the forefront of it. Um, to me, there was a little bit, not as much bend, but more dip. And he is, a, to me, a change of direction. So he can step this way and then step laterally that way. And that's part of, like you are talking about, that slipperiness of those guys getting their hands on him and getting a clean blow on their punch is really hard at times because he's got that that athleticism to kind of move that way. What stood out to me, though, is the rub was that when I watched him put his hand in the dirt and operate as a 4-3 defensive end, I found him to be much more explosive out of his stance. I found him to be much more slow and, and belabored when he was as operating as a stand-up guy as an outside linebacker. And I think that his best days ahead would be as a 4-3 defensive end more than standing up. Um, I, I just felt like when he was standing up, the only time he was effective as a pass rusher standing up was when he was doing twists and stunts and utilizing that change of direction stuff that he has. He wasn't really doing it by just getting upfield and attacking the blocker and winning sort of just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, doesn't have a lot of counter moves that he can go to. Just okay in the run. Got pushed out of position often. Sometimes just it gets taken advantage of for his over-aggressiveness in the tape that I saw of him. Uh, but I think he's at his best in a 4-3. I thought he was there's a different player with him putting his hand in the ground versus standing up, Brendan. That's, to me, the real key with him as a player and drops him to a fourth for me. Yeah, I think he's worth a third-round pick, but probably not for this team. It's one of those deals. Yeah, That's how I would put it. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way of putting it. I do. If I'm a 4-3 defense and looking at him, I'm going to look a little bit differently here. But I just... If you're going to stand up like that and you the one six two ten 10 yard splits with this Brendan where he feels like a one six two ten 10 yard split standing up, but he feels like mm -hmm. a one five five guy with his hand in the dirt, which is more what you're right. looking on, on those edge rush, especially you got six, two, but mm -hmm. uh, he's got some stuff to him, man. He does. It's just, I just, I'm fourth round with him with that. When I put that all together myself. Yeah. We don't need to take another 25 year old prospect in the draft either. No, who still needs to work on some stuff. Like you've talked about some of these guys and it's a completely valid point. You're 24, 25. There's not a lot more of bacon that's going to happen in the oven. It's <laughs> the, 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 the cake is cooked, you know, get the icing out. Cause it's done. 
And so they're kind of more set when we look at them at this point and where they're at. Uh, Kevin uh, Mullen with another $2 donation. Kevin, thank you for all the donos tonight, man. You're awesome, brother. He uh, says, uh, does Kalijah Kansi remind you of Warren Sapp at all? Um, maybe. I don't remember Warren Sapp super well. I wasn't following the draft process really close back in that time. I think it's a very good uh, comparison, Kevin. I think if you're talking about making the comp between Warren Sapp, we're making it between Aaron Donald. He's closer to Warren Sapp than he is to Aaron Donald. And Donald did the same kind of thing that he does, which is that they're so quick off the snap and they get into the lineman so fast. The lineman can't do anything about it at times because they're just not quick enough to get out of their stance to meet the player at the midpoint of the line like you normally are allowed to do if you're a lineman. The, the defensive tackles are always up into your grill. And it's every play and every snap, and you have to adjust and accommodate your ability, how you pass, protect, and run block against them, knowing you're dealing with that snap after snap and that unique way from other defensive tackles. So I think it's a pretty good comparison there, Kevin. I, I think it's it's pretty close onto the button with it when I look at Kansi and, and what he gives. Maybe not quite what Sap was coming out of Miami at the time. Maybe not quite there, but closer to then the generational, you know, all-time three-tech Aaron Donald, which is just kind of a hard comp to make, isn't it? Yeah. It's, that one just doesn't work. All right, so I'm a, I'm a fourth-round guy. You're a third-round guy on Byron Young. You're open well, to that. Well, I would oh, be third-round oh. in I would oh, be third round in general, fourth-round for this team because I don't know about the fit. Okay, that's fair. That's completely fair. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be fourth-round where I'm at. He's depending on the, the fit part. Okay. Um, good player, though. Uh, next guy up is a super long guy, man. They don't come longer than this, Brendan. And that is uh, Ohio State's Zach Harrison. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo over here That's pretty it. much. It's like um, I, in the old days, you watch the NBA draft. And whenever somebody would get drafted, they would look at the prospect and they would say things like, he can sit in the backseat of a car and without getting up, reach forward and open the doors in the front. You know, stuff like that to illustrate how long their arms are. Seriously, mm -hmm. this guy could be in the backseat passenger side and get a hand on the driving wheel and still be driving the car from the back <laughs> comfortably, not even yep. leaning, leaning back, like relaxed style. He could still be mm -hmm. doing it. Okay. Zach Harrison, 22 years old, six foot five and a half, 274 pounds, 36 and a quarter inch arms. These are the longest arms I've seen in this draft so far. 36 folks. We're talking about 32, 33, 36 plus mm -hmm. and some change. It's like the Freddy Krueger thing, man. You know? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's absurd. When he's scratching yeah. on the walls, <laughs> uh, 10 inch hands, 25 bench press reps. That's all he did at the combine. Some big boards have him in the third. Some have him in the fourth. The aggregate currently has him as an early -ish third rounder. Uh, not huge production at Ohio State, has to be said. Five and a half sacks combined over the last 23 games. Um, Ohio State kind of had another team where it's kind of hard to put up monster stats because they got a lot of good guys over there, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, still not big production here. Um, I think his most interesting attribute is the ability to knock down passes at the line of scrimmage because his arms are so long. He has uh, seven pass deflections over the last two years. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So he's big, he's explosive, he's active, and he's varied in how he engages with offensive linemen. He, you know, has a good understanding of how to like go with speed, go with power, use his hands, has the rip through move, lots of knockdowns at the line of scrimmage. He's got a little bit of bend and he's got high IQ and processing information, but he doesn't have a lot of bend. So as like an edge, 
I don't know how this guy fits in a 3-4, really. I look at this guy and I go, okay, are you going to bulk up a little bit and play 3-4 end? I could see that maybe, but does that kind of take away the essence of what you are? I don't know. He can be slow off the snap. Sometimes he's another one of these guys. His hand is the last hand out of the dirt. Mm -hmm. Um, Stiff body, leverage issues. He gets killed in leverage because he's so tall. Um, He didn't really have much production at OSU, like I said. I don't know. I just see he like a four, three, five tech, maybe more than anything. I do like him, but I don't see it here. I, I think he's a third round value, but not, not in Seattle. Yeah. Another guy that I think is more of a pure fit for a four, three defense, the pro level, my comp for him. Let's see if you think this is on point is Carlos Dunlap. And good because Dunlap didn't win with bend. He won with uh yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. And Long Dunlap arm. would not fit in this defense. There, that's that's why I like that comp too. With it is it's that's the example of that where it's yeah, just that they don't fit at that size at six 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 almost. It's hard to get guys of that size coming off the edge there. I mean, you have the same problems with potentially looking at Tyree Wilson here in this draft with that same kind of size markers where you're like, eh, this isn't really what you normally have coming off as as that wide nine. So Dunlap uh, wasn't really a fit for us. That's why we moved on from despite the fact still was a useful player for us even at the end because you need certain type of style of guys that can come off the edge. So I I've got him in um, more of like the third round range as a player. I do like things that he does. I love how he locks out at the run game with those long arms because he can set the edge like nobody's business and just, you can't move him because he's just got, he's just out arm long out lengths you almost as much as anything else. So I really like that prospect part of it. What he brought an at pretty active defender for a size moves really well for a size, Brendan, but just, not quite enough there for me to think that there's a lot of a fit for us though. He should go in that third round. That's the the right value for him, I think. Yeah. And he's worth more to another team than he'll be worth to us at the end of the day. hundred percent, hundred percent. He goes to, I think a four, three team when it's all said and done team like the chiefs will definitely look at him. I think a couple of those kind of teams like that. Uh, next guy up is another guy. Uh, as we go down this list, we're going to start to get some of these guys. We'll probably not cover as much in deep yeah. here, folks. These are starting to get the folks, the players that are more questionable. There's a couple of good ones on here, Brendan, that you have that we that we were listed on here. But there's, some of these guys are going to be a little bit rough, including this kid that we're going to talk about next. We're going to Army, folks. Dun, 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 dun. And we're going to go check in on this kid, Andre Kata from Army. Yeah, you know, I actually bet on the Army Navy game this year because I was in mm-hmm. Vegas during it. How'd you do? I won. I won my bet. I think I nice. took the Army. I think Army was actually underdogs. I took them on the money line and it it came in. If Carter I Carter do correctly. anything? Um, Car- um, I don't think he did that much, and that's kind of a part of the. That's going to be the start of our problems here. <laughs> that's where it begins. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I did win, so that was cool. But um, yeah, so right now on the aggregate, he's a third rounder. I could see him slipping really, really far. Like mm-hmm. to me, this is a guy who's just in quicksand right now. Every yeah. big board that I saw has him in the top 100, except for the draft network. The draft network has him in the sixth. I think they might be ahead of the curve here, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, this is the last edge player who I think has a realistic chance of going day two. So we are kind of entering a new phase with these guys we're kind of running out of the really interesting guys uh six foot six and a half 23 years old 256 pounds 33 and three eighth inch arms uh 30 inch vert nine foot one inch broad 4.36 20 yard shuttle and 11 bench press reps which was really embarrassing 
Especially an army are, guy. He's yeah. Like army guys to be working out, man. Yeah. His arms are not that long and he's a strength guy. Like what, what, what the heck? I could go to planet fitness right now and find people who can do more than, than 11 bench press reps on 225. Gosh, you're protecting our country. You're not going to do it with 11 reps. Yeah. Um, anyway, 2021, he blew up, had 17 tackles for loss and 14 and a half sacks. One of the best pass rushers in the country. Last year, only three and a half sacks. So he fell off a cliff. <clears throat> this was like uh, David Boston back in the day, having that one big all pro year. And then you never heard from him again, almost. Well, that he kind had, of the, he had the juice going though, too. That was the juice that was making that. Yeah. Happen. Uh, he's okay. Here's what I can say in the positives. He does give high effort and high character. It's kind of bad when I'm starting off with those kinds of traits, <laughs> by the way. It's like the old Charles Barkley quote about women. He's a hell of a guy. <laughs> Um, he does show some promise as a tricky pass rusher. He seems to at least be a little cerebral in that regard. He's a good linear athlete. Like he's a good athlete when he's just, you know, running along a straight line. He has some experience sliding inside. Um, he does have some upside because he hasn't been playing on the defense that long, so he could get better. But at the end of the day, his regression in 2022 and bad combine, like it just like it comes together and it paints a pretty clear picture of things. His hand placement is not that good when he's like, you know, engaged with offensive linemen. His leverage, he gets beaten leverage because he's so tall. He's not very efficient with his pass rush moves. Like he's got these false steps. He's got these like, you know, it's like, you know, he takes too long to commit to a pass rush move and actually get it to do something effective. He he's not strong enough. He played really weak competition at Army. He's going to have to add more to his pass rush set. And even though he's a bigger and theoretically stronger guy, he gets pushed around against the run. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what to call him other than a one-hit wonder who um, – I, I don't even know if he's a viable NFL player. I don't really know what he brings to the table as an NFL player right now. Um, he does have the – it does seem like he has the work ethic to maximize his potential, but – I don't know, like fifth round, like fifth round. I might be interested. That's about it. It's pretty much where it is for me too. I, I think I've got him right currently late fourth, but that's as much as right at the fifth round range of things. Um, I, I think that the one thing that stood out to me that he has, that's maybe something you can work with on it, which is the great get off with the quickness and the ability to press the arc, edge of the arc really pretty quickly for his size. That's where he reminded me at times of the old Jason Taylor of Miami Dolphins, who was the, kind of a similar way in that in how he went about it. But it, it's just a vague flash, Brendan. You know, it's not a it's not a, a it's not an easy comp or a copycat or or something. Or this is the two version of it. It isn't that at all. Um, you mentioned, I think, better than I could, any of the flaws that exist in his game that are valid. I would only add on top of that that he was one of the worst defenders at the Senior Bowl. You're going to be a small college player and you go to the senior bowl you're one of the key spots then you've got to go show out because you don't have that top of the line tape to lean back on especially a down year this year from the previous year and as you and i've seen on a couple of these guys there's some weird 2021 outlier outlying flyers i don't know if it's the whole demic thing still kind of bleeding into that year and not bleeding into this past year but there's some real outlier numbers in 2021 that can fool you with some of these players he's a one-year wonder he was the worst run defender at the senior bowl in addition to just having a terrible week overall his stock is falling it's dropping like a rock fifth round's probably about where he's going to end up landing when it's all said and done all right I just, yeah, I, yeah go uh, ahead. I don't i don't feel it with him at all 
but and uh that's really the last guy who has a chance to be a day two pick so these left we got a bunch of guys but they're not blue chippers yeah no blue chippers left that's the last of the blue chips the top of the line guys there are some interesting guys here we'll go through quickly on this list a little bit but they're they're not necessarily going to be difference makers or they're going to be rotational rushers or maybe there's some upside but they're not close to necessarily establishing into it quite yet uh, a little bit of a, another dono here. Thank you for the $5 donation, Corey Olson. I do appreciate it. He says, could Seattle go early linebacker? I see Bobby retiring after this season, and could Moffey play the position alongside Brooks? What's your thoughts? How early? I, I'm i open to you picking a linebacker as early as 20, potentially. There's only really one guy I want at 20, but you might not even have to get him at 20, so maybe hold off till the second. I don't think Mafe is ever going to be an inside linebacker. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No. But we definitely need to address a uh, middle linebacker. Yeah, Corey, middle linebacker has got to be right behind defensive line as a priority in this draft at the top of the list because the fact that we've learned, as Brandon broke this past week, uh, congratulations, you got some love in Reddit, by the way. It's hard in there. That's a wasteland. You get you get posted in Reddit, and they get brutal in there at times with some of their comments. They're being oh, pretty nice. Oh, I, I did actually see those. I saw. I, I They're being nice those. to you. It was good to see you. I was, I was like, I was like, don't be the typical guys with this, please. And when I clicked, I'm like, please be nice. Please be nice because they can sometimes, on, when you get your stuff posted there, it's like, really, guys? Um, yeah, Mafi's not going to be moved to middle linebacker, Corey, unfortunately, but this is a priority. You could go 20. I think like Brendan says, though, you don't really have to go that early because we have a we have kind of a magical four guys we talked about at the start of the show here today, Brent, Corey, uh, at the middle linebacker position at the top of the draft, kind of more in the second round range. Anywhere from early second to late second, there's four guys there. I think me and Brendan would probably be happy with any of those four guys at the top. If we come away with one of those four guys, I think Jack Campbell – Drew Sanders, Dan Henley, and Trenton Simpson, you walk out of the draft with one of those four guys to play at the middle linebacker core, you feel good about that. And 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 they all have varying places where they'll probably end up in the, in the NFL, but they all are pretty equally solid prospects across the line and where they'll go in this draft, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a pretty accurate assessment of it all. Um, but thank you for the $5 donation and as is a big priority, and I agree with you as well. And the final point you said, I do think Bobby's probably playing his last year this year. So you got to... Mm-hmm. Got to plan ahead with no Brooks coming back as well in addition to that this year. So got to do something. He says, uh, Corey also with another $2 donation says, I'm sick of getting gashed up the middle. I am too, man. Yeah. I'm I mad as too. hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely need to address <clears throat> it. And Corey, this is why both me and Brennan are on the line of this defensive line. Get a middle linebacker. What's the steps to, to fix in the middle? You start with the, the trenches and you work your way out from the back of it. Um, and that's what we'd like to see done. That's the priority of this offseason. That's your greatest failing last year, Corey. If they don't address it in a major way, and I don't think we mean I don't think they've quite fully addressed it here with a couple of signings when you've released out four other guys off the top. So you've got to address this. Um, but I would expect this to be at the head of the list of the picks they make, Corey, when we get to the draft. You know, you're gonna get through four the first two rounds. We should have two defensive linemen and one linebacker, I would think somehow some way i don't know where those will be picked at but i would think somehow some way you come out with that kind of combination in those first four picks you buying that brendan yeah yeah i i don't see how you don't address it early if if you if if you don't then i don't see how you can be taken seriously as a any kind of contender in 2023 so you gotta gotta do it um there's no way around it with it so they want to contend Corey. if they last year we saw teams could at will run on us to think if you don't take major steps to correct that this year you're just hoping bobby's going to fix it all 
that seems like a pretty pretty wide jump to make, and I don't buy that the team's going to look at it that way. So they'll address it this way. I have a, a good feeling that they will, man. Thank you for the double dono. Kevin Mullen with a $10 donation. Kevin, thank you for all your donations tonight on the channel, man. You're amazing. This is off topic. How we let Neil go and keep Belor. Also, uh, Fant at $6 million plus Belor at $3.5 million. There's our two to get under the cap. Also, what's in your cup, Brandon? I'm thinking Japanese whiskey. <laughs> no, yeah. Brandon, Brandon's a late night owl for me, Kevin. So I can go coffee late because I'll usually be up till two, sometimes three in the morning. So it's it's no big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. This me. is this is not late for me either. I, I'm with you there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the look, I, I don't like the Neil decision at all. I hate the way we handled that, of course. Like, like yeah. I, I don't care for it at all. But what I will say is that we do have a little bit of an embarrassment of riches at safety. We do. Um, now, hopefully these guys actually stay healthy. But to a certain extent, I do understand that if you're going to have a massive investment in Jamal Adams the way that we do, you do kind of have to take it on faith that he's actually going to be there for you. And to a certain extent, you just have to bet on him. You can't have an $18 million safety and then say, oh, let's insure ourselves against him getting hurt. I do understand that. Like, yes, Neil is a much more impactful player than Nick Ballore, but at the same time, from this team's perspective, they're probably looking at it and going, eh, we're pretty good at the safety spot, but we needed to maintain our elite special teams and Ballore is kind of the core of our special teams. So, I mean, I don't like it. I don't care for it, but I imagine that was the thought process. Yeah, I think Brennan's right about that's how they probably thought this through, Kevin. Doesn't mean we we agree with it or we would have gone that route with it. And certainly me and Brennan have voiced our share of frustrations in the way the team spends their money and allots their salary cap, not just this year, but in years past. It, it does it does get sometimes troublesome in watching how they operate in that respect of things. The fan situation remen, remains one of the straightforward manners by which they could not only create the cap space they do to functionally get below the cap in in realistic space that they have to use, but also creating a little bit of extra space then to have some more of that buffer that they're also wanting on the other side of it by the time they reach the season, Kevin. So, you know, you're right. That's the clickest, easiest place to do so. It also opens the door up to maybe draft one of these very talented tight ends that's in this draft too on top of it. So there's a lot of reasons where that could make sense, but the team doesn't show any indication that they're looking at Noah fan as an available option to either cut or trade at this point. There's been no rumors of that or any of it. You know? And and my, my, my thing is, every move you make to get rid of a player to save money creates another hole, another mm -hmm. thing you have to fill in the draft. This is something we're talking about lately a lot in my Discord server. Like every, if, if getting rid of Ryan Neal, like people are saying, oh, we can replace Ryan Neal in the draft. Yes, but it's going to require you spending a pick on something that you were otherwise going to spend elsewhere. Yep. And now you're getting something worse at another position. Like instead of getting Roshan Johnson, you're now getting uh, some seventh round running back who you just hope can make the roster. Instead of getting, um, I don't know, uh, Isaiah McGuire, you're getting Yaya Diaby or something like that. Mm -hmm. like, like everything you do to reduce what's on your roster creates another hole. So that's why things like restructuring Lockett makes sense. You're not creating the hole. Right. We're taking the step back for a step and a half forward, where at least, no, we're just taking the pure step and a half forward. It's all plus. It's all gain. And that's a little bit what's been missing this offseason a bit is it's been more of 
step back and then a step half and forward, you know, step back and then step and half forward and, and rather than just pure, pure additions. So that part does make it tough there a little bit, but, um, we'll see what they choose to do here, Kevin. They do have to do something with the salary cap. You're right about that. We have more moves that we have to make somewhere and there's not a lot of other moves to be made if they're not going to be willing to restructure like Brendan just talked about. So where's that move coming down? How's it going to come down? I don't know, but they're going to have to still do something. You're right about that. Right. Kevin, thank you for all your donations tonight, brother. You are amazing, man. And I, we do share your frustration, both neither me nor Brett at the end of the day. We can kind of talk about what went through the mind of the front office, but it doesn't mean that we would have done the same thing if we were in that mm -hmm. position. Right. Uh, Mark Sanchez, thank you for the $2 donations. Is getting here late. Uh, you guys talk about Carl Brooks? We actually didn't. I think we covered Carl we Brooks. Talked we talked to him on, on Tuesday. Yeah, so Mark, we did a uh, show on on Tuesday on looking at the defensive linemen, and Carl Brooks is probably a little bit like Keon White. Um, we probably should have put Keon White on the Tuesday show too, because he's going to be the same way, uh, yeah. where he's done his outside work at Bowling Green, but he's going to do all of his work at the next level on the inside, and he did a little bit of stuff of that at Bowling Green, but he's too big. He's three hundred pounds. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna be operating on the outside at the next level. It's going to be completely an inside guy one hundred percent of the time. I mean, you can maybe do some like five tech early down stuff with him, right? As a if you wanted to get yeah. kind of cute with it, I guess. But um, I love how he fights. My comp mark for him was was Michael Bennett my, minus the first step quickness, but the mm -hmm. way he uses his hands, the way he wins with leverage. Um, the way he gets under the pads of the offensive lineman, just uh, kind of like can't see at times in the way he does that. Really like that to him, Mark. And and a sudden guy for his size. You liked him, I, I think I remember, right, Brendan? These are all running together. Mm -hmm. a little bit. I like him as long as he's willing to play inside. I, yeah. I like him as long as he's willing to do that. But if he's actually going to try to like, I want to be an edge. And the thing to understand is a lot of these players probably want to play on the edge. Edge players get paid. Edge players get the stats. Edge players get the they get all the accolades, they get the women, they get the power, they get the money, but you know, they, they, um, I, I just hope they're willing to be where their skill set allows them to be the best version of themselves. Right. I do as well. And I can't see how he looks at himself at 300 pounds or I'll play at 290 and I'll be able to operate off the edge. Like, no, you won't. And he uses his hands great and, and he's strong as hell, but I, I just don't, we don't have any, the tough part with that Marcus, we don't have any history of a guy at that weight operating off the outside and winning and, and being dominant. You, you got to be just lighter. And so, you know, he's going to have to kick inside. He's going to have to be willing to do it. But as a three, four end on this team, you like him there, right? If he's a three, four end in your team, 24, seven, that's good role yeah, for him. Good that's size. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Good explosiveness. So Mark, I'd like him there. I've got him listed currently as a, uh, within that role, I've got him listed as a, sorry, let me just let me know on this one here. Third round guy right now mm -hmm. in that spot. So I could buy it. Yeah. But thank you, Mark. Appreciate the dono. Um, and uh, it's good to see you in the chat, man. Uh, Snail has an interesting question. I've been hearing some of this lately, Brendan. I don't know what to make of this. Snail with a $2 donation says, any fire to the Rodgers to the 49ers smoke? Yeah, they could run them on those QB draws all day. There we go, there we go yeah. right up the middle with Aaron. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't think they can make it work with the cap. I'm, I, I, uh, watched a video about it. I talked with my friend who's a Niners fan about it. And he was like, it, it mathematically can't happen. Yeah. You'd have to get Rogers down to taking like a vet minimum from and lower his cap down from his contract or something is the only way you could probably functionally get it to do it, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think that that could work either. The snail, they still have to get the Bosa deal done. That deal has not been done yet. They've waited on that. That's $30 million a year they're going to have to come in with. And his base contract allows them to basically just not have to really come up with more money 
to sign him because of he's at 17 and a half, right? And so they can just bury his first year hit on the 17 and a half that he's already counting on the cap this year. But they're not going to have any other extra money beyond that after they sign that contract. So I just don't see how they can fit him in. It's not like Rodgers has ever shown an inclination to take a penny less than he possibly could get on the open market, you know, from the Packers through the situation. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep uh, let's keep bouncing through. Um, quick question, I just saw in the chat, just if you answer real quick. What do you think about Boye Mafe's ceiling? Where's he going to? Pretty high on Boye Mafe. He's an every down player at the very least. Um, I I don't know if he'll ever be like a super elite pass rusher off the edge, but I think he can get you eight to ten sacks a season and be a very plus run defender. That's pretty good. X man, I I'm with Brennan's assessment of this as well. Upper level run defender in the league from the edge who can get you somewhere between eight to ten sacks a year. And it's not going to get you star production from it, but that's outstanding production, especially if you can tap into that really early on in this rookie contract. And you can get a couple of years of real cheap Boye Mafi at uh at pretty good production. That would be very, very nice here over the next two years. So that's where I see him. Good, good upside to him, just not amazing upside. Um, all right, let's get to the, we're going to go through folks on some of these guys. We might spend a little bit of time on, but some of these guys we're going to kind of just spin through quickly on the last of these edges because some of them, we just don't see a huge upside to them. Let's start with a guy who's very strange to watch on tape for me, Brendan, which was Nick Herbig. At, at if, it, uh, um, some sites have him listed as an inside linebacker and because he's kind of small, he may end up in that kind of role in the NFL. It's like, uh, one of the uh, scouting reports I read put it this way. He's an edge rusher in an off-ball linebacker's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Nick Herbig, 21 years old. So right. there's some interest for, there's some possibility of progression there. Currently projected to be about a fourth-round pick. He's got powerful hand punches. He's good against the run. He's good at shedding blocks. He's got a surprisingly deep repertoire of pass rush moves for a 21-year-old. Wins leverage battles. Works hard to the whistle. but. um He's probably just going to get bullied by these bigger offensive linemen, I feel like. I think he's just going to get bullied a lot. Um, very little experience with zone drops, so I don't know about the 3-4 fit. Uh, his arms are really short, like barely 31 inches. So I think he can be a rotational pass rusher. I guess like once you get to like the fourth or fifth round, it's okay. That's about it. I uh, see the same thing with him. I didn't see as much of the power with him. Certainly the quickness dip and bend that you want on the edge he's got. And and he's got, I, I saw the same thing with the moves where he can kind of, he can bring those kinds of like outside scissor moves that he brings in a lot mm-hmm. that gets him clear. Um, but I, I did see a guy that, that uh, I don't know how that's going to work at the next level at 31 inch long arms. And a guy that doesn't have a lot of power to his game, naturally speaking at six two two forty. Um, he did 25 reps on the bench, but he doesn't have that kind of functional like speed that you see on the or, or strength on the field. <laughs> he feels to me, Brandon, like a little bit of just a finesse edge who I just don't think is going to have the length to pull it off the next level. So you're right. Fifth, fifth round point is about where you're going to put him at that point. Not a lot yeah. more to be said with him on that. Uh, next guy we've got on the list here is Ali Gay, hailing from Linwood, Washington. Really? I didn't know that. Very nice. Uh, LSU, 24 years old, 6'6", 263 pounds, a little bit on the bigger side, 34 and a quarter inch arms. Not very productive. He's played in 23 games over the last two years, has like four and a half sacks. He looks the part. I will say this. He does look the part. He is a good athlete. He's excellent at shooting gaps and making backfield plays against the run. He has good speed off the edge. He's got good hands. 
there are moments where he looks like a star, but they just flash. He didn't really develop over his college career at all. I think his stats from his freshman year are basically identical to his stats from 2022. He struggles with leverage due to height. Um, not much bend. Like it's just one of those guys where he's 24 years old. You're waiting for the light bulb to go on. It's a pretty good light bulb if it ever activates. Like he looks the part for sure. So I think you could get him in the fifth round and I would be okay with that and just see maybe the light bulb turns on. Yeah, I've got him a little bit later on, I think, in this draft. Um I thought I did. I don't remember down here. Yeah, I do. I've got him in the um sixth, seventh round range of things. I found him to be pretty slow off the snap. A pretty good change of direction for his size, but I found him to get bullied way too often as a 4-3 defensive end where just guys would really give it to him at times, and I didn't like seeing that. Um, just he should play a lot stronger for as big as he is because he doesn't have necessarily the quick bend stuff to go with him on that. Um, he kind of has to react to everything on the fly. He's not reading anything pre-snap about where it's going, and so then he often gets confused, and it takes him a beat to figure out where he wants to go. He's just not processing things on the field in the way that I need to see from a player. Um, so I, I, I do see, like you said, he looks the part, but that's kind of about it for him with me, um, walking away from him. I think his best position is by the way, four, three, two, if you're looking yeah. at where he's, I don't think he's a three, four guy in any way outside or as a, as an end. Probably. Yeah. Uh, next gap on our list is you're going to make me pronounce this one. Uh, Habu, Habba, 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 Habakuk Baldonado. Another Pittsburgh, another, another Pittsburgh defender. Yep, 23 years old, 6'4", 251 pounds, 33-inch arms. Had a okay combine, I get. I mean, he, he was slow, but he also jumped well. So kind of slow, but also kind of explosive. Uh, had a really good 2021, nine sacks, 12 tackles for loss. Fell off in 2022. Missed some games to an injury, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he's got a pretty explosive first step. He's got some intricacies to his pass rush bag. He's got some moves he can bust out. Good lateral agility, active hands, and he holds up pretty strongly against the run. Issues, needs to be smoother and quicker. He's going to have to learn how to sink his hips. Right now he plays standing straight up. That's he a bit does. of a problem. It's awful. Uh, um, he takes too long to cover space. Um, so to me, he's like a very dry prospect. He's like decent in all these areas, but he's not really good in any of them. Like, I, I feel like if it wasn't for his really weird name, you just kind of forget he exists. Mm-hmm. Um, Name's definitely helping him. Yeah. I don't see much of a ceiling here. I think he could be a decent backup. I don't think he'll ever be a starting caliber player. So, um, sixth round, I guess. It's about where I've got him as well. I think the upside for him here is in bringing him in that late, you're getting a guy that could be a rundown defender for you maybe, but not really going to give you anything as a pass rush. He just gets sunk out the back of the pocket over and over again. Uh, doesn't have really much of a plan. Average motor can't disengage from blocks. Late fifth, sixth, seventh round guy, you know, is really where that guy needs to fit in. It. It's just, it's, is what it is with that one when you watch him a little bit. The run defense is the part, it's the one kind of good item to him, but I don't think he's giving you anything as an upside rusher, Brendan. Correct. I think, I no think it's upside. Good. It's empty. Low upside. Uh, we got another guy kind of similar here to uh, Harrison of Ohio State here. Another big, long defender here next. Uh, good at knocking down balls, line scrimmage as well. And K.J. Henry mm-hmm. out of Clemson. All right. So <laughs> this guy I actually kind of liked a little bit more than uh, – um, I, I think the fit's just a little bit better than uh, Harrison, even though he's yes. not quite as good as the prospect. 24 years old, 6'4", 251 pounds, 33-inch arms. Combine was pretty decent, 4.6340, 1.6510 yard split. Um, 
Big boards have him going in the fourth, approximately. He's been moderately productive the last two years. Not huge production, but decent. He's really good against the run. Mm. He's really strong against the run, holds up really well, maneuvers through traffic well to make plays. He uses his hands well, and his hands are powerful. Like his punches land with a lot of force. He's got a high motor. He plays intelligently. He's just not really going to give you that much as a pass rusher ever. I don't think he's got no bend, not a lot of explosiveness. Um, and he hasn't played a lot of snaps in his career to this point. Although I'm not really worried about that because you should always be rotating anyway. Right. Um, so I think he's an early down player who will hold up really well against the run. And I wouldn't mind him in the fourth round. I think he could hit the ground running, make immediate contributions and be a good rundown edge player. Yeah, I've got him just behind Byron Young on my big board in the fourth round um, as well on that. And I don't have much more to offer than what you did with that. I think he's got some upper-level quickness in short areas. And I, I think his effort in the run game, he really redlines at every play off the snap where you feel his effort on tape and you feel him going, getting after it. Um, active defender, even though he's not going to be a pure pass rusher and what he gives you an upside. But getting a, a, a stalwart run defender off the edge in the fourth round is value. Uh, this is better than the last guy we just talked about who could offer you maybe some in the kid out of pit. Some upside as an early as a rotational run defender. This could be your kind of pillar early run defender off run defender off the edge. <laughs> so there's definitely some value there with him in that respect of things. Mm -hmm. But just no pass rush. That's all you're missing with him in that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal, but kind of a big deal. <laughs> just can't get to the quarterback, but I can do everything else. All right, uh, next guy up on our list here is Dylan Horton out of TCU. Uh, 23 years old, 6'4", 257 pounds. Over the, um, had a very productive 2022, 15 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks. Uh, boosted himself up the big boards right now on the aggregate. He's a late fourth rounder. He lined up all over the place in college, very physical with his run defense. Plays with a violence. He sheds blockers well. High motor, explosive, but he does have to add more intricacies to his pass rushing set in terms of like <laughs> counters, in terms of like moves. I feel like he'll be better in a 4-3 than a 3-4 personally. So I actually think there, the value here might be in the third round, but not here. I think that if we ran a traditional Carroll 4-3 defense, I would not mind him <clears> in the third round. I actually liked him a lot, but not not in the current defense i don't know man i liked him <clears throat> i felt like a little bit different on this one with it where i i didn't i don't have him in the that high necessarily i have him fifth round as a rating um oh, okay. but i i did like him when he was aligned in the three four when they put him four eye on tape and he's aligned on the inside shoulder of the tackle and then they attack which is specifically what we're going to do in our defense those moments when i saw him in the three four from that standpoint i thought that he looked really good he's got an ability to get skinny when he gets through those pass rush lanes in a way that's kind of unique to him for his size. And it jumped mm -hmm. out to me a little bit. Um, 257, he is maybe a little bit lighter, but he does have that power and strength that showed up even being a little bit lighter in, in the size standpoint of things there. Yeah. <clears throat> so there was some that's more about power there. That's interesting. I didn't think about him like that. That, that might make me recast my take here. If you're looking at him as an interior lineman, maybe I would feel differently about it. And for the record, I did actually say I would take him in the fourth because of the value, but yeah. um, I'm going to have to reconsider this one, I think, through that lens. I, 
I was in the same place you were until I started getting some of those snaps popping up and I was watching him aligned. I'm like, wow, he's, he's, he's putting him in this pickle where he hits that inside shoulder and he can attack the gap. And then he's having some success with it, but I I'm with you hundred percent. And that there's not an edge guy here to me with us on our team. And if you're talking about that, then certainly it's a four, three defensive end. If we're talking about that's purely how you're looking to use him, then I would, I would, I would see that. But I, they did use him on those snaps at TCU inside like that. And he, he looked pretty good. Looked all right. Still got a fifth round grade on him though, Brennan. So even there, I'm not, I'm not through the moon with him. Right. It's it's still, they're still in context. All right. Here's another guy that actually I I liked a little bit more than some of these recent guys we're talking about here on this list. Uh, Isaiah McGuire. Oh yes. Isaiah McGuire has, I think an outside chance of being Mm -hmm. a day two pick. The aggregate Mm -hmm. has him at one Oh nine. He might end up in the third round. Some big boards have him in that third round. Missouri, 22 years old, 270 pounds almost, so a little bit on the heavy side, 34-inch arms. Uh, Over the last two years, he's accumulated 14 and a half sacks, 28 tackles for loss, very productive in the backfield. He's a well-rounded prospect, I think. He's well-rounded. He provides speed and power. He uses his hands pretty well to win. He never stops working until the whistle blows. He's technically sound and smart. And he's a good run defender. And he should work in both a 4-3 and a 3-4, I think, pretty much equally well. I think both aspects of that are going to work fine. Um, he probably needs to get a little bit stronger to have success in the NFL. He sometimes gets, I think sometimes he plays a little out of control. He's a little bit of a wild man at times. And I don't think he's a great athlete. He's one of those guys where there's like a lot to like, like but I don't know if there's a lot to love. Mm-hmm. So... I'm more still in the camp of him being an early day three pick. His combine scores were kind of lackluster. Yeah. But I'm close. I, and I would take him anytime in day three and feel really good about it. I do have him as uh, right now a late third round pick, but right at the end of the third round. So day three could be into that territory that's about the right spot for him. Uh, I found a little bit slow. The one seven two ten yard split I thought matched up with him being a little slow off the snap, and and that yeah. was uh, you know he does carry the two hundred and seventy pounds really well. Like he's he's not he's not bogged down by it. But that part was the one where you're like eh, he's he's a little <laughs> bit slow for NFL level. I I liked what he did is he would take his rip move and he would rip down the hands of the tackle and then go to his dip. So he tears the hands away and takes their hands out of it. It's like the opposite. And Will Anderson raises the hands up. Right. And he holds the arms up and then sort of like big brothers him a little bit. This guy rips the hands down and then goes into the dip from there. And I thought it was pretty impressive. He could go that move kind of over and over and over again and find success with it um, using that power strength and dip that he kind of he changes. He changes it all to kind of gather a little bit like what he's got his bag. But you're right. It's not necessarily exciting. I, I wouldn't want to go day two. I really wouldn't want to probably go day two at the end of the day with this. I really would be happier in the value standpoint, getting him into the fourth round range. Um, but I think he very well probably will go in the third round of this draft based on what I'm reading and hearing about him. Okay. <clears throat> Good player though. You go fourth round. Is that right for you? I think I'm in the fourth, but it's close. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's, it's right around. That's about for the right range. Got a couple of interesting teammates here back to back to talk about out of Louisville here next. First one being <clears throat> Yaya Diaby. I pronounced that correctly. Yaya Diaby out of uh, out of uh, Louisville is one of those, the first guy we'll take a look at here. All right, twenty four years old, two hundred sixty three pounds, almost thirty four inch arms, a little bit on the heavier side. Had a really nice combine four five one forty one five six ten yard split. Those are 
winning numbers for these guys. Uh, currently, the aggregate big board has him in the late fifth. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up going a little earlier than that off the combine. He's got good. He uses his length well when he's engaging with linemen. He's got a solid base of strength. He was showed some versatility in college in terms of where he lined up, like you know, outside five tech, four eye, three eye, that kind of stuff. He can power through blockers to get to the ball carrier, convert speed to power well off the edge. Got a great punch, great on stunts and twists, very athletic and explosive. So some stuff to like, but I do think he needs to add some more moves to his pass rush. Right now, it's a little bit simple. Doesn't really have bend, loses the leverage battle way too much for a guy who's 6'3", and he needs to improve his play processing. So, I, I don't know. On the one hand, the testing scores are really good. On the other hand, he's already 24, and yet he seems really kind of raw. So, I ended up saying fifth round seems about fair. I'm actually higher on this guy. Um, both him and his teammate, I think I might be higher with them than you might on both these two guys. I've got a more late third round range of things. Certainly the testing and numbers are great, but they also backed up to me the um, what he gives you is power, twitch, and effort. And having those combinations, I liked quite a bit along with almost 34-inch long arms. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're getting almost a little bit of like, to me, a, you know, a, 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 some Will McDonald-like measurables in this guy, but getting him later on. And, and that, that struck me and, and the, the twitchiness is there on the tape. You can see him blocked up and a guy to the side of him and he just bounces to the side of him and goes and makes the tackle. And it's, it's, it's there and over and over again. I think your, your negatives that you mentioned about him are uh, valid, the, the lap of lack of dip. He's got no dip, no bend. He's not doing that type of stuff. There's not a great plan in place, you know, with that, but we are seeing that the, that there's sort of the standard in place. The guy like Will McDonald of, Okay, great production, but that same kind of stuff's there on tape. But the physical measurables are enough to overrule that to drive this guy's value up in the draft to have him be picked uh, a little higher than maybe some of the rough edges that you have in dealing with him. Because McDonald's not a young guy either, right? He's like mm -hmm. 23, 24 years old too. So <clears throat> I do, I, I kind of let that inf inform me on this one a little bit, Brennan. Uh, and I just liked his tape. I liked how he went about his, his business out there. Kind of just played with a little bit of a chip, I felt like, on the field. Yeah, I, I just, I do get discouraged by the 24-year-old who needs a lot of refinement. But, I mean, I, I feel like you're going to be able to get him in the fifth round, potentially. So I'm not too unhappy if we're just sitting there waiting for him to be there. As I said earlier with this, Brendan, with this, this amount of guys, and I mean, I'm counting through right now. We got, uh, you got like, we got a good 20 guys here that we're talking about from the first to the fourth round range off the edge. So there's a lot, somebody's going to fall. Somebody's going to dro drop down this list and not all of these guys are going to be taken to that spot, even if their grade is in that place to your point. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Uh, <clears throat> let's look at the other teammate there out in, uh, in Louisville, which would be a Yasir Abdullah. The other right. edge for the uh, <clears throat> this team. was the uh, smaller but more productive one. He has a uh, thirty, I'm sorry, thirty one tackles for loss and twenty sacks over the last two years. So very productive. Two hundred thirty seven pounds, thirty two and three eighth inch arms. Twenty three years old. Had another really good combine, by the way. Four four seven forty one five six ten yard split. Really good scores. Big boards currently have him in around the sixth round as an aggregate. I, I think he's going to go a little bit higher than that. Um, he's quick off the snap. He blows off the, uh, he, he's quick. As soon as the ball gets snapped, he knows how to press his advantage well against linemen. When he catches them off balance, he knows how to like press his advantage, um, really well. Excellent all around athlete to string together moves. He's got high effort, which results in a lot of extra plays that he makes. 
and he does well shooting gaps against the run. That's something that he has in his skill set. He is a little bit physically weak, I think. He doesn't utilize power to win his battles very much. If you run directly at him, you can kind of wash him out of the play. He is a little bit undersized. Um, so I, uh, I, I think this guy's actually a pretty good fit for the Fangio defense. He could be like a rotational edge rusher in pass rushing situations only. He can win with speed. He can win with his counters. And honestly, there is some upper level potential here if you look at his combine scores. So, I mean, I'd spend the fifth rounder on him. I might even say fourth rounder. I don't know. You have any worries about him at 6-1? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But um, that's why he's a day three pick, right? If he had these measurables with uh, six foot four, he would probably be a first round pick. And also, it's going to help him win the leverage battle, right? It is indeed. Um, and if there's a guy that can make it work, I guess he's a guy with with what he brings to the table who could indeed do that. And I do think if he was talking about being him 6'3", I think you're talking about a guy that is a first round <clears throat> pick in this upcoming draft. So that that probably should inform it. Um, I do have him at just a bit the top of the fourth round for me where I stand because we don't have a lot of a track record. Who's the six one pass rusher out there that's lighting the world on fire in the NFL right now? Off the edge, Brendan. Yeah, it, it's uh, that's very true. <clears throat> I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that I don't think he can do it. It's just we, we, if we don't have a track record, it makes me a little more hesitant to to think it can occur. And uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, we don't have anybody six one that's coming off the edge doing much in this league right now. Um, but he does have the 32 and three eighths inch long arms, so at least some arm length to him to hang in there. Um, you, you just like this guy. It's fun tape, fun to watch. He's got great dip and bend. Um, he's good overall as a player. A lot that does pop with him. But you do come back around to that six one, going where? How much do I ding him for that? Do I ding him for that? Is that a detriment here? Um, but for me, bottom line is really a fourth round, fourth round point where I see him aligned. Yeah, in that. I'm good with that. Uh, we've got some more donations here. Thank you, you guys. My goodness, John Stillwell coming in with a thirty dollar donation. Thank you, John. I really do appreciate it, man. I hope you're having a great night, and uh, thank you for the big donation as always, man. You always come in hot with the big donos, and I do appreciate it, brother. He says, hi, Brandon, Brendan, I have to be a hit and run tonight, but I did want to say how much I appreciate the work both of you put into this draft. Congrats. Oh man. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, yeah, thank, I really, you. thank you, John. Really do appreciate it. It's uh, been a very exciting time for both me and Brendan to be able to cover this draft in the way of having recent drafts. We had one year, a couple of years ago, we had three picks, no first rounder. You've had, we've had some drafts where we've been late twenties, um, having the opportunity to cover this draft with 10 picks, top five pick, all the selections, John, and, and knowing what it means to this franchise going forward, you know, yeah. it's, it's 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 made it very interesting. I mean, there, there's really not a single prospect in this whole draft that we can ignore, except for maybe like tackles, a left tackle, right tackle. But we are kind of in a position where we have to look at everybody. Um, even even a guy like C.J. Stroud, I feel like we got to do our due diligence. Yes, he'll probably be gone by five, but I don't think it's a uh, ironclad lock necessarily no no absolutely not and and this is a variety this is a draft i think with those picks we have to your point on this brendan that's been one that is as hard to predict exactly the way it'll play out even as we're starting to get this close to the draft i mean four quarterbacks could be taken two quarterbacks could be taken in the first five four picks it's it has this variance that's just the top of the draft which should be way more cemented at this point so it's going to make this much interesting but that's why we got to cover it every which way because it could go a variety of different directions Hawks could trade back, add picks. Hawks could trade up, do away with picks. You, you got to be prepped on all these guys for the ways they could go. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. But John, thank you for the $30 donation, man. Appreciate all your support to the channel, bro. And uh, hope you're having a good night, man. We love what we do. Makes it easy when you love what you do. Uh, Mark Sanchez with the $5 donation says, Brando, did you check out that video about Rajon Wright? I really think that he could be a starter with Woolen. Two six foot three quarters, effing deadly, man. I've actually just been doing three straight days of streaming, Mark. So it's been sort of prepping one show to the next. And <laughs> and uh, me and Brendan, were trying uh, like mad crazy to get through all of our scouting reports on these last couple of guys at the edge of this um, edge class and, and stuff. So I just haven't had a chance to check out that last chance you uh, interception. But um, it would Ray John Wright fit here? Yeah, he'd fit here. And like we were talking about before on this, um, Mark, I'm – I, I think I'm definitely higher on Rajon Wright than a lot of other people are in this class. Have you had a chance to take a look at him, by the way? I haven't done defensive back legwork yet. Very I, I, a couple guys like guys like Joey Porter Jr. a little bit, but um, not not the deep dive yet. The, the, I do know the name though. I do know this name. He's a fun kid out of out of Oregon State. You know, it sounds familiar. It's like Brandon Brandon Brown or the big long corner out of Oregon State. Um, physical guy. Um, he's got ball skills. I, I like him quite a bit, Mark. Um, I do. So it's, you know, I've got him third, fourth round range of things where I see him fitting big corner. So he's played off coverage at Oregon State. He's played zone off coverage. So he would fit to do just what we like to have done. He's he's dropped into cover three technique a, a lot of the time there at Oregon State. That would fit to what we do in our defense too, Mark. So there's a lot of fits here with him. And I think because there's so many other cornerbacks that are going to go higher than him in this um, in this draft, you end up maybe landing him in the fourth round with some great value at that point if he drifts into that range because there'll be so many other corners taken. Just like the edge class, Mark, there'll be some really good corners that fall to the depths of this draft because of the strength of the position in this draft. It's, it's just going to allow you to get better value later on. doesn't mean you necessarily have to jump forward early. It's part of the reason why I don't want to see something like silly. Like you heard some of this talk about Julius Brents going in the first round. I know you haven't looked at Julius Brents, but my God, going in the first uh, round. Well, I, I actually... I looked at him a little bit because he is like a, he's the six foot four guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see him going in the second, but that's about it. I'm not taking well, I, him in the first, that's for sure. I'd have a hard time in the second with him. I I went back and I, I I went to my buddy. I've got a buddy that played college cornerback too, because I was like, I got to be sure that I'm right on my assessment of this. I I'm not seeing this. What people are seeing with him? So the tape is so raw. The tape is so rough. He's he's so uncomfortable out there, and there's so much to clean up from a technique standpoint. I just. I, I don't know, man. Oh, 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 I want to be clear. I wouldn't I wouldn't take him in the second, but I think he yeah. will go in the second. He, he very well could. I hope another team makes that selection and pushes a, a good player to us if they do, because he's he should be more of a fourth, fifth round guy. I confirmed my buddy. I'm like, yeah, he's fourth, fifth round. He's like, yeah, there's some tools here, but it's all tools and it's no trade at this point. You know, what do you want to do? You want to get any kind of certainty? You just want all the rough tools that you get. And people are like, well, he's the Tariq Woolen of this year's draft. Well, great. Tariq Woolen went in the fifth round, right? <laughs> that's right you know you don't take you didn't take three well in a second because the tape was raw and rough if that's the equivalency there so, yeah exactly but uh i would mind wouldn't mind seeing ray jean mark and brendan's gonna like him a lot when he gets a chance to check him out too though it's hard to find a lot of tape with him it's kind of restricted on the oregon state tape online right mm -hmm. now that i could find uh jeff speak thank you for the fiver appreciate it uh and i do hope you're having a good night too as well thanks for checking out the channel tonight guys didn't know you guys were up just showing love to seattleites putting work in love you both Oh, I, I warned Brandon. I go, man, we're going edges. We're not going to, we're going to be in this deep, but he's like, let's go. So I said, yeah, let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm good with it, man. I mean, we got to do it. If we don't do it now, we're going to have to do it later. Exactly. Exactly. Might as well get this groundwork laid now, man, Jeff. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta do the good, we gotta put that good work in, but, mm -hmm. um, appreciate you, man. Thank you for showing the love. You're awesome mm -hmm. for doing so. I hope you're having a good night, man. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you guys.
All right, so we got uh, three guys left on this list here to finish this off, Brendan. Um, and that would be the next guy up would be uh, Lonnie Phelps. Yep, uh, Kansas. Uh, they're they're not the Wildcats. They're the uh, the other thing. Kansas Jayhawk. uh, Jayhawks. Yes, there we go. Uh, 22 years old, 6'2", 244 pounds. Had a nice little combine, 4'5", 540, 1'6", 210-yard split, but 31 bench press reps. So he's got the speed, he's got the quickness, he's got the strength. Um, The current aggregate big board has him as a UDFA. So this guy may very well go undrafted. I like him more than that, though. Mm -hmm. He was pretty productive the last two years for Kansas. Uh, He's quick. Never gives up. Always got his motor running. He uses his hands pretty well when he's in a, engaged in a pass rush rep. Should have great success doing stunts. And he chases run plays down the line of scrimmage really well. His main issue is that he's just kind of physically weak and small. And he doesn't have a bull rush. He's going to struggle to shed blocks. So I... I, I think that there are a lot of players like this, like the edge player who should just be out there in pass rush situations specifically, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be okay in the fifth round, honestly. I kind of liked what I saw here. I have a fifth round grade on him as well. Um, some burst with the power. So you get you, when you just get the pure power guys, they're just slow off the line. You go, okay, I'm knocking those. That's your undrafted guy. But when you got the burst and a little bit of the power with that, I, I liked. Um, he's got some roofs, chops, swim, rip moves. I thought he looked a little stiff, does offer a little bit of lateral ability in his movement on that as well. So I, I think just a you know an okay prospect in the fifth round. Nothing super special, but he provides you a little bit of upside to what he brings there. Uh, upside that be, could be an all-around upside, though I think you're right at first you're looking at him as maybe they fit in a role as maybe a rotational pass rusher if you can get that out of him. But fifth or sixth round pick I thought would be a, about the right spot for him with mm-hmm. where he was coming in. He gives him power, gives you some burst. Usually you're just getting one or the other with these later round guys. So that's yeah, that would be uh, what makes it. And easy. if you could get them in UDFA, like a lot of these boards project, then that's awesome. Be outstanding of that. You get them there, that'd be great value. It'd be one of the better UDFAs out there if you're pulling them at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's go up to the next one here, which would be Isaiah Land. Yeah, this is another small school guy. Florida A&M. Florida A&M, the Rattlers. Rattlers. Uh, 23 years old, uh, another kind of smaller guy, six foot three and a half, 236 pounds, had an okay-ish combine, not great, but for his draft status, not the worst. Uh, big boards currently have him in the seventh. Mm-hmm. Most productive college football rusher over the last two years. In 2021, he had 19 sacks in, I think, 10 games. Jeez. And last year, he did take a step back, but he still had seven and a half sacks. He's also over the last two years combined for uh, 37 tackles for loss. Um, he's a good athlete for a guy you can get this late in the draft. Explosive first step. He's a high effort guy like a lot of these guys are. He can put together quick moves to slide off blockers. Got a little bit of you know work with his hands. He's good at chasing down run plays when he's the weak side, uh, weak side defender. But he is undersized. He's a little bit lean. He's not going to have any strength to hold up against the run. He's going to have to develop more as a pass rusher. And some people think he'll end up as an off-ball linebacker because he's kind of small and doesn't have long arms. He's 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 very thinly cut. <laughs> he's, yeah. I mean, he's light. He looks light as hell. And he came in at 236 and now he tested, but he plays at like 225 off the edge and how he looks. 
Uh-huh. Um, Another guy who sat in IHOP for a couple weeks to get that weight up. Exactly. Exactly. And then he runs the four, six, two, where it's like, eh, it's not very fast for two thirty six, Right. You're like, yeah. eh. it's almost like you had on 10 X 15. You were more worried about showing up too light than you were worried showing up too slow. I, uh, I, 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 the guy's all right. He is a late round pick guy to me. You're not going to be able to use him on the outside. Um, <clears throat> he's not sudden enough out there on the outside for, and, and again, it's hard with these guys that are, I, I say, and again, too much sometimes uh, <clears throat> it's hard with guys that are small school guys and making the evaluations. doesn't matter whether it's Cody mock or Peter Skaronsky, who are going to be higher pick guys in this draft on the offensive side, or a guy like land where he's dominating this competition where it's lawyers and doctors and such that he's going up against and you go, that's how hard to make the evaluation on your dominance here a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I just see later round flyer to him with me. Yeah. I said sixth round, I mm-hmm. think would be okay. Yeah. That's about right. You got yeah. the competition, which gets you the, the production, which gets you somewhat interested in him, but how is it going to work? Where is it going to work? And, you know, people have been talking about this with Nolan Smith. It's the, the thought process of a guy playing edge, moving the middle linebacker at the pro level. That's where he's going to make that change. There is no baseline of that. There's no right. guys that I can think of that have done that and found success in doing that in that way. Maybe back yeah. in the eighties or something, but not in recent, mm-hmm. not in recent memory. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's come down to the last guy that we have to discuss here on our edge list. And that would be Brenton. Cox. I didn't have a chance to check a whole lot out on tape, so I'm going to lean more on your evaluation here on Brenton. All right. So he's 23 years old, 6'4", 250 pounds. So he's got the size. Um, did not have a great combine. 4'8", 240, 165, 10 yard split. 24 bench press reps is all right, though. Um, the big boards actually like him a decent amount. He could go in about the fifth round, according to the aggregate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, had a productive 2021, eight sacks in 13 games, fell off pretty big in 2022 though. What I can say about him is he's, he looks like the idealized three, four, uh, edge player. Like he has the look, he looks the part for sure. He's got enough strength to set the edge against the run. He's good at block shedding with his hands. He chases a lot of plays down from behind. Like if he's, you know, the weak side defender mm-hmm. and he, uh, chases it down across the line of scrimmage. There have been times when he looks really good as a pass rusher. It just kind of flashes, not consistent. He does the clowny thing where he doesn't always finish the plays he sets up. And he needs to process and react a little bit faster, I think. I do think there's something intriguing here because he does have the potential to be a three-down player because he has that strength to hold up against the run. Um, I think he could bloom into a pretty decent player. I would take him in the fifth round or later, personally. You don't worry about the testing numbers on some of these scores? Yeah, I mean, the testing scores are not particularly good, granted, but I do think that if you're looking at him as somebody who's more of a runs, uh, more of a run defender the way you used Boye Mafe last year, I think there is some value here. Yeah, just because on the surface of it, admittedly, I didn't do a lot of look at from him. Former five-star guy, too, so maybe there's still a little bit. You're going, if you're going fifth, sixth round, going for former five-star guys, not the worst thing. You're going for potential there. You're going for upside there, which you don't usually get later in the draft at that point, but one, six, five, 10 yard split, 33 inch vertical leap, nine, seven broad, all, all well below um, average numbers for a guy coming in only at really two fifty. You, you can't even say, well, I'm Tyree Wilson at two seventy. <laughs> You're two fifty. You know, you should be posting at least four, six score on the 40 and a one, you know, five, nine, 10 yard split at that size. But he's got some long arms on him. He's got some good weight to him. And maybe as a run defender off the edge, in later on in the draft, that could make uh, that, that could make some sense from a value standpoint at that point, Brendan. Yeah, doesn't look like and PFF had him graded 
well either way. They sort of had them both in the place of yeah. Middle, PFF middle has them in the late sixth round, I think. Yeah, makes yeah. sense by their grade of him. They didn't like a lot of his game from last year. It didn't look like so. Yeah, it does make some sense if they go that route with it. Okay. But we did it, folks. We did it. We got through 40-odd names here between the uh, middle linebacker position and the edges of this draft. But these are guys that we think are you know, potential fits to the Hawks, guys that the Hawks could target that would, that, that in some way or fashion, some guys are more better fits than others. But everybody's got maybe a potential of having some look-see by Seattle. And these are the top ones by, by Brendan and Mai's metric um, coming into this draft. There are going to be other names, but uh, I think we got pretty deeply through the list of, um, of the guys that matter, the names that you should know who you should be familiar with, especially for the guys that are RC Ox are going to look to target Brendan. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play this man. Uh, Brendan, when it comes to both cornerbacks and edges and running backs in this, those are the, to me, I think the three strongest positional groups in this class that fair from your standpoint. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I'd say, so, I'd say, yeah, So you got the, that's the, where do you attack those? Do you go early knowing you can get that value late on these positions do you, do you just jump for the true talent at that point? The talent is what it is and that the, the stack of the talent of the draft doesn't matter. That's the part to me that'll be the interesting decision for them, Brendan, and how when they choose to go for those guys, because these are skill, these are positions of need too. We do need an edge. We do need a running back. We do, you know, theoretically need another corner potentially. I know we have a little bit of log jam, but later rounds, I think, certainly. So um, it'd be the fun part of the draft of how they measure the value of this draft for the first the other positions that are weaker, like we talked about the linebacker earlier. There's not as many good guys. It drops off quicker. You're not as certain about starters, you know, at that place. How do, right. how do you balance that? Just as a final question on that. I know we've gone late here and long, but how would you balance that as far as making that determination as a general manager going in and knowing this is the this is the truth of this draft? How do I operate around that now in general, general strokes? I don't need you to get specific, but just in the general pathway. I mean, I think you have to keep in mind what your plans are for that year. Are you going for it or not? If you're going for it, you need to address your holes. But if you have a year where you know you have a little bit of leeway, you can really attack things from more of a BPA perspective. Which way do you think they're going from those two more? I feel like they're going to pay a lot of attention to making sure they address their needs. Like the way they have left our defensive line completely destitute, basically. It's like it would be really weird if they just went into the season with this defensive line or even, you know, this defensive line plus a little bit. No, it's it's going to have to be a very focused effort to improve the defensive line in this draft. Well said. Well said. And I agree with you on that 100 percent, Brendan. I think they've driven in that way. And one reason you and I have both been pretty succinct on you. Don't be surprised if you see two defensive tackles taken right out the gate. It's mm-hmm. absolutely possible in this first round of this draft. Well, if you're not already, folks, do me a favor. Get yourself on over to Seahawks, Brendan Nelson's channel over here on YouTube and get yourself subscribed over to his channel. I will be back over on his side of the fence here on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, and then we'll be back over here on Saturday next week as I'm going to be going in on a trip midweek next week. So uh, we will continue this draft coverage twice a week on each channel, but make sure you're subscribed to each. If you haven't already, please do hit the like button on this show, on the video. It helps this uh, show out to all the right places and gets this to everybody to get us new subscribers and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Brendan, you've been a champ, man. Thank you for being a warrior and hanging in here for four, four long hours on this breakdown. I really do appreciate it. And no problem. And um, next week, the first show, I believe, will be quarterbacks and running backs, offensive backfield. 
quarterbacks and running backs. We're going through all of them and we're going to do the deep dives on these quarterbacks and really try to break down the differences of them and what you're getting from one to the other. Um, not just the early guys, but the late round guys too. Cause there are some interesting guys in the later rounds here. There are some guys mm-hmm. worth, worth discussing. I think a little bit in the later rounds here at that quarterback position. Yep. Yeah. Well, well Brendan, I appreciate it, man. We'll be back to seven o'clock Pacific standard time over on Brendan's channel Tuesday, but until that time, and the countdown to the draft continues. We're getting ever closer. If you're not getting hyped already, I don't know what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to light, light you on fire or whatever. You should get hyped. This is the biggest draft, one of the biggest drafts right there with the, any of the biggest drafts in Seattle Seahawks history. This is the most important one. You can accomplish so much here and now in the next couple of weeks by what you add to this team, not only to create a winner now, but a sustained winner that can move on into the future. And dare I say, even the pathway to creating dynasties in the path have come by having this many picks to put together. We'll see if the Seahawks can land it. That's the key at this point now. But until we find that out, me and Brent are going to remind you and let you know. Me and Brent are going to make sure that you're just remembering, keeping it at the forefront of your mind, just in case you might happen to forget as we head through the off-season dead periods here. Keep it at the forefront of your mind. This team's about ready to go do some very special things and have a great, great draft. So don't you ever, ever forget. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.